<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? Um, it's it's Pete. Who else would it be? Um, it's it's morning time. Val's still sleeping. I'm in Brooklyn, uh, and I'm recording the intro at, before I head into film crashing season three. Judd Apatow is directing. We're filming at the Comedy Cellar. It's it's an incredible dream. So 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 fun. And I'm missing doing the podcast every week. I'm, I'm saying we're, cl- we're getting closer to the end of filming, and I'm starting to feel that feeling, that good feeling where I have some mental space again to like book podcasts and have thoughtful conversations again. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited to get back to once a week. I miss you guys, and uh, it's going to be fun when we're back in the swing of things. As you know, just for the summer, we're doing uh, one a month. But what a one. What a one this month. It's the Avid Brothers. Do you know the Avid Brothers? Do you not know? If you, have, if you don't know the Avid Brothers, a great place to start is uh, the documentary that Judd Apatow co-directed, which is called May It Last. It's on HBO. You don't have to watch it before you listen to it, but I highly recommend it. And also you can just throw them on Spotify and listen. Absolutely one of my favorite bands in the world. Um, also, not just for the music. I love the music, but what they're saying behind the music their uh, their persons, who they are as people, and the message that they transmit through their music is, is just so beautiful and loving and powerful. And uh, I this is the only episode I've ever flown somewhere to talk to talk to people. I've never gotten on a plane just to go interview people to have a chat with them. That's never happened. And this is that's why I went. I flew to North Carolina. Not to see my friends and talk to these guys. Just to talk to these guys. And I didn't even know if Seth was going to do it. Scott said he'd do it. And you'll hear. And then Seth joins. Seth joins. So this is, a, this is incredible. It's a long one, as you can probably see in the counter. So as I always say, but never do, let's get to it as quickly as possible. Val is asleep. She's seven months. Everything's going great. Seven months pregnant, for those of you who don't know. We're so, so excited. We took a, a birthing class. We're doing it. We're doing everything. It's happening. We watched a video of a baby being born, and we're crying. Well, I cried. Val didn't cry. I cried. <laughs> I don't know if Val cried. I didn't check. But we're very, like, open and emotional. It's beautiful. I said this. I, I was talking to Colin Quinn, who's doing uh, something on Crashing this, this year, and... Uh, I was like, it's the opposite of comedy. It's not, <laughs> there's no cynicism. There's no judgment. There's no evaluation. It's like pure heart, pure emotion. And I'm not proud of this, but normally I'd watch a video of someone being born and I'd, you know, be off put by it. I'd be like, oh, this is too much. And now I'm like, that's going to be us. Oh, it's going to be us. It's, it's joyful. It's pure joy. So let's get to this chat with uh, the wonderful Ava brothers. Watch their doc. Oh, I get to plug a Largo date. That's how close we are. I don't want to be done filming Crashing, but that's how close we are to being done, is that August 29th, if you're going to be in L.A., that'll be my you know, first show back in L.A. at Largo. Largo-LA.com for tickets. And I'm also excited because I'm going to be taping an hour special, um, I'm pretty sure in November. November, I think I am. Um which is, for those of you doing the math of when the baby's born to when, I'm doing like Ali Wong, but I won't have the baby. The baby will have just been born. So I'll just be doing a special a little bit tired. <laughs> That'll be my thing. 
but I'm going to be doing a lot of little room shows at Largo to run my new hour, like a bunch, like two a week. So there'll be lots and lots of opportunities to see me live, do stand-up, if you are in L.A., and then I'll even tour around a little bit, so uh, stay tuned for that. Largo, though, August 29th is going to be very exciting. Um, we also have Pete's Picks. For those of you uh, who know the show, no, I don't do ads for things that I don't personally love, and I only do what I call my Pete's Picks. And I'm actually, I just slept in my Pete's Picks last night because they're me undies. This is a new Pete's Pick. Me undies. They're me undies. And they can be your undies. I slept in them because I love them. They're so comfortable. I don't know. Something happened. I'm almost 40. I'm 39 years old. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done messing around with underwear. I was tired of going into my closet and just finding like some sad pair. I put on the sad pair and it made me feel a little sad. They're sagging. They're falling down. There's no stretch. There's no color. There's no pizzazz. And I was like, screw this. I'm doing an overhaul. And Val did it too. I was like, we're doing an overhaul. Val and I, no, no promo code, just went to MeUndies because everybody was talking about them. I, a lot of people do ads for them on their podcast. And I had heard about them. I had bought a, a pair or two. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to do all MeUndies. This is completely true. Did the overhaul. And I love them. I was like, this is a Pete's Pick, baby. This is a Pete's Pick. They're sustainably sourced uh, from beechwood trees. They're super soft. They don't sag down. They don't ride up. And they get sent right to your door. That, one of the things I love is they give you a try-on pair. So let's say you order 30 pairs, which is like what I did. You open the box, there's one try-on pair. Because, you know, it's underwear. You try those on, and then you know the rest will fit. You know the rest will fit. They get sent right to your door so you don't have to go shopping for underwear and feel like you're with your mom at a Sears in 1982. Sears? I meant Marshalls. And I love them, and I want you to try them. And if you want to try them, you're going to get 15% off your first pair. Today I'm wearing green, black, and red. I had to Google it. I think that's the Pan-African flag, which I don't know what Pan-Africa is. Pan-Africa? I think I kind of know, but I'm going to go with the bit and say I don't know. <laughs> or do I? Pan-Africa. Like Pan-Am? But Africa? Leave me alone. It's early. So if you want and you want to support this show and get some sweet underwear, because it does help us out when people use these codes, let people know they're listening, blah, blah, go to meundies.com slash weird. You'll get 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Meundies.com slash weird. The other Pete's Picks, good Lord. I'm rocking three Pete's Picks. I'm wearing my MeUndies. I'm taking my CW, and I'm popping Alpha Brain. All day because I'm I'm like right in, I'm in the big leagues right now. I'm going to set to film the show that I write and act in and produce. It's a lot and it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot and I need help. And the Pete's Picks helps. Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. I know you guys know this when I'm on the set. I ask. It's in my makeup bag. I say, "Can I have my happy juice?" That that means give me my Charlotte's Web. I give it to my co-stars. <laughs> I turn everyone on to it. I give it as a wrap gift. It's my shit. I love Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. It's, uh, it's made from hemp, but they take the THC out with science, and they leave the, the body-positive, mood-enhancing, stress-reducing, anxiety-lowering, wonderful CBD. So it's a plant-based. It is a plant-based wonder. I'm going to call it a wonder drug. This is anecdotal. This is me speaking, although there's a lot of tests. Go ahead and Google 
benefits of CBD oil, but also know that Charlotte's Web is the only company that makes it for human consumption. They grow the hemp to be consumed by humans, not rope, not pants, to be made into oil for humans. I get the mint chocolate, tastes like a thin mint, uh, makes you feel better than a thin mint. I don't know, the impression that I do when I go, you want to know what it makes you feel like, I, I basically go no smile and then I do a little smile. It's like a little edge off, a little bit quicker to laugh, a little bit quicker to giggle. It just takes me up a little bit. Not in a stoned or high feeling. Speaking of which, it's, it's legal in all 50 states. It's not a narcotic in that way. It's just a good edge off feeling that I think you're going to love. You got to try it though. So go to cwhemp.com slash weird. Use promo code Keep It Crispy and you'll get 10% off. I swear by it. But you got to kind of try it to know it. You got to try it to know it. And the other one is Alpha Brain. I love Alpha Brain. It's a nootropic, which is like fish food for your noggin. You sprinkle it on your brain. It helps you think, helps you concentrate, helps you communicate, helps me focus. I use it before podcasts like this one. I use it before I write. I use it before I do stand-up. I use it before I meditate. I love Alpha Brain. Anything you do that you do with your brain, which I'm assuming is a lot, is enhanced by Alpha Brain. Um, it's earth-grown ingredients. It's not a stimulant like caffeine. It's not like coffee. You take it. You can sleep on it. It actually gives you pretty vivid, uh, awesome dreams. Um, but I like to take it in the morning before I'm working. And you feel it. It doesn't make you up, but it, it makes you in. It makes you focus in. It makes you... Uh, what do I mean? Hone in. Hone in, focus in. You get it. I actually haven't taken it yet today. I'm about to. And if you want to try it, Go to Alpha Brain. Go to Onnit, O-N-N-I-T, Onnit.com slash weird and boom, 10% off. Uh, that, those are the Pete's Picks. Put on some B&Bs. Try some Alpha Brain. Take some hemp oil and, and you know, feel great. <laughs> That's what I'm about, baby. Hope to see you at Largo on August 29th. Be sure to check out the Ava Brothers. Their new record is amazing. Their old records are amazing. I love, I love these guys. I was so honored that they invited me into their home uh, and talk and played music. It was amazing. So enjoy. And if Val was here, she'd say, get into it. Man, are we recording? I want to talk about that. It's, uh, this is the first. First of all, I want to talk about your painting. Okay. Let's put a pin in that because um, <laughs> I, I, I literally, first of all, don't be fooled by the notes. It looks like I'm going to interview you. Have you listened to this show? This is, this is. It's no. not an interview. Look, is... No, I was warned about the show. <laughs> you were warned? I think somewhat. Who? Um, Who warned you? Joe Kwan said... Because oh, Joe likes it. Yeah, he loves yeah, it. And, yeah, he, yeah. and he was like, oh, it's great. He's like... But the, the only... I guess the, the warning I got was like... And I, this could be off base, but he said, no, there's like no... There's like no editing. There's no... Like, it just goes, you know? And it, you never know where it's going to go. And he's like, I don't know if you guys like that or not. I love that, but... Um, I have a feeling you'll love it. I hate it. Don't you hate being interviewed? I mean, I want No, I like I talking go, about oh, myself. Yeah. No, I like it. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 see, that's why you'll love it. But this I is actually it. talking about yourself. But like, for example, the movie opens with that moment and they're like, so what's it like playing Madison Square Garden? That's like an interview. No offense to that woman. Right, you can but tell. we've all been Absolutely. there. It's a little bit yeah, yeah, tilted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always yeah. like to think of this podcast more of a, is like building a table or something. Something that you want yeah. to be proud of and contribute. And yeah. He want you to score and well, when Joe hurt. told me about it too, I was, I had no um, no reference, and my wife and I started watching your show, and other than just admiring it, I uh, felt connected 
Oh, wow. I felt connected to this general, if there is a message. There was a mess, certainly a message to, to us. Yeah. And uh, so I felt very connected to the overall, the struggle is... Oh, man. Is the is the, it's the whole the thing. thing. Well, That's we're talking thing. about your painting, right? Mm-hmm. I told you that when I met you, and you were so gracious to have us backstage, <laughs> and this is silly, this might be silly to say, but I was like, I think I'm going to open by saying thank you oh, man, for your great. music. It's so great. It's such a gift. I don't normally do that. No, that's, but I, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Thank you. What was I saying? We were saying I met you backstage, and we were talking about... Oh, I told you that I framed the lyrics to the Salvation song. Yeah. And I was like, well, if there's ever been a mission statement... Mm-hmm. And you made some joke about being really young when you wrote it. That's right. Which I think it's funny because it's such a... I hope you still think it's a good song. I do. I, uh, I just have to... Um, I do. No, I think it is. But I, okay, like I said okay, to you, okay. I thought it was an aspiration. It was, it was just such an aspiration at, right. when, when it came about. And that was one of the, the types of songs where something was happening that was special yeah. that I felt excited about and I wanted Seth involved in, so I... You know, like what called Seth, or a, a good song was happening. Oh, like a, a, a good song was happening. Something was happening that was kind of it's out like of the body, sort of thing. And you know, you yeah, it yeah. was going to rain a good song. It's, it's something good's happening, and so, so I wanted to get Seth involved with me on it. So that you know, that happens sometimes. If That's Seth's beautiful. got one going, he'll say, you know, I could go on with this, but I think you need to come over and get in on this. So that that was something that that happened That's during that so song. Fun. But I want. It's more like a song that you want to believe. Versus one that you believe yet, well, and so now you. it's on the other side of it, to where it's like, okay, now I, now I can believe it, even though it's a little sometimes like well, that's a bold statement. Well, you wrote it. You th- you call it throwing your hat over the wall. You'll get it when you right. climb over the wall. There you throwing go. your hat that's over great. the wall. That's great. And you're like, ah, yeah. it's almost like what yeah. crashing is about, and a little bit like your life is about. Oh man, is believing it before you see it. So I one hundred percent. I listened to that song the first time. I really, I think it's so interesting music. Uh, literature, whatever it might be, something mystical, something beautiful. Sometimes you hear it and it makes you cry, and then another time you hear it and you just keep making dinner. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And I had sure. one of those moments with Salvation Song, which I consider the first time I heard it, and it was deeply, deeply moving. Mm-hmm. I think I'm relating to what you're saying, which is like you kind of write it in hopes that one day mm-hmm. you'll believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I mean, and there's no shame in this. I think you and I have both been in show business long enough to go like, okay. This isn't about fame. This is about... It can't be. It can't be. It really can't. That'll kill you. But maybe when we started, there was a part of us that was like, it'd be fun to be famous. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, absolutely. So you're writing a song... Absolutely. Like you're time traveling to you now. I want to be famous, but I just know it's going to be painful. It's going to be a burden. But I, but I'm gonna be. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm gonna be. But uh, but well, maybe burden by singing hollow notes, thinking yeah, somebody. Right. It's in the movie. You totally. say your lip singing hollow notes. One hundred percent. I relate to that so hard. Yeah. The idea that somebody's gonna discover me. No, like for me, it was in church doing impressions, like at the mic, kind of like making so everybody good. laugh. I was like, somebody's gonna see. Yeah. And you had that. Mm-hmm. And doesn't that seem all sort of necessary? It doesn't have so. to be. It doesn't have to be supernatural, but it's like you saw it, and you're, and then you even started writing songs from the perspective of of a place you weren't yet. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I, it, and it comes from a place. I don't know. I, mean, I can't speak for anybody, but, but for me, and I don't know if this is uh, true across the board. But it comes from a place of privilege. And what I mean by that, uh, I've thought about this a lot. Is Seth and I and our sister Bonnie were so pr- we grew up so privileged. Yeah. But our folks didn't. Have, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about like 
we were we were lower middle class, you know, my, our very blue collar, but right. it was a place of privileged support and confidence and love. And it was just like, tapes, it was yeah. like, you are worth it all, you know. And, you know, they just went on and on. And so, and also an appreciation for different types of currency. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? That's pretty special. And that's yeah. unique because someone could say, hey, you're great. Now go be a, a nurse. Right. Or you're great. Now go be a lawyer. Or, Keep or, fiddling with that banjo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And our parents were kind of like, oh, you're following that. You're doing that. You're doing that. And they, they helped. They helped along with whichever direction we went. That's Is good. that right? They did. Well, I mean, they. They did. They, if they saw us going away, they would support that and sort of throw their. Their chips in, you know. And where do you think that came from? I have no idea. Because my parents, I, I wonder if it's a blend of love and being. Uh, this is going to sound callous, but I wonder sometimes if they just kind of were like, "Well, they're doing their thing," almost in a way that they weren't. I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to take it back. That mm-hmm. it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't too worrisome. They didn't give it too much thought. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Well, they'll figure it out." So there's that sort of cold way of giving me freedom, and then there was also along with that the loving. Yeah. I'm sure they'll figure it out. But I think yeah. it was both. I think my parents were like, eh, they'll fail and they'll figure it out or they'll succeed and they'll figure it out. It's okay. I think so, yeah. Do you think it was a mix for you? Definitely. Parents? I mean, they couldn't f- have understood the complexities of the music world. Definitely not. My father <laughs> said, he told me, my father told me, uh, I was thinking about opening an art gallery, which was not going to, I didn't realize it, but it was not going to be helpful in my, uh, in creating art. But I thought that it was all the same. I just didn't know yet. And I had nobody tell me. Uh, no one was telling me different. And he said, do the gallery thing. I think that's a little a little better choice than going. Like, he was more in support of that than really? just, just going for it with music. He was like, this is. Oh, this, this is when you were this, young. Uh, 20, yeah. 24. Pre-Ava Brothers. Pre, right. Well, we were Ava Brothers, we were but we cusp. weren't. We weren't. Yeah. Like, we hadn't really just gone for it yet. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he said, "Just this is this could be good for you. It will work." Anyway, that's interesting. He he, he was kind of seeing that as maybe a better option. But then, as we shifted gears and, and because it's full, concrete, that feels like dad's it's concrete. Stuff. It's, it's concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a place, solid place to stand. And people will come in and they'll buy things. Yeah. It's, it's way easier to understand that. Way easier than the the idea of like, okay, get us. I don't even understand the music business, but like, you have to have a single. Something has to pop. You have to have a, a yep. record agent or whatever. I don't. I don't yeah, know. and that, that's the, and I don't understand it. <laughs> Don't, we don't understand. We didn't. Which, we didn't apply that to that at all. Right. We just like I. You know, I don't even know. It's even beautiful know. though. It's mm. it's like Tom Petty. Did you watch that two part? I haven't seen. Time? it. I heard it's terrific. It's so good. But there's yeah. that part where they just. They're, it's similar to you guys' story. It's like you guys. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're kicking around here. Mm. Uh, not that this is a place you. you know, I don't mean that. <laughs> oh, you're kicking around the south. I don't know why I self centered myself. You're kicking around where you grew up. Whatever. Yeah. And then no. Bob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, are you leaving? Then, no, no, I'm out. I'm out. No, I want to see if uh, Seth's coming in. Oh my God. Yes, I'm I out. I can't see. wait. I'm so glad he's coming. I yeah. Just figured we'd start. Well, we think he's coming. <laughs> we think he's coming. We don't know. But um, and then you started playing uh, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Was like, Bob Let's was take this on the road. Get a going. Bit. Yeah. But so Tom Petty was similar. They were kicking around also the Florida, South. Right, right, yeah. And then at, at some point they just were like, they got the bug and they were like, let's just go to Hollywood. And this is back when you could just like knock on doors and like go into Capitol Records and like try and sell stuff. And it worked for yeah. them. But there's something so beautiful about like, and we were talking about this off mic briefly, that Rick Rubin has that idea of like, take all of the business out of it. Absolutely. And I think I... I just know you. I feel like you're gonna have something great to say about this. Like we can't forget 
the romance and the mysticism and the dream and the ethereal quality, the dreamlike quality of creativity. And sometimes deadlines can put a little fire under something like that. But for the most part, I mean, can you speak to that? Like songs that you've written that middle of the night or struck you like that or what what were you going to say? Well, a lot of songs, uh, a lot of songs, I'm I'm a true believer in that. And I know and I, to this day, get taken by that as far as songs coming quickly. And there's no there's no driving force, uh, financial, business, advancement, none at all. Right. Um, that's just me. As, and it's other people, too, but it's that I'm part of that. But you're not trying to write a hit. You can't. It, it's just not. It's Why just not even you, it. It's not even. Can I tell you in comedy when they say try and make a viral video? It's like, what are you talking who about? Who says that? <laughs> Idiots. It's like, yeah, who says that? <laughs> Idiots. That's our make a hit. Yeah. Because then we could brand it and, and we could sell Klondike bars or whatever. And it's like, no, you just make something that's, that's that made you laugh yeah. or made you feel the chills or whatever. There was a, a painting professor named Leland Wallen who I've talked about lots of times. But he, uh, he told me, if you're thinking about the gallery when you're at the canvas... It's dead in the water. Right. It's dead in the water. And Rick said the same said thing. He, when we first working with him, he was like, well, if we were thinking in terms of hits, this one would be a good candidate. But it was after the fact. And it was always make good things. Right. And the business is there to follow and and lift up. and, and just. But it, it ultimately, it's there to follow behind, you know, right. clean up by collecting right, right after right. this this good thing you know this real thing happens it seems like it's rare that real things happen i think we're always ch- i'm always chasing on stage that real moment that's right because it's hard and you feel it by the way i've seen you live a bunch it. of times and you hope you get but you, it's and not you always right there up. though like you're you have to work hard man. to get it. you and your brother are both front men we are we are and you're looking for that i love when you yell it's happening right now to you yeah it's like wake up yeah you know what i mean like this song isn't about someone else it's about you yeah yeah and you feel it it's transcendent it's really great but you're trying to get that feeling yourself i'm trying to absolutely we all are on stage because it's yeah stand up i'm sure Right. Oh, I, I said and stay in that, but oh, yes, oh, and stand, stand up. But yeah, if you stand up, if you can't remember why the joke was funny to you, you're dead. Mm. You know, and if you think you're just telling it because yeah. it's the next joke on the set list, then you're dead. But you're trying to. You, I, people that listen to this podcast are going to know I, I quote like five of the same things all the time because they changed my life. But Bono said, "I can't hit the notes if I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Like he just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Can't physically do it." Uh, and Glenn Hansard said, uh, "I said, how do you?" When your voice is sore, how do you hit the note? And he said, mean it. <laughs> so these are the things where you're actually... Tra- and Jack Johnson said, you're trying to make yourself feel what you felt when you wrote it first. Mm-hmm. And then they can feel it. Mm-hmm. But you have to feel it. I believe that. Right? I believe it 100%. And what do you... So when you're playing a song that you've played a million times, is there any technique? Or are you just trying to be in the moment? Or... Um. Obviously, there's no technique, I, you know, or I, I mean, not one that's uh, right. repeated. I don't, not not that I'm aware of. Uh, there is a character that um, it's me, but it's a, a version of me that they're like these brackets in my in my mind, mm. uh, visual brackets, sort of that happen. That I'm once again I'm going for, and probably each of these songs are facets in those brackets that if I get into the right place each night. Um, then I think the connection between me and them. You're trying to get into that part of it. trying to get into that part. I relate to that so hard is that like there's you on stage 
I, I remember, the, I think it's the Kings of Leon, the, the front man calls himself the rooster when he's on stage. <laughs> so he's trying to get into almost like a state. Yeah. It reminds me of getting into a trance or something. Yep. It's like the guy backstage when I saw you and the guy on stage, Absolutely. obviously different. You, you're turning something on. Absolutely. I, as, as we're shooting the show, uh, Crashing, sometimes I try to remember what it's for. And I, that, that can help me. When you're doing something, telling a joke you've told before... I'm sure you must be flooded so, with people that are like, your music means something to absolutely. me all the time. Absolutely. And I, I, I wonder if that helps you. Well, that you're, crashing is very personal. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah It's yeah. hard for me to imagine it not be. It'd be really... No, it's very true. <laughs> ...difficult it's, it's, for you to you know, completely pretend all that. Yeah. Um, but that, that's, what that, that's the other thing we can talk about is the idea that like that show, Judd kind of reduced it down to like, it's a guy trying to get into show business without losing his soul. Yeah. And I see that in your yeah, lyrics yeah. and in your work. Yeah. It's a guy, I see it even as we walk in, we're passing your paintings. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, there's something, there's somebody who's trying to figure out who he is. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose that. Mm-hmm. So you, whether you find it through painting or through music or whatever it is, you're trying to excavate who you are and what it feels like to be alive. Yeah, yeah. And share it with people. Yeah. Because that makes us feel less alone. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I thought you were going to say something different. What else? What did you think? I, I thought you were going to say, say uh, less valuable. <laughs> and that's, that was a bad, less alone was better. <laughs> when we take who we are and share it, we feel less valuable. <laughs> That'd be bad. Well, I wonder if that's what you meant by salvation in the salvation song. Yeah, I don't. Well, that, it's probably changed over the, you know, what I, whatever I meant by it. Yeah. Uh, was there a time that you just meant salvation with Jesus? Um, is that too personal a question? No, but I think that's... No, that that question... <laughs> the text going, no, 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 no! No, I, I think well, that... Because uh, there was a time I would have heard that song and gone, yeah, we come to give people salvation through Jesus Christ. Our um, and now it might be different. I'm sure for... It should mean that for, for, some, for, for some. Yeah. It should, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. I... I uh, Yes, it's such a huge topic. Uh, the oh, names, the names in that, and right, the right. the entities that we. Oh, and I'm not trying to hold your feet to the fire at you all. No, no, I'm, I'm. I I would posit posit ugh, the idea that salvation now could mean connection that we feel at your show. That's mm-hmm. a type of salvation mm-hmm. that you pulled us out of our lives, and now we're all here mm-hmm. together doing the same thing. Why, when we could just stay at home and play the records? And they sound great. Right. Would we go and see them outdoors? Right. Or, you know, inevitably they're going to sound, they sound live because right. we want to be there. Right. Right. So that's a type of but when, But you, but just saying j- the Jesus part, just bringing in the God part to, to me, I don't think any of it, any of that, the connection live, the connection through recording, the, the opportunity or, or gift to, to share the, uh, uh, the chance to, to document and write it down, all that is with God, right? I mean, right. And and God just comes in so many forms and so many names and so many. Uh, what's the what's the word? Um, everybody's got a different a different definition. take on a definite. <laughs> what definition is? Yeah, there was there was another one that I forgot about. But uh, so I do think it's really relevant, and I try not to get caught up in this. I got you know Brandy Carlisle, the, the singer songwriter. No, I don't. Okay, Brandy's brilliant. Brilliant. Um, Seth and I got in a, a spat about whether God was a man or a woman. When was that? <laughs> it was when we were recording. When? Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Early was it early this year? Before we we just recorded with Rick, and we're, we're actually recording again next week. Um, oh, what fun! Uh, but when we were making the demos for this record, we were we were talking about something spiritual and the idea about God being a He, you know, sure. came up and and this whole this whole thing. So I I was just reaching out to people that I have spiritual conversations with. Brandy was one of them. Uh, uh, a minister, my minister was another, and. Brandy's take was she was like, well, I don't really think much about it. It's just a habit. Thank God's a man. That just say he. She's like, right. it's just a habit, really. Right, right, right. right. Um, my take on it was, <laughs> why we even got to get get bogged down with it? Right. Either don't call it or call it. And Seth and I were both. We really agreed that it's it's probably not. It's really not something you get into. But uh, it was so interesting that well, if it's just if just just. Just say he. It doesn't matter. Just just for a reference, it doesn't really matter. Right. Because you're just to, pointing to something. You're anyway. just pointing to something. And, yeah. But to some people, it, it would matter quite a bit. Right. So when you say salvation through Jesus, I'm like, well, that's okay. You know? Oh, yeah. And I, I, I get that. I'm not saying you don't think so. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, sure. It's just when I was a kid, I would think we came for salvation. We're trying to share a set of ideals that you hold in your head that you then would be in my club. Right. And that's not what I see anymore. We usually get into God at the end. I'm I'm sorry for making this so deep so quickly, but the idea that um, there are many ways to that type of liberation and that freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, But certainly, I was wondering if when you wrote the song, you might have been more, I don't want to say fundamentalist, but more rigid. Um, Yeah, I wasn't. I'm probably... I mean, if that really has happened, I'm probably more rigid now than I was then. Isn't that funny? Just because, of, yeah. Because there's something similar going on in the fact that you guys, like, I resisted my faith when I first started doing stand-up. And this happened with Kumail. Did you see the movie The Big Sick? Uh, yes, yes, yes. So Kumail is uh, yeah. a dear friend of mine, and, and he never talked about growing up being from Pakistan and all these different things. And then when he yeah. makes his big thing, you come back to the thing that yeah. you started in. So when I saw you guys resisting country music and cowboy sure. boots and banjos, sure. it's just, it's it's the most predictable story I ever told. It's like it you really resist is. it, it really and is. then you come back. It really so is. I'm not surprised to hear you say that you've found a new lens and a, and a new yeah. appreciation yeah. for the things that your parents might have been trying to teach you. Yeah, and Seth and I didn't grow up in a place of, uh, it wasn't a source of guilt. We didn't, we weren't handed Christian guilt. Yeah. Like, it wasn't really put on us. That's it was yeah. Go ahead. Well, in the, in the our, our our father would say things like our dad, not our father. <laughs> our dad would say things like, "Don't take it." Not so our serious. father in heaven. Yeah, yeah, dad yeah, yeah, yeah different, different father. <laughs> um, uh, don't get that wrong. Um, but he would say, "Don't take it so seriously." That's that was beautiful. his thing, you know. And, well, that sounds like salvation to me. Uh, I, you know, what Agreed. I chase now is freedom. I, my father was recently asking me, and I, I, I love Christ. I really do. But he was asking me, they can tell that I'm weird and we want to name our daughter. We did name, we can name our daughter whatever we want. My wife is pregnant and we named the baby Leela, which means, it's a Hindu word. It means the dance of life. Like Uh everything is play. Don't take it so seriously. It's basically Mm -hmm. what that means. Yeah. So then my dad was like, he's from Boston. He was very confused. But I can see them trying. And he's like, what does that mean, Peter? What does that mean? Hindu, Sanskrit. He's very confused. I was just like. Liberation, Dad. Like freedom. Yeah. Like when you see a dad, your dad, who kind of reminds me of my dad in a beautiful way, just going like, my dad always said, lighten up. 
I think that's a good message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just for like sure. relax a for little sure. bit. For sure. Because we can all get up our own butts. For sure. Real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, about yeah. when you're writing? Do you, that's that to me as an as an artist, someone trying to be an artist. When you're writing and you're writing a song that you don't even know what it's about, or you know, you're going on that instinct level, but lyrics are just sort of flowing out of you. Mm-hmm. Does that feel inspired? Does that feel divine to you? Well, first off, that uh, a red flag went up. Uh, and I know you didn't mean it like this, but uh, trying to be an artist sounds so crazy. I know. Doesn't it? That was me being falsely humble. No, I got it. <laughs> like, you, just, you, you can't try. You are, you know? You are. I know. Uh, and, and so and the funny thing is that it, maybe a kid or anybody who's trying to be an artist actually is. If right. they're in there trying, but it's so right. funny to think about trying because no, you I'm just can't really help it. That. You can't really help it. We, I, Chris Thiele, do you know Chris Thiele? Absolutely, yeah. I had him on the on the podcast, and we were talking about when you're in a museum and you look at a painting and you're trying to like figure out what it's supposed to do for you, mm-hmm. like to get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's similar to that. It's yeah. like, you just are an artist. You're doing art. Mm-hmm. And when you look at a painting, it means what you it means to you. It. you. You understand it. It's correct. It. Yeah, you it exists it. inside of you. Yeah. So you have the authority to call yourself an artist. So, Yeah, yeah I can't help it. I know. I, yeah, right, right. But no, but you were, I, I knew that. Uh, I understand yeah. that. Um, that was false modesty. But when, let's see. Writing I was saying when inspired. you're writing, because you know what I find that even people that have no, uh, you know, system of spirituality or religion, when they create, they, when they write, they feel a flow that to them feels outside of themselves. Which sounds spiritual to me. To me, absolutely. Is that your experience when you write? I mean, I think so. Yeah, I think I mean, that's a place to go to. Yeah, um, yeah, yes, it does. Uh, and I don't know. I think, I, but I, I think that there's something very methodical that has to go on um, to get to that. Like you have to be turning the wheels to allow that. Right. That flow. Right. You know. You set the table. You have to. But the the steak just kind of materializes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You set the table. And that's where I fight. Like, my focus is, I don't know about you, but my focus can get, especially after having children, you start, you're, you're faced with uh, this this idea of making a plan is like, it's more ridiculous than it's ever been. You know, like, this is ridiculous. And so you fall off. But then you realize, well, if I don't make a plan at all, you know, the plan that I made that broke, I don't even have that to start with. So, yeah. so I'm I'm bad about losing focus and and uh, letting myself and I can be distracted from one thing to the next, and yeah. then I start to that that deteriorates my my soul in a weird way. So I'm actually a guy who's come back to this sort of list before I wake up and say, okay, there's going to be an hour of um, who, who knows, maybe meditation and prayer, and then there's going to be an hour of just picking a banjo and I know what that'll lead to so then there's a 30 minutes or an hour of just jotting down and writing for melodies and seeing what happens yeah. and then there's two hours of visual work and then that's if I get all that that'd be an incredible day you know? yeah, yeah, right? yeah. but I have to do that to let that be broken instead of just floating through the day now when I do that and I get into those once again brackets or those spaces that's when the that's when the it the, shows up starts speaking yeah. right and it's, that's when you're sleeping and you're waking up going, oh, right. my God. It's yeah. like starting the, the big turret in your brain. Oh, it starts man. rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've been off for a couple months right now. And I don't know if that's okay to say, however you uh, you release this thing. But yeah. for us, like I have to kind of, I'm slowly getting back into that music, musician character because yeah. I've been in a different place. You know, And now I'm like, okay. Because I don't up. do stand-up while I'm filming Crashing. Okay. So then I go out and do stand-up and I'm like, this is like waking up the werewolf. Yeah. 
It's, and it's not I can't easy. Imagine. I can't imagine. I, I, you shake him, and he's grumpy, and then he slashes at you. It's really weird. It's not. Yeah. It's not easy for me to reanimate that side of myself. I'm sure. And to hear what you're saying, it's like the rest of my time is spent in what you're saying. This Mark Duplass. It's another. Do you know Mark Duplass? No. Mark and Jay Duplass are these brother duos. They remind me a lot of, of you and uh, Seth. Is that they? We talked this big conversation changed my life. Always bring it up with people. Tonight, get it. So, get it. Seth. Seth's gone. Seth. <laughs> it's okay. Look. Yeah. Don't don't sweat it. Do your thing. And if you after you're done, swing by. Hey, that's fine, man. It's really loose, and we're we're just we just started talking, Pete. Pete started the mics without even asking. Right? <laughs> I was like, "What's he doing?" So, Seth Ree, you're welcome anytime. I will. He said, "Be a professional, Pete." <laughs> <laughs> just come by. Hey, just do your thing, and if you can, great. If you can't, don't don't sweat it at all. All right, cool. Can we keep that in? That's funny. I think so, yeah. As long as you could hear everything he was saying. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, we're talking about... I, I would love to talk about that, the way that you guys work together. Because talking about the way you, that sort of... Well, what we were saying before was soul points. I want to finish that idea. Yeah. Soul points is kind of what you're saying. It's like you find edification. You refuel in having a regimen. Right? Yeah. Like setting aside going like, I know I'm the guy that I need to be for the mode that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. If I set aside time to just fucking idle around on the banjo. That's important. It really is. It really is. When we were kids, it came naturally. We just kind of did it. We followed our instincts. Mm -hmm. But then suddenly life imposes itself on us and you have to go. Yeah, it's weird. I need to tool around for 60 minutes. That's if new I can to get me. It, that's really productive. That's new to me too. Yeah, yeah. I, it's taken me a long time to just acknowledge that. Yeah, and and we were talking about the idea of werewolf guy. So you're in home mode right now. I have. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm starting to lift off. You know, I'm starting to take off again. And what is that? Isn't that interesting? Because we're talking about getting up out of bed. I find that when I'm writing the show or I'm preparing a new special or something like. Sleep does get worse. You do get mm. disturbed in that good way. You're waking yeah. up early because you want to write something down or whatever. But kind of like in the in the documentary you guys talk about, you'd go to uh, Bennigan's or TJ Friday's or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, look at these people. We have I a show at 10 o'clock and they're just... <laughs> living their life, man. That used to eat me up, man. That's right. I felt so jelly. That's the that. risk. There's like a risk. that This yeah. isn't something for nothing. And I know yeah. you know that. Yeah. You get to be, you get to play yeah. rock star, but you also don't get to go, especially to the when rock you're show. a young man, you don't get to go to the rock, rock show, and you don't have as many of those nights where it's just dinner, and you're like, well, at 8.30, I don't know, should we buy, rent a movie or something? Like, there's not as many of that. So it comes at a cost. And then the other cost that I've noticed is putting your butt in the chair. So I know, and maybe you can speak to this, the mornings that you do tool around, and you play the banjo, maybe you do some visual work, mm-hmm. and then you think that maybe you'll write. Sometimes you write and it just sucks, mm-hmm. and that really hurts. Yeah, That's the risk of the chair. We're always like saying, like when you write, butt meets seat, like that's the most important thing. The reason we resist it, and I, I've gotten a good look at this lately when I've been trying to write something, and it just like just fumes come out, 
it kind of ruins your day in the same way that a good morning of writing where you're really connecting and the ball hits the bat really will does. make your day. Yeah. But it's not something for nothing. You gave, you sacrificed, and then and now you're in the spoils. But, I mean, you know what it took to get there. Yeah, and on those bad days, I think that's the rem- that's the reminder from whatever uh, spiritual place you go to. That's the reminder from that 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 power, letting you know you're not gonna validate yourself with this. Mm. You better remember that you can have nothing, and 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 can you be can you be you without that good day? That's those bad days are really the most uh, you grow the most. Right, you know, interesting. They're the most nourishing days. Not easy, though. I don't like those days. Isn't they're that not, funny? They're not, I don't really prefer them. But isn't it... Well, talk about the way that, like, suffering and stuff. Because we talk about how your family ran on all this good love. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have the Christian guilt. Or yeah. I don't remember if you said fear. You do yeah. seem to have this abundance of that necessary confidence to get into something like this. Mm-hmm. I love the part in the movie where you talk about, like, my father, uh, my grandfather was a, was a minister... He knew people wanted to hear what he had to say and how he felt. People must want to care what I have to say and how I feel. And that's really necessary. I I was wondering if if you could speak to that idea that you need to sort of have that belief in yourself. You need to go like, this is important. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And and believing it. I know. Comedians have to believe they're funny before they're funny. Years before they're funny. Is there a parallel? I think so. For you guys? I mean, I don't know what I believed, what I had. Yeah. But I believed that it was important, you know, funny or not. Um, I think there's a serious parallel to that, but I don't, you know, I never quite like it. When I was younger, there was way less, anal- like there was, it just wasn't, I didn't analyze it. Yeah. You know, I didn't analyze it at all. It just was, uh, this is what's going to happen. Will I, <laughs> will I make enough money to live at least, which is the goal? I know I will. You know, I was like, I know I will. There's no, I don't think, what if I don't, you know, right. what if they don't want to see Was there a plan B? Um, I mean, there's plan B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. <laughs> really? I mean. Then not being a musician? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Like, oh, not a, necessarily it. a plan, but I was like. It could go this way. Oh, could I could do. You were flowing. I could do a ton of, other, like, there's a, there's a million other things I could do. That's so interesting. Right? Probably. <laughs> I mean, Right. I mean, I, if you ask me that question, I'm so tempted to agree with you because it's such a cool answer. But I was like, I just want to do comedy. <laughs> like, yeah. Comedy is different because there's different ways to do it. Some of us fall into writing. Some of us fall into performing. Some of us even, you know, really go off the path and become managers or something. They just wanted to be in show business. But I definitely wanted to... It hurts when I don't do art. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm assuming it hurts when you don't. Do Same, it. absolutely. Now I've learned that though. I didn't know that was sort of the thing that. Right. But yes, it does. It does hurt. So I don't know that that limits a little bit my answer there. Right. But so you wanted to do something artful. I wanted people to look at what I did. <laughs> I wanted people to to hear me. Is that's that right? So honest. I mean, that's, that, so, that's, that's right. Because talk about Jed waking up the werewolf. Because I have to go yeah. through the weekend. Sometimes the werewolf wakes up on his own. And if I spend too many sleepy nights with the peepers here in, in beautiful North Carolina, I start to get itchy. Mm-hmm. And you feel like that lightning bolt inside mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. And you want it. You say something that I relate to so hard in the movie, which is when you're at home and you don't have anything to do, the idea of going out on the road is like insanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is that plan mm-hmm. for? 
But then as soon as you get there, like, okay. you're like, who's that other guy? Yeah, yeah, I'm breathing. I'm alive again. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've stood at, at terminals getting ready to step on a flight going, I'm going to cancel this flight. I'm not going to go, you know, like yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. at the beginning of a touring year and just been like, if I don't show up, what's gonna, who's going to... Avid know, brother. Yeah, what it is, <laughs> Avid brother here. I am the Avid brother. No, um... <laughs> Until Seth gets there. Uh, <laughs> if Seth doesn't come, we're just going to shit on Seth. That's, that's right. That's right. That's right. Minutes. The last 50 minutes that he said he might show up, that's when we'll shit on Seth. The, uh, but I mean, like I'm on the phone with my wife, like considering saying, you know, I'm coming home. I don't, you know, and then I, literally 30 minutes after the plane takes off, I'm like, yes, you know, boom, 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 boom. Like, <laughs> you know, that pulse is going and I'm, I'm that man. You know, it's like I'm, a split personality. Not in a bad way. No, because I it's, even feel like a better father for it. Yeah. I yeah, feel yeah. like a better husband for it. I, I, I realize I'm going out to feel F-I-L-L. I don't always say E-E-L's yeah, yeah. and I-L-L's so I good. <laughs> uh, to feel that part of me that needs to be filled to, to come back right. and be that good father. And any uh, father. Valerie, my wife, uh, who you met at that trip yep. briefly. Yep. You're so kind to take up. She loves you guys so much. She's listening to this right now. She, I don't know, touches her pregnant belly. <laughs> I'm thinking of the future. She's listening in the future. Yeah, okay. Um, but she, what were we just saying, Phil? Oh, To fill the part that needs to be for, for a father. Any partner that's going to be with people like yeah. us understands that when I, she, can I tell you, you're going to fall in love with Valerie right now. She'll diagnose that I'm low and she goes, you need to go do a set. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. My wife, yeah, totally. But I am not surprised totally. at all because you need that. You need someone yeah. that understands. There's a negative way to look at it like, oh, you're an addict. Or there's just a positive way that goes like, no, this is just part of my life. Yeah. That's a necessary thing. I feel like everybody's got some sort of that. Right. You know, some they, type of They that. have a need. It, yeah. Maybe it's they just go to a ball game or something, but mm-hmm. it's like we go out and do this, and it feels good. For me, you say you want people to look at what they do. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. And yeah. do, you must. I want to be need, heard. I want to be heard. But you need them to hear you. I need them to hear me. And when I hang out with my folks, I just saw them a couple weeks ago, and I do love them, but they're nuts. They're nuts, and like <laughs> I realize why I got into it because I'm sitting with them, and my mom is listening. She really is very intense mm-hmm. in love with me. And my dad is sort of the classic dad. It's a little bit harder to get his attention mm-hmm. for many, many. I, I, I of like his generation joke. like that. His generation. Yeah, yeah, that's like. just not an expectation. Like the dad was never the buddy and the provider and the partner right. and the thing. And like it was just the provider. <laughs> just like I, I pay for your school. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. leave me alone. Yeah. I'm like what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. But I joke that you can't spell dad without ADD because he's very unfocused. He's always in his head and all these sorts of things. I do love him. But I was like, oh, this is where you get the kid that like literally has a compulsion to get up and not only speak, orate, but get proof that you're being heard right. every five, six, seven seconds. Right. That, that's a real thing. So with you guys, that was a question I started to ask but didn't finish, was you guys have all this love. And don't get me wrong, I'm not looking for some sort of scar on you. But like, where did that... Are you just a born showman? Like, do you just want to perform? Or is there some something that you're trying to correct? Uh... Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I do, and I, I, I mean I feel a little both of those. Yeah, both of those things. Um, I'm really weary of that need, the need to correct something, or when it when it becomes a need. Yeah, that feels toxic to me. Yeah. That's when I get a little like, okay, I want to push it away, and I've been extreme in that in that way in the past. Because it can be like an addiction. Right? It feels like it could be, and then you then you want to you want to shun it, and uh, 
move against it. One of the things about even being, then it has you if, you if you're pushing against it. Yeah, it I know. In a different I know, way. <laughs> I know. And here we go. Just just a little. I don't know if it's an earmark is the right, but just a little sub uh, sub side side, side whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's the struggle. It's the struggle. Like once again, it's just going back to that struggle that's ongoing and always. Yeah. Um, but the showman. Oh, I, the correcting something and, and you need to be heard or just the natural showman. Yeah, but there was something leading up to it that I just... Uh, oh, being loved. Mm. Like, that to me is... when when After we had done what we were doing for three or four years and people were starting to to show attention to it or, or come to the shows and say, hey, you did this or your music does this. Mm. At, at first it was really difficult to say thank you. Or like, really? You wanted to say like, really? I don't get what you. You know, you have an uncomfortable conversation. Like, right, right, right. what do you mean? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and then eventually, enough people would say, just say thank you. Right. Like they they're telling you what it is. You might not know what right. Salvation Song. Right. It you, might be a thing to me, but you're telling me what it is. That's what Chris Thiele also said. It's he was like when people come up and say, "I love that song about the Titanic." He goes, thank you. <laughs> he doesn't go, that's about my mother. Right, he right. He goes, yep, the dreadful day right. on those ocean waves. Right, you know, like, right. It is what right. you think it is. Right. And the other, the, the flip side of that is I never set out. I did set out. I, I agree. I want to be heard. I want to be seen. I wanted to, I wanted to make things that people um, would talk about, whether it was good or bad. What, was, what became weird to me along the way is whenever it was always a positive praise because I don't think... I ever set out to only do likable things. Mm. I want to just be like, and that's one thing that I like about comedy, like stand up, good right. stand up comedy can get really wretched, right, and really raw, well, can exonerate and some uncomfortable, of those ne- darker places. And that is yeah. that is art. That's right. just that's just part of right. it. And I'm really like, well, you guys bring that. That's we do, and it, but I want to make sure, like, I yeah. want to protect that. I want to be like. Yeah. It's not. It's not gonna be. It's never always pretty right. with me. I know, and I don't want it to ever be looked at as always pretty. Right. Um, and there's a real danger because when you feel like when you're feeling pretty, it's very easy to forget that there were those times that you didn't feel so pretty. No doubt. It's almost. It's necessary. Like I did something recently. I was like, "Why the fuck did I do that?" And then I just sat with that guilt, and I was like, "Oh, this is good because I sure was feeling pretty." You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like I was like, check. man, I was walking, and nobody will know. This was just some weird thing, and it, it wasn't involved. <laughs> like those was, really bad sets. Have you had some really bad sets where totally. it's like you walk off and you're just like, oh man, it's kind of good, yeah, because man, I was feeling pretty, yeah, and no, and we're not pretty, and there is a real danger. Like with music, I, I, you know, everybody has a risk of being censored, but we want to be able to showcase every facet. Yeah. Of the human experience. Yeah. And like it gets tricky because, you know, some things only make sense when they're happening to you. And if you're not in that place, somebody might be talking about shame or greed or lust or ugliness or pettiness or jealousy. Mm-hmm. But if you're having all your needs met and you're there with your family and you've had mm-hmm. a cup of coffee and a nice dinner, maybe you don't relate to the depraved soul that's, talk- that's talking to you yeah. right now. But he- that person still deserves the the right to share their feelings absolutely and you guys do that you're, you're this nice on one hand one of the many things you are is a nice country band it's like oh this would be, this would be great for the church picnic sure and then there's these moments where it's like 
What did they just do? <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. Like That's it's good. like a moment where the little girl with the ice cream cone is just yeah. like why are they screaming? That's good. But that's necessary, right? It's necessary. And it's deliberate. Yeah, it's very much so. You got to pick... And the-, the two of us together really bring, at different times, those moments. Right. That, and that's really, that's really good for us. Right. To give a true, a true uh, uh, um, uh, sample of what we are, example of what we are. Right. Here's a, this is a story I've told before, but I don't know if I've ever told it well. And it's on some of the outtakes for the, uh, from the movie. Uh-huh. But uh, thinking about a bad moment, like a moment where you walk away and you just go, my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> years ago, I got called uh, uh, to do a, uh, an audition for a, a movie. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, it's great. You know, it's a great opportunity. And it was like a real thing. So you're going to come up to New York and do this reading with Anne Hathaway. And, you know, Anne's brilliant. You yeah. know, this is like a real, <laughs> a real artist here. So I'm. I'm given these four scenes. These are what we're going to be reading. And I have no experience whatsoever in acting. And, uh, well, except, I mean, except I do it on stage all the time. Absolutely. But I've never done like this. I, I, no one had told me how to go audition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I thought, well, this is going back to that, that uh, confidence that I was given and then how it, it serves and also can <laughs> hinder. Uh, <laughs> so I go, I had studied these four scenes. I meet with the the screen the the writer uh, in the afternoon or in the morning, and she says, uh, "So when you read the script, you know, she's asking me how I felt about it." And I was like, "Well, I never really read the whole script. Right. I really just looked at these scenes because you said we were just doing these scenes. So I right. figured, well, we're just reading, so I'll just right, right, do that. Right. And I'm I'm going to be playing a couple songs because the the character was a musician. So I go into this. So she she's like, "Okay, we've in three hours you're going to be sitting with Anne Hathaway." She's like. Take my script. She takes out of her purse and gives it to me and says, go back to your hotel room and read the whole script before you go do this audition. Oh, my goodness. Right? Oh Wouldn't that make sense? You yeah, should yeah. read it. For a big you part should, like that, sure. You should read the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say at this point in the story, every audition I've gone to, I've never read this. Okay, that's great. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm that, not saying that's good. Uh, did you get the part? See, this is why I'm saying we're, we're show, we're Wait show jerks. Yeah, we're show, I'm a <laughs> we're show, show jerk jerks. for sure. So, well, uh, yeah. But yeah. I didn't get the part. Okay. You know, it's it's a right. good thing yeah. to read the go. script and know yeah, yeah, what you're yeah. doing. And sometimes I watch the movie that I was auditioning for, and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's totally how it was for me. I, once I got the script, I was like, oh, man, this is like, I don't know if my wife would have let me come up here and do this, actually. Um, but uh, I go in, and like the first scene is a dramatic scene where she's addressing me, and I'm like, anyway, I'm a musician. She's going to try to get my attention. And uh, the Anne Athlete's character is like, upset and I'm like reading to her so I'm looking down at the script and I'm like starting this there's a panel of four people like we're in this room you've probably been in this exact room yeah, yeah, yeah. and I look up to, to you know start the reading and she's in full tears like she's just she's in character she's acting that hard she's She's killing it. Wow. And I was like, wow. It's kind of <laughs> I was amazing a and it's a little violating. It's like, don't act that hard at me. Like, I was like, God, she's so good. I was like, what have I got myself into? And every scene was just like, you know. The you should old, have taken out a guitar and locked on so, eye contact and played So whether it her. affected her or not, the, the only time that I felt comfortable in my skin was when I played the songs in the in the uh, uh, audition and wow. the, the reading, and you know, I Even left. So you kind of fumbled through the lines and stuff. It was the whole thing, much. you know, it was it about two thirds in. I was kind of like, okay. The only the only funny thing beyond that about the story was that at the end <laughs> we were we we went off the the script and we were improving sort of like back and forth. Yeah, and we kept going, 
And at, at, towards then I was like, I can't tell. If, I can't tell if we're talking or not anymore. That's, like I was lost. That is so funny. <laughs> I was like, I can't tell if we're getting ready to be done and if I can address the people. So I'm just like with Anne, like talking and yeah, she's just like, she's, it. she's got me, you know, she's got it. She's, she's in charge. She's yeah. the, and, uh, and rightfully so she's brilliant. And, uh, but when I got done, my point in all this is that <laughs> as I left, you know, I knew, I knew what I'd just done. Like I knew I just made a fool of myself in this yeah. audition room. Yeah. As I'm walking down, whatever, 42nd Street, whatever, I was just like, I felt so all of a sudden, not necessarily good, but I felt really alive. Yeah. I, I was like, I just really flubbed that. And yeah. if I ever get that right. opportunity again, the lessons that I learned within that are just incredible. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. I learned, and I learned them in a really, <laughs> you know, impactful way. Right. But I also felt like but I, mean, I was sort of floating. Your attention. Oh man. Yeah. And I was sort of floating down the street just like <laughs> this is bizarre. <laughs> this is so surreal that that just happened that I had the gall to to go up in there. You know what I mean? Right, totally. Show totally. jerk. Just like it's, a it's, show jerk. It's a small show jerks. <laughs> I think I think we have that in common. Because uh, we can talk about I'm going to write down show jerks. But you know the idea that we float through life. What happened to you is it reminds me in a small way of people that have like near death experiences always like snap into it mm-hmm. like the next yeah, day. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're ready here. <laughs> like, Scott, we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have to remind myself of that all the time. And I see that in your music. Every, all, everything that comes, comes here to pass, right? Mm-hmm. This idea. Talk about deleted scenes from the movie. Judd told me, he showed me actually, there was this great moment where you're holding your baby and you're like isn't it weird that he'll die one day mm. does that sound familiar <laughs> it does <laughs> now i know i know to people and we can take that out if you're uncomfortable no no it's true i think that's beautiful yeah i think that about my baby and my baby's not even born yet yeah. and i think that about myself all the time not in the narcissistic way no but because i'm trying to blow my audition with Anne hathaway mm-hmm. all the time yeah. Because you got snap, you you swerved okay. and you missed a car, and now you're here. Yeah, right, Pete. I just spoke to a, a lady, and I would protect her privacy, uh, so I won't say her name. But I just spoke to a lady who's, uh, you know, a 35 year old mother of three that was going to hospice the day I was speaking to her oh, wow. from from a terminal illness, and I was telling her, you know, you give so much talking to me because I'm. You know things that none none of us know. Yeah, you yeah. know ways of living that we all, you know, not shame on us, but almost it's kind of like wake up, right? Wake and she's awake. Well, people, dying, she's awake. That's, that's she's been awake for years. I don't know. I know Rick Rubin loves Ram Dass. Do you know Ram Dass at all? It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> You're about to get just know so much Ram Dass quoted yeah. at you. It's like a cliche on this yeah. podcast. He He's a spiritual teacher. He would go and talk to yeah, yeah. inmates on death row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, nine out of ten of them were Buddhas, basically, because mm-hmm. they were there. Mm-hmm. They. That's why I love the yeah. references to death in the music. Mm-hmm. And and that what a touching... Is this woman still here? Did she pass? She is. No, this was just two days ago. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But that... that I, I'm and I've known others. Say, a very close friend of ours here had cancer for 14 years, and so she lived for 14 years traveling the world right. with cancer. Right. And she just lived it. She lived a huge life. Right. And so, but but I'm saying that the gift when you speak to someone like that, mm. they are they are so like the needles uh, on the record. They're right and, there. And, and for for us to be able to be reminded and aware of that, that same night, my wife and I were together. Uh, we went out to dinner, and. 
my wife was saying, uh, you know, I feel like in times of struggle, when things are kind of tough for us, like, you know, petty things compared to many things, but whenever things are kind of tough, you feel closer to God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier to feel closer to God or to be spiritually needy and, and aware, but when things are seemingly good, and uh, saying, well, you know, it's that awareness, mm-hmm. speaking to someone, or and then there's always the, the, the thought that, look, these good times, you, you should drop the guilt. These are gifts. Yeah. These are total gifts, these good moments. Just take them and run. It's Don't like, think about God once. That's what I think God would want you to do. Forget about me. Go. Get lost. In Get lost. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's coming. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. coming. The, the terrible thing is coming. Right. So get lost. It's fine. <laughs> right? It's funny. Alan Watts has a, he's a philosopher, Zen Buddhist. He has a quote about like, the more you forget that you're part of God, the greater the artistry. Sounds right. Yes. <laughs> it's meaning, let's, let's, let's play a game. Let's say there was one consciousness, right? One thing, God. And it's split into all these different forms to play a game, to have Leela, to have a dance, a, a show. Mm-hmm. Um, a passing show. And if one of those little pieces of God, in the same way that, let's say, the ocean is God and, and little bl- drops of water now split off of it and have lives, and one of them thinks it's Scott Avett, and one of them thinks it's Pete Holmes, and one of them, forgive me, I forgot your name. Justin. Justin. I thought I was going to say Sean. I was way off. That's close. No, it's close. Did I meet a, a Sean? You did meet I Sean. met a Sean. That's right. Okay. Fuck. What I'm saying is, if a drop of water gets so lost in the drama of writing music, recording a podcast, having a family that actually forgets that it's the ocean. It's actually sort of the game played out to a beautiful extent, mm-hmm. as opposed to just remembering, wait, I'm the ocean, yes. which is great too, but you, it, there's something beautiful about getting lost in the theater yeah. of, of life. Yeah, so you're saying just fucking go for yeah, a jog in the field because... Wise, while it's there. I mean, I think it's all, right? a gift. it's all a gift, yeah. But the suffering, though, it sounds like you have a pretty good relationship with the idea of suffering as being something absolutely ramdas calls it the sandpaper of your awakening mm-hmm. and that he says suffering is is grace a very difficult thing to say to people who are suffering and, and you never should yeah but when you look back on the suffering in your life and you actually have a one for one you must have records that you go well that was that difficult thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true I mean, is it is it not even a fair contest when it comes to unpleasant things to pleasant things inspiring you that's a leading question. I'm wondering if your art is, is fueled by unpleasant things. unpleasant things. When you don't feel so pretty. Are you more likely to write a song or, or, or make a painting or whatever it is after you blow your Anne Hathaway audition? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I wrote a song about that, but it, but it was very just sort of obscured and, and just like a, more of a masked which one? I, well, it didn't it never made it to anything. I named Anne Hathaway Mama Mimosa for some reason. I was in some mimosa trees. So I named her Mama Mimosa and uh, wrote a song. And then I wrote a song, Anne Hathaway, and that's neither of those have made it to. So those are the none. But they weren't bad, you know? But they they, they got you going. They, yeah, and the Anne Hathaway song was just a song about how good, how believe the hype, she's that great, you know, because I experienced it. But then the story was within that, you know. That would be the chorus, but the verses would be how ridiculous it was, you know, that'd probably be my common stuff, but, um, art overall, good and bad things. I think it's probably equal across the board because when it comes to visual, 
I mean, thinking about suffering and that never comes to it'll to slow mind you down. at all. Yeah, yeah, it just slows me down. Do you relate to like feeling? I'll, I'll tell Val I feel very manic. I sort of borrow the expression. I don't think I'm a manic depressive, but I will get into states where I'm like, it, it, I'm just paying out. I got to make a lot of stuff. Do you ever just come to the studio and you're just in that place? Absolutely. And it's just, it's yeah. just pater. It's a yeah. waterfall of expression. Then it, the yeah. window sort of closes and you're back to reality. Yeah. Those, those three paintings there uh, in the studio, which are for listeners, they're nine feet by seven feet. Two of those took within... One of them took within two weeks to do. Wow. And it was just like, I mean, these are big paintings. These are big strokes. These are big thoughts and big big changes that have happened to hmm. a broad piece of canvas. And you have to work sort of mindlessly to do it. So yeah. something's got to be leading that. Right. Years of experience, you know, whatever your method is, there's got to be some sort of direction. It can't just be all discovery because yeah, I'll get lost in that or, or tripped up through the discovery, which even though the discovery is... Some of the greatest parts when yeah. it comes to time to deliver, like actually stand up, an actual show is that at least one of those is an actual painting. Some yeah. of them are study pieces. Some songs are study pieces, hmm. and others are actual like now I'm just I'm just showing myself or showing the world what I can do. Right, um, and those probably come a little easier with an accumulation of time put in. Is that is that a type of confidence too? I, I feel like just writing a song requires a certain amount of vulnerability and confidence. I think so. And then you have Seth and maybe Rick that can say, "Well, that sounds like something we should follow," and maybe it's not. Yeah, and they and they help also. We all help each other in keeping things vulnerable. But it's embarrassing. It can I, be. It can I, be writing a like I would be embarrassed to write a, a sincere song. Like Valerie and I sometimes for fun. We'll go, just sing in your most sincere voice. Why is that? Like, because you say things that a lot of people on this planet would be terrified. No, I know. that That's my music, so and that's really fun. But, but I practice at that. So I chip that away. Yeah. So that doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel weird to admit some weird thing about myself or do some weird joke or whatever. But, like, if I sat down and, and was just like, I wish I was a tune. <laughs> like, I'd be like, ah, 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 I'm sorry. Like... Anybody can sing, like, get to the piano and just be like, sing us a song! But to, like, really go into your real voice is very vulnerable. And you must have had to get over that. But, okay, so, (laughs) yeah, because standing in front of somebody and doing something that um, actually is not designed to be funny, and someone laughs at you, but then you're still doing it. Oh, God, help us. But you stand through it and keep doing it, and they stop laughing, and then go, oh. That's like, so serious. funny. That's a pretty Dude, amazing this is, feeling. This is what we're talking about. Art is risky. Yeah. It's risky. It totally is. <laughs> Writing it's, is risky. Writing a song is. and playing it for Seth is risky. It is. Really. What if it's stupid? Yeah, yeah. I'm not well, trying to frighten you. No, they right. usually are. But you've gotten over that. You go like, that might be stupid, but yeah. something like this. Yeah. That It's interesting in the but writing. the things that are really stupid sometimes end up being the best ones, right? Like, yeah. like this is a stupid idea, and then you write like you throw it out there like oh no this is great it's well, so the so ballad candid. of love and hate mm-hmm. is one of my i can't val and i actually sing it all the time we, we sing that in our real voices i can't play without weeping at the end it's just mm-hmm. so perfect yeah and if i had, had had that idea and please know that i think it's a perfect song i would have gone well that's stupid love writing a letter to hate that sounds stupid you know what i mean like you have to Ted Danson said acting is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And maybe you felt it when you were doing that scene. Yeah. Like she starts crying and it's like, oh, this person just isn't embarrassed to act. 
and you're just not embarrassed to sit down and go like, well, this is what I was feeling. I don't know if it's good or not. Yep. But that takes a lot of But that practice. is acting. That is acting too, right? Like, the music. It's really, but yeah, yeah, and yeah. Is that I what think you they're all acting. Yeah, all these things are acting. It's just like depend on That's your medium I mean. sort of. You, you pick a medium. And for me, I get on stage and I know I've been in a, on enough stages just like you with the stand-up, small, big, in front of people that were maybe you know a bit hostile or, or, or all on your side either way and felt enough different scenarios that it's like I can – I can get up there and you know, I could fall down. You just do it as and many I know as... I can get back up and right. you know. And really I know the secret knowledge would be that I know that if someone sees me fall, that might be hilarious, but getting up is so much more powerful than yeah. the it's so much more powerful than falling down is funny. Fucking A. You know what I mean? That's like, it. That's that's but rock that's, that's rock and roll. Like. That's what you're saying is the suffering the bad days. Yeah, are also a gift. Oh man, that that sort of bad feeling will motivate the good thing. And it, I mm. forget all the time. That sounds like something I would have said. I forget that all the Me time. Too. Me too. <laughs> and the falling down is part of it. Yeah, it's like whatever happens is the show. These are the little mantras I have. Whatever happens is the show is a good one. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you fuck up, that's the show. Yeah, this show tonight, I fucked up. Mm. You know what I mean? And you know, I forget the other mantras. It doesn't matter. But but allowing for, I, see. Whatever this is now the show. Yeah, old Sean or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just Sean, kidding. Sean. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't matter. No, it does. That's so beautiful. It matters so much more than. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really interesting though. One of the paintings down there is a self portrait, uh-huh. and you're and you're naked. It's a nude self portrait. That's that's what it's we're an talking NSP. about. NSP. Uh-huh. Do you do that? I make acronyms that's, out of that's everything. That's a commission. Yeah, that's an NSP commission. Is that a real term? Uh, it's what it's what's been offered to me through the communication to the email. The Wait, NSP. they they asked for an it's NSP? A, yeah, it's been it's been this this particular collector who's a, a apparently a, a a collector who collects quite a bit has been doing this for years and has is going to put a show out with nude self portraits. Really, and he had bought one of my paintings and said, "I would love to commission for this." I said, I'm, "I do these anyway. I do. I've been doing nude self portraits since I studied figured figured work in school. That's so interesting. I've been doing them forever. So I was like, "Well, that's in my yeah, that's I, in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm probably doing one anyway." So, but that's what we're talking about. The embarrassment. That's it's huge. Like your doing painting, a nude self portrait is like nude. okay. It's like okay. Do you fluff? You know what I mean, <laughs> right? Well, yes, yeah, a little like, bit. I mean, at least a little bit. Just a little but bit. You, you don't, don't do it right out of the pool. <laughs> you don't go over and swim in the creek and then do it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, but that's uh, what we're talking about. That is, all of these things are made up. Obviously, nudity isn't embarrassing, right? But we've kind of right. bought into an, a story that it is, right, right. and neither is acting. But you, what we're saying about acting or playing a song or Anne Hathaway crying or you standing naked on a canvas—all <laughs> all these things. What a list of things are supposed to be embarrassing. But I think it's—it's almost like I feel like artists are trying to do. It's almost more like sorcery. Mm-hmm. It's like I did feel this way at a time. I don't necessarily feel that way anymore, mm-hmm. but not only am I going to try and time travel back to that, I'm going to try and take you with me. Yeah. That's a very, it's like a, it's like a sexy thing to do. It's like yeah, to take 10,000 people and go, come with me to my divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> come with me. But sort and of that's the, what makes it so shitty that somebody's like, yeah, all 
right. Avid Brothers, like some drunk guy. He, that's what makes him so offensive. Is don't you realize that we're trying to get all all of us under one cloak right now? What was it? One time we were doing a song. <laughs> what was it? The guy. Uh, what's the line in Ten Thousand Words? Uh, Ten thousand spoons. When all you need is spoons. I can't remember the, the line was something. I can't remember what the line is. Wait, this is in your yeah at a concert uh, and this guy. We said, uh, uh, and maybe the 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 experts will have their doubts and or something like that. And it was all quiet. It was a big crowd, and I, we just hear one guy out of nowhere, "Fuck the expert!" or "Fuck those guys!" <laughs> like kind of like they're on our team. Of course, everybody else is like, shut up, you know? But we were saying that, we're like, oh, I love it. That's so <laughs> I love it. It's funny. so good. But it's about, it, uh, yeah, yeah. That it's, reminds me, like, I, No Hard Feelings all is going to go down in history as one of the greatest songs ever written and performed. It should, yeah. It's incredible. It, Seth, uh, it, it, Seth wrote it? Yeah, he did. Still, so I, I mean, still, you guys do it such justice, and it's so amazing. It's and so Val and I... This is this goes against what Chris Thiele and I were talking about. We feel like it's a song about death. <laughs> it, it is, right? Right. Okay, so many people... I mean, we've had this conversation with people, and they're like, no, it's about Seth's divorce. And we're like, no, it's not! And we get mad. And when we saw you guys play in Santa Barbara, we watched in the audience... And please, you know this is happening. People just kind of like chugging beer and stuff. <laughs> There's some guy taking a selfie. Yeah. People filming that song yeah. instead of just going like, guys, yeah. like a deity is walking by. Yeah. Don't take a selfie with Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just watch it. Yeah. I'm, I'm being self-righteous, but I'm saying it's such a beautiful thing. And and to have people disagreeing about what it's about, I yeah. don't know why. Yeah, I mean, why it's kind of obvious on that one, you know? It's kind of obvious. I thought it was. Yeah. I remember me and my friend Josh, uh, Josh Church, uh, the producer with Judd. Yeah. He, yeah. We got confused because he says the ring's on my fingers. And he's like, oh, he's taking his wedding ring off and the keys to his house. I guess it was a bad divorce. He lost his house. Oh, man. <laughs> and, then, and then on second listen, we were like... Oh no! Clearly, this is about it's bigger. It's just bigger. It's it's just bigger than. I mean, a divorce is massive, but it's right. bigger than that. You know? Right. It's sort of an everything song. Yeah. And I think talking about that, like what you were talking about, uh, you know, throwing the thing out there and and bringing everybody along with you. I think that once again, the second secret knowledge is uh, knowing that whatever you put out there, if it's genuine, that the majority of people relate right. to it. Isn't that funny? Just knowing that. I mean, it could be your deepest personal thing and you'd put it out there and everybody gets it. I think that's the secret. And it really is. They just did this article. I forget what it was for, but they were like the advice you would give yourself mm-hmm. 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And I was like, I don't be embarrassed. Everyone feels like you do. <laughs> that's basically, I was like, Oh, nobody's going to relate. My wife left me all the different things. Yeah. Oh, it turns out, Millions of people relate. They all get it. And But the chutzpah of doing a song that's that naked, again, going back to the portrait, that song is an NSP. Mm-hmm. That song's an NSP mm-hmm. that we all relate to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of the songs I think are a lot. Yeah, a lot but I think that's what's going on. I, 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 maybe we don't need to think about this too much. But I hope you understand that when I see you guys play, and I have many times... We're singing, and I don't even know if people are understanding the lyrics necessarily, but it's getting through. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes the lyrics might be secondary, right? 
It's the, well, this in, is a Ram Dass thing. Way. It's the space between the words. Yeah, yeah. Something's happening. There's yeah. emoting yeah. in the instrumentation and in the vocals, obviously. But like a song, even if we disagree about what it's about, everyone's feeling something happening when mm-hmm. that's played. And that talk about art, something that no one talks about being death and the mystery of death being put into a three-minute song? What an impossible challenge. I know, right? Take three minutes and and make us feel hopeful and also some of that bittersweet uh-huh. despair, all that stuff. It's incredible. I mean, the making, shortening those those statements is the hardest part. Yeah. It's really, really difficult. Was there a rough draft that was real goofy? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Seth worked on that song for years. That's That goes way back before really? this divorce. Yeah. So obviously that's why you know it couldn't be both that and ain't no man. Those songs were songs that were started in like 2006. No way. So you know sometimes the fermentation process. Yeah, totally, totally. There's a lot of tunes like that. Um, you know that with your writing, I'm sure. Like you let my like you said, maybe you got to live so through certain stupid. things. Like maybe you have to have a child before you can complete right. certain things that you're working on now. You won't know. Thanks, man. That's very very interesting. I'm a little more calm. Ooh, could I get a little coffee yeah, in this? Absolutely. Just put it in We're this paper. In this, you're a good man. Look at it bringing us water and I, shit. I losing the caption. I gotta say, I've never flown somewhere to do a podcast before, and I'm just so happy that we're I'm talking. I'm so glad you did. I'm uh, so happy. Well, look, I'm telling you, after, I mean, I think your your show is so much of that. I mean, it's somewhat of an NSP, and uh, <laughs> it is an NSP. You no, know, and uh, it's an NSP. Felt so connected to it, all that, all those things, and uh, so when I saw that and realized what it was, I hadn't seen it when we saw you in Santa Barbara. I had, yeah. I had not seen your show, and Sarah and I were just looking kind of on Netflix or whatever. Oh, and I was that's like, so fun! I need to check this out. Like that's that guy. I was like, okay, <laughs> Joe, Joe was talking about that. I met that guy, and then we watched. It, I was like, oh. That's so this fun. Is, this is this is part of the whole thing. This is, yeah. okay, we're so connected to this. That's when I said, Dolph, you got to talk to him. Oh, that's so this great. This is part of of all of us. This this oneness is is a real thing. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Mm. It's only, it's like walking around with a candle. You yeah. know what I mean? You're walking around with a candle and it keeps trying to get blown out mm-hmm. or it gets rained on or you're going into weird dingy clubs. Did you feel that way? I mean, like your music is so hopeful. But yeah, there's a great on that flyer that they misspell. Thank you so much. Yeah, where they misspell Avett Brothers. Yeah, I looked at the other acts and it's like Death Sludge or whatever, and I'm just like, you guys were going out there with thumbpicks. Well, they were opening for a band called Shitload one time. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was this rough. is this is nuts. So tell me about your crash. I mean, you're starting. I'm fascinated. My brother-in-law is in a band. Is he? They love you guys, and it's just like. How did you get through that period? You had the yeah. confidence. Yeah, we had the confidence, but we were also <laughs> but just so lucky. Like I realize now, the like the chances of making a living, writing songs and performing are yeah. so slim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know now it's too fucking crazy to think about. It's crazy. It's like thinking about what if I never met my wife, sort of thing. Like you know, it's, it's like cr- you can't play that crazy. game. Yeah, like you didn't know what you were doing. No clue. And, and that was that good. ended up being the best thing for us. Yeah, yeah. Don't because think if we had. I've, to, I've said it to Seth many times. I've been like, if, I, if someone said, okay, here's how much work you're going to have to do to get to here. I'd yeah. have been like, I bet there's another thing I could do where I could buddy, do something different. So when we shoot Crashing, I'll be in a club. And just the smell of a comedy club. Yeah. Even now my stomach drops. I remember what it was like. 
being a clean guy. And this didn't make me, it's just what I was trying to do. I loved Ray Romano and Jerry Seinfeld. And I wanted to be like, you mean a guys. clean guy, but like, that's the type of stand up you did. That stand up. And I was also that's just a, a sweetie. Like, I so was just a, a sweetie. I didn't want to do cocaine. I wasn't trying to fuck the waitresses. Yeah. I just loved comedy and, and having a silly good time yeah. and doing jokes about bubbles. Right. And I'm opening for like Dr. Dickhole, the hypnotist or whatever. And I'm like, ah! and the Dr. Dickhole crowd, sure, they sure showed up. And now I'm going out there and my opening joke is about ice packs i'm like there's a real talk about sandpaper you're really getting ground down yeah we got some of that for sure and now i look back and i'm like how i I don't know if i could do it again because as i'm recreating it for the show i don't know if i could start the journey now and you feel the same way you're absolutely shitload absolutely well but also we we got sort of thrust into this this the label of the bluegrass world you know someone like chris thiele can actually play in that world because he's that good right? right He's he's just the prodigy that he is. Um, for us, we were wanting to create, not necessarily represent or, or carry on traditions like right. bluegrass has sort of become. And it's a beautiful thing. The bluegrass, the old-time world. We're, but you wanted to be the Ava Brothers. We wanted to be the Ava Brothers. That's yeah. what our goal was. Whether we were talking about it or not, we knew. We kind of I would say things like, well, we got 65% of our set is covers. But we want it to eventually flip to where it's sixty five percent original, yeah, and then yeah. we'll keep moving until we've written enough. Right. But we would go to bluegrass conventions, like we went to the International Bluegrass Music Awards, and we didn't know that there were, you know, rules to the instrumentation of a bluegrass band. So we were setting up in that what way. What does that mean? Well, like you mean they you could need, have a there's drum. a quota of like doom, could, doom, yeah. doom. well, not necessarily, <laughs> but like the 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 instrumentation is going to be. An acoustic guitar, oh, a banjo, a stand-up yeah. bass, a fiddle. I, I, I mistook that for the arrangement. Like you no, can't have this. You can, but really, bluegrass music. There's a, there's a, there it's are a, guidelines. Right. There are, and right. And I, I admire that and respect that. Now, it's at the time, right. I just was a little confused about what that was. Right. Kind of like going into the, the hornet's nest. Like so, we would set up with our drum, our <laughs> kick drums, and we'd play some sort of ragged screaming tune, and they'd be like. No. <laughs> no, this is. Not, I mean, they would be. Like, You're not only offending an audience; you're offending a, a tradition. Oh my gosh, man! I mean, <laughs> but I've just remembered the show. The thing that he really was the 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 one two punch by watching crashing was the the NACA. Yeah, we did NACA. You did not do NACA. We did NACA. You we did were roving artists. NACA. We were roving in the in the. the <laughs> The lobbies and standing there waiting for a booking. Oh, uh, walking around talking to people, you know, courting people, and uh, and then we would get we would get billed and get paid fifteen hundred dollars to play at a college cafeteria, yeah, yeah. just like you for two hours. Yeah, yeah, and then that night we would go to the dingy club. Wow, and get paid you know beer and fifty bucks, but wow. play for the hip. But a know, foot a foot in each pool. So we'd, be, we'd make money. We'd make good money at the yeah, college. Yeah. Nobody would listen. Right. But we'd also take those opportunities to, you know, drop the bomb. It's like this, whatever song we had that was the loudest screaming one. If we were put in a listening yeah. scenario, we would just like. To really <laughs> to, and so the college kids are trying to eat happening. lunch. are like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, what are these guys doing? Wow. And we're like, well, we're on fire. And. Yeah, we're too old to be at college. We're not too old, but That's we're at Bass College, and we're in here like tearing it up in here. And so it's like, okay, we we, we knew what kind of opportunity was. But regardless. when you did NACA, did you do covers and stuff? Because I remember we watching both. the musicians. We did both. We talk about playing ball. My character says it in that episode. He goes like, "We can't." I don't know if it made the episode, but there was a take where I was like, "We came here to play ball." Yeah, and that's like a weird. 
show but business thing. And it's real. Yeah, it's a real thing. I would talk to the musicians at NACA, and they were like, we do Beyonce <laughs> covers. We This was when I, mm. you know, would, or it was Destiny's Child. See, that's why we couldn't stay in that world. But you did long. get booking. We did get booking. So you were good. We went two years. We went two years. And people would say things like, well, look. You know, you use some people do this for years and they make good money. Right. And they say, but some people, this is just a, a rung. Right. And whether it was that or not, we were kind of like, well, this is where we are now and here's what we're going to do with it. Yeah. And so we did it and we understood what it was and we knew we weren't going to be doing bubble acts or. Right, uh, right, right. Uh, we were going to be making our own Well, that's, songs, the, that's so. the subtle temptation that we're trying to show with my characters is like, this is a path. You can do this. And you can make $300,000 a year doing that. Like, easy. Yeah. If, you, if you never go if home. You, if you hustle. If you never you go really home. Can. Yeah, you, can. you could play 280 shows a yeah. year. Yeah, totally. You really could. Yeah. Um, and while so-and-so's over here saying, man, I'm not doing that. I'm going to play my stuff. Well, we're making 1500 sometimes $2,000. And we're going both. on to play three more places that don't pay right. us anything. Right. And we're building those crowds. You take that money to finance the oh dream. Oh, my gosh. Finance the hustle. It was wonderful. So one of the biggest it's things. It's always both. I'm sorry. I'm excited. It is. It's always it is. both. And there's always naysayers on the sides going, oh, you're you're compromising. Well, well, that's what my girlfriend in that episode represents. Yeah. She's the true artist. Right. And what I liked right. about that scene, sorry to compliment no, my no, own no, no, show, no. was that they're both right. My character's like, play ball. And yes. she's like, I'm an artist. They're both right. And they're both right. Totally. And I was very proud of that. And you, But you guys knew that. You have that. to do, yeah. You go, it's the middle way. You go like, we'll do a little of the corporate, like we'll take that money and that'll keep us from having to work another job. Yeah. But you'll do the, the shit gig where you know you're really getting that, you're getting Johnny Cashified. Yeah, and it was almost like <laughs> you, exactly. You almost have to, have to take those shit jobs because you got to know what you don't want to be doing. And and That's for us, we were so working good. other jobs, but we were working for other jobs God, and we were like, if we don't quit these jobs and start doing these, we played a propane tank convention Oh my God! In South Carolina, like I remember playing that, and we're sitting there doing our original, like, like just working up songs, and we're testing them out on people. Wow. Nobody cares what we're doing. We played wed tons of weddings, you know. But while we were doing it, we were making money owning our craft. That's, you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I so, don't think enough conversations are happening about this, where it's like, it's 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 a little bit of both. It's okay to yeah, do some of these shows. Everybody wants to be like, doing what they're doing, what they want to be doing. Right, That's right. it. And it's kind of like you want to jump to playing the Greek, yeah. Headlining the Greek, but it started in the fucking cafeteria. I know you got to start at the uh, Winthrop <laughs> University cafeteria, dude. I played with Winthrop. Winthrop. Yeah, Winthrop was a big one. They supported it a lot, and that's where Bobby dun, went. Dun. Hey, Seth hey. just walked in. What's up, man? What's up? This is a very casual recording. Welcome. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, please join us. We're talking about NACA. I can't oh, believe yeah. you guys did NACA. Oh man. <laughs> What do you, you need? Can, you have you time need? to join? Yes, yes, what I do. Need? Are there any more water? Yeah, we got yeah, water. Thank you. Here, have this one, brother. Do you want any coffee? Uh, no, no, this is great. Thank you. Yes, Thank please. You, I'm, I'm good with the coffee. <clears throat> I can't believe you did NACA. Oh, uh, yeah, we're hoping to return to NACA at some point. Full circle. Sorry. Can I just say what hope? I know, like, I'm, I'm an established performer, but I'm still getting hope thinking of you guys in that booth. Waiting for college students to come up, and, and if I'm picturing it correctly, were you with Scott up there like hustling and shaking hands and giving them some free CDs? Or yeah, I mean, like yeah. you, had, you had that energy. Maybe you both yeah. were. Yeah, we had we had our our packets and our uh, we had our game faces on. We did, but then you'd stay the night in the hotel too. 
Yeah. And you'd party with all the college, the, the kids that were... And that was part of it, too. Part. I don't know if that line made the show, but I think it did. I, Pete, my character, says... Um, and then I booked another one at the mixer. Yeah. It yeah. makes your penis yeah. go inside your body. Yeah. It's so offensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's so anti-art. It's the opposite of what this space but feels like yeah. and what you guys feel like when you're writing. But it's fucking part of show business. It's crazy. Dan, when I saw that part of the show, I was just like... <laughs> like Sarah, we live that. When he, he does a scene in this cafeteria, and I'm like, we did that exact thing. Yeah. That's not... That's not now that doesn't feel common to me. I you can't know. believe it. I'm I'm never going to forget that you guys did that. Oh man, it's so good for you. It was so good for us. Well, we I were, mean, yeah. Go know, ahead. It, I mean, it's just nothing better for someone who's trying to establish themselves as a uh, <clears throat> as a, a performer than to swallow your pride like some of those shows. And like, I mean, not that not that they're bad. Not that they're like universally bad. There's a lot of we had a lot of really like legitimately great shows as well. But a lot of them, yeah. the value was in just how weird they were like playing in a cafeteria right? Know, or, or being ignored or, or, or just roving around a campus, roving, you know, yeah. but did, uh, he said, uh, Scott said that it, it, it made you realize what you didn't want in a way. And again, these shows were great. They were big sure. breaks for us. And some of them were awesome. Mm, no I played, um, university of North Carolina, Asheville every year, mm-hmm. five years in a row, yeah, yeah. which is like a great school to go yeah. to. Then there were all these other ones that weren't so great. But like even those shit ones. Actually, one of the worst things was going to the show and you didn't know which one it was going to be. And I don't know if you can relate to this oh, kind yeah. of quietly. How hoping. could you predict it? You know, I, it's either like, going to be a thousand people right. or it's going to be twenty or, people. Yeah, or we had, we had some that were twenty people that were fantastic because they were like you know oh, the, the on campus coffee, coffee shop, shop yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, and they were yeah. just amazing. Yeah, you know? totally. and then others. Well, you know, in the cafeteria. Uh, technically speaking, you were playing in front of you know a thousand people, but right. they were horrible. You know, so it, 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 it could have been you know any any kind of show. I, so um, you probably can relate. I used to have a quiet desire to get there and have them be like, "I'm sorry, only like twelve people are here." And I was like, right. "I'll take twelve over right. like you just bust everyone in. It's the parents' weekend, and it's this packed." It, it always felt like orcs, you know, Lord of the Rings. It was just like 10,000 orcs. <laughs> and I just had to go out and go like, so you like ice did you, uh, did you have to ta- did, you, uh, did you have to tailor your material towards if it's a parent weekend or something yes. like that? Or yeah, yeah. Which is, sense. I don't think I could do it now. Yes. You know what I mean? With all my experience now, it's, it's, it's really hard to write. The only thing you can do is drive right at it and go mm-hmm. like, well, you can't laugh because your kid's next to you and your kid can't laugh because your parents are next to you. Music... Correct me if I'm wrong. Has a little bit more power, where like, like I'm very moved by the scene, very moved in the movie where your dad loves the song that you wrote. Mm. Like that that scene when he says, "I'd love these boys even if they weren't my son." I was just like, I feel like my dad just said that. <laughs> like it, it just melted me. Mm. And there is a power. My da- my dad might not understand like a joke I have about an app or something, but like music does sort of transcend language a little bit. So you might have been able to fare a little better, or was it? Am I wrong? Get away with a little bit more. Like they would say, you can't say you know curse words, but we could get away with that. With or the if music. they weren't listening, you can do you can it. Get away with you it, can yeah. play, and then yeah. maybe they start to listen. Yeah. Am I wrong in assuming mm-hmm. that that? Or does it feel shitty to be playing and they're not listening? Is that breaking your heart? We had that go to practice form. Ideal. Yeah, that wasn't our first really. time being fully ignored. Yeah. <laughs> we were used to that. We were that that what? that helped hone our skills in in being ignored. But that was not the first time we'd have been, been ignored. <laughs> we actually booked. Oh, nice we had skills. some friends that had a coffee shop, and on, well, the the wife had a coffee shop, and on the other side, the husband had a uh, tattoo parlor. 
and uh, a studio and we would play we would book ourselves Thursday nights and we knew nobody was going to come no one was going to come so it was our practice so we would actually go but we still put flyers up we put flyers up yeah. so if somebody did show up we'd play you know open some, rehearsals basically yeah. open rehearsals Usually there were about four or five, maybe ten people in there. That's great. But we would just Makes talk through difference. songs, Scott, write Scott's songs. really exaggerating on the four or five or oh. three, people. three people. I mean, three people, and they were really. <laughs> so yeah, so we were used to playing. No but music. even it, yeah. that's so interesting. When I think back to college, I was in an improv team, and I'm, I'm like, why didn't we just have all our rehearsals open? We're improvising. Right. Like, who cares? Like, right. yeah. We, yeah, we're going to be rehearsing every you, Tuesday. If yeah. you want to come, come, it's a, a very freeing and beautiful thing to say. Hey, look, uh, this is on you. Like, we're not saying it's going to be great. We're trying to learn. You right. can watch it or not, you know, because then you're not, you're not, there's not a big rollout. You're not mm-hmm. saying, hey, it's worth your money. Come and watch right. us do what we do, you know? Well, we were kind of talking about that, that idea that art needs to be made in a, an electric, but also a safe place. Mm-hmm. Meaning, expect, I hate expectation. I hate the feeling like this oh. is a big show. This isn't an important show. So and so's in the audience. It's like, get the fuck out of my face. I'm trying to terrible. conjure spirits, basically. Yeah. And you're like, WMEs in the crowd or whatever. It's like, why are you telling me that? (laughs) You know, like that's the enemy of it. So when I related so hard when you guys met with Rick Rubin and he was like, look, I I like it. You know what I mean? It's like, I like it, but if it's right, it's right. If it's not right, it's not right. And when you're writing, it needs to be gut and instinct and feeling. It can't be like, well, Rick Rubin's a big producer. We have to go with him. Isn't that such a weird, uh, like uh, turning on, turning on the head of, of a, of a principle that you or or concept that you believe in going into it. Like I know initially it was like, well you play and now the, you know, it would be like you play in Nashville and and LA and New York. Uh, and when you do, it's a bigger deal and it's, it's better that it's a bigger deal. It's it's better that there might be someone in the audience that can either, you know, further, you know, the message or further the popularity or whatever it is that you're looking for. But now it's weird that it's like, it has turned on its head to where it's more like, that's more of a detriment to play right. in the cities where you can expect someone of note, you know, for lack of a right, better right. phrase. It's yeah. just getting in the way. Yeah. When you guys do, like you did Kimmel on the outdoor stage, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah we've done it a couple, several times. It's interesting. I'm like, what would be really great, I have to imagine, for you guys is to be able to play five, six songs for that audience before you start filming. You know what I mean? Not just to warm up, mm. but to remember that it's not just about like, and now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like sex. You can't go like, and now. No, definitely Well, maybe not. you can. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's not good sex, meaning it's like, it's supposed to be seduced and, and you know, you cook your wife dinner. That's like love making, making writing a song what's just because... What are you doing? Uh, Don't fuck with me, fellas. I know, I know yeah, who I'm talking to. My last to. name's Holmes, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, the red light coming on and going... I was thinking, yeah, the red light. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that, too. And I was like, I'm not going to say the red light. I dragged it to the gutter, and I love yeah. it. I, it's usually me that does this. But the, the cameras go on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you cook your wife dinner and then the cameras go on. <laughs> You're doing late night. Okay, it keeps going. <laughs> You're doing a late night television show. Yeah. And you're just supposed to jump into that groove of the middle of an hour long set yeah, and play yeah. an amazing performance. Yeah. That is NACA to me. NACA and all of that show business, not just the ability to play a show in, in, in your house or in a garage with your friends, but going like, okay, now 
transcend. Man, we've been super lucky to be able to do late night television a bunch of times. Yeah. Because it, I, I, looking back, like I feel like there were some like anomaly solid performances early, but <laughs> I think it took us, it's taken us a while to get to where we can do that and feel like we're comfortable ourselves, you know, confident to where, yeah. you know, I, I don't know so much about being able to turn the mojo on immediately, but at least, um, feel like we belong. Yeah. At least we feel just, like we belonged, you know, and it's feel fun. like we can throw it away. So, like we need to feel like we can throw it away. And that's uh, yeah. when our best things happen. Like it doesn't matter. If, if it's if it's not a great performance, we've gotten to the point where it's like that's all right. I'll right. get him next time, you know. That's but right. that's that's a super fortunate place. That's to, that to be, Rick Rubin you know? thing. You you yeah. and I went before you got here, Seth. We were talking about another mantra I have is uh, there's no show without me. Mm-hmm. So if you're running late to a show, yeah. well, there's no show without me. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there's a cocky way to say that, and there's a beautiful way to say mm-hmm. that. I do late night. It was bad. I've I've done poorly on late night before, right. where it's just like I don't know the. Me and the host didn't click, and you just go like, this is okay. Yeah. And everything's fine. Right, it is. But the weird thing is, when a comedian is starting out, they have you host. And the host is the first person that comes out, obviously. And you need to feel like, you need to pee all over the stage. You need to own the room and be like, this is my house. You've come to my show. <laughs> and you're the most scared person on the mm-hmm. bill. But if I'm hearing you correctly, similarly, you have to get into that place where you're like, you have a reverence for it. This is a good opportunity. But there can never be a moment where you look in the camera and go like, "Wow, a million people are watching." Oh, right. right. You just have to go like, "This is my fucking house," right? And we're taking over it's again. A, it's especially weird when you, when you're looking and, and you know there's a million people watching, and you know that you literally just peed all over the stage. <laughs> you know? Like right. you're like, always wear yellow pants. Yeah. That's what I say. Right. Yellow pre wet pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point though about you know, no show without me. I, I think that sometimes like if, if I feel that I didn't have a, a good show or whatever. Or if I'm making mistakes on stage, it's like, well, no one, no one can do it better than us because we're us, you know. Isn't like, that? But then I've seen some YouTube uh, videos of people covering our songs, and then I've been like, oh wait, there are people well, that they can do that it. better they than, do than we do. Do. <laughs> than we do. So I, I used to think that. Day. I used to think that. Then I saw those YouTube videos. Like, oh, no way. There's lots of people that can do it better than us. But there's a cocky. I really think that's something that happens around ten years in. Is is you start to believe in yourself, not mm-hmm. in the young man's. I'm going to lip sync call notes, and someone will discover me. It's a it's a maturation of like. Uh, Scott said. When I fall down, that's part of the show, too. And mm-hmm. getting up, that's rock and roll. Mm-hmm. We were kind of relating over the idea that if you get stuck in my... If I get stuck in my head before a stand-up set, what if I forget the words or whatever? You just have to go, then that's the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is weird, and you're not supposed to pull the curtain back, but it's like, then the show for you is watching me struggle. Right. Well, <laughs> like the, the that, funny, that'll be absolutely. what entertains Like, funny thing about- come and feast on my failure. Yep. Whatever it is. Right. <laughs> The funny thing about that that concept is that it's always easier to accept that as a truth for everyone but you, yeah. you know, because it hurts so bad for you. Yeah, it's like well, everyone else can be like that, but I can't be like that. I got to get it right, right, you know, or at least I feel like that. No, I told no. We were talking about suffering <clears throat> and the idea that suffering is. We were saying it's a little bit like a sandpaper. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. It can inspire you. It can enliven you. It can snap you into the moment. But usually not while it's happening. While it's happening, right. it's the opposite. God. You're so self-centered. You're Panicked. only thinking about yeah. your stuff. Like, uh, I I really love your songs about your divorce. And when I got divorced, I found myself writing songs. I'm not a songwriter. About my ex-wife. Just because that was helping me grieve. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very interesting that you were doing that. Obviously, on a professional level. But, like, was, I have to imagine that was helpful to have 
here you've been using this valve for other things. Mm-hmm. And then it's, and then along comes this tragedy. And you're like, well, can I shove this through this pipe? Can mm-hmm. this go through here too? Yeah. It's all, I man, it's, that's, that's when it's working, you know? Yeah. And, but and, like, I think that you like, I have to be careful about the idea of, of something working or not. Like, you know, it's, it's only working if you, if you get a product, like if you get Dude. a song out of it, you know, okay. like that's not the, that's not the truth. It's if you get a poem or a couple lines in your, if there's something helpful about it, then, then it's working, you know. I love that. We, you've been saying things like that too, Scott. It's so helpful to remember that we live in a world that values things that pay out. Mm-hmm. It's like, does yeah, it make right. something? Right. Can we use it? Can mm-hmm. we reproduce it? And can we sell it? Right. And really, the artist's job is to go like, I determine what's valuable. Maybe the failed song that you never record or lay yep. down or whatever, that was also part of it. This, this right. is the that all encompassing incorporating everything. Yeah, absolutely. That's really tricky though. <laughs> it is cuz you got to pay bills for one thing. Right. You know. And if you are an artist, uh and that's what you do and what you have to do and you're going to spend your time doing if you're not paid, you won't be present because you won't be eating, you won't be putting <laughs> right. food on the table. So that's interesting. I have this notion to go back to where we don't need to travel to where you know, you develop your own little kingdom where people can come and experience this thing, Graceland. right? <laughs> Graceland, <laughs> this this building right here, um, the album. Uh, but then Great. when I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Simon's it, Graceland. That's right. That's where it all. Happened. That's where Elvis lived. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. He lived on a giant CD. In, yeah, inside the case. If you open the liner notes, there's a tiny little can. There he is, right there. That's so good. That's a thing. That could be a really great thing. So, we can sell that I'm, at Urban Outfitters. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a cartoon. I'm seeing like an animated short or something. Yes! Yeah, we can yeah. sell that to Adult Swim, yeah. 15 no. minutes? Well, yeah. someone's listening to this. Some, y- y'all make it. We don't, <laughs> someone else make it. We give, we, we give you We give you the idea. You make the thing. Right? Let's get a little publishing. I'm a producer. Either it's a tiny Elvis living in a regular CD case or yeah. a giant CD case with a regular right. size. Though at this yeah, point, yeah. Like, like a CD case, a lot of people will be like, what on earth? Yes. What is that? It's what throwback. Is, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I've been thinking. I was like thinking about out here on the property, like yeah. building a huge CD case. That would be awesome. <laughs> but you want people yeah. to come to Somewhere. You. I was just thinking like, uh, instead of trying to go out and, and, and chase, instead make wherever, wherever you're... you're uh, uh, wherever the calling is is sending you, you make what it is, and people come to it. I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to articulate outside of a gallery. Yeah, you know something physical that's a gallery that people come to and see. Uh, instead of breaking up all this work that's made and distributing all around the world, um, what's well, another level of keeping it organic? Right? Yeah, it's a little bit more like erecting a totem pole. Are you going to? But what my point is is though <laughs> to do that. <laughs> to do, Flesh color. Wait, uh, I might have something uh, on that face. But it costs money to do something like that. And you can't speak into value. Like that type of thing is uh the value of that. Oh man, I I'm so lost in it. Because I have this idea about this thing. But it would cost so much money. Yeah. <laughs> it would cost so much money to do. And we gotta do things that people value. Well that's an interesting that thing. Val and I were talking about this. So her brother's band, which is called Lonely Avenue. They have a, a front man that's a lot like you, and then her brother is a lot like you, from what we can tell. And the front man often has very large ideas. Correct. And then the Derek, which is the South, 
sort of grounds it a little bit more. Would uh, you say that your relationship is a little bit like that? Like you might be like, of course I'm joking, like Avid Brothers on the Moon, and you're like, maybe we just go to Japan. <laughs> you know, is there any any is there a nice balancing? That's absolutely, I think so. Yeah, that yeah. all because you were saying that I, I I run Manic too. Are you a little bit more stable, or is that just? I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure if that if that's uh, for me to say, but I think so. Mm. Would you say, Scott? I mean, like, if you're burning really white hot, is this a good well, colander to pour your pasta in? And well, we work well together. It? Yeah, clearly. In that way, yeah. Um, one thing that's dangerous, though, is when, you, you, when we say manic, it immediately makes you the patient. Right. And that's really dangerous because... What's a, what's a better word? Well, I don't know, because these ideas, though, they make things happen. I know. And somebody, like... How about jet fuel? <laughs> And when you're burning white hot jet fuel. It's that, hard, yeah, but it's hard when you're burning white hot jet fuel and your wife's saying you're just, you know, you need to go eat or you need to go rest. I'm like, no, this I'm like this is one of the real ones. This is serious. Right, right. And if you can't take me seriously, who have I got, you know? Right. Whatever. And so for our relationship, same sort of thing. Seth has to put up with a lot to say, okay, you you really want to do this? Is this possible? Right. But I think mo- most times Seth and I are like, this is yeah, it's a great idea. We got to try to make it happen. Right. Or is that the art of Seth? <laughs> it's it's like uh, Scarlett Johansson and the Hulk. You know how she can like calm the Hulk yeah, down and yeah. then he puts his hand in hers. That's I, all I know about what was just said is that when I heard the phrase the art of Seth, I heard like some sort of like pan pipe sort of some sort of like really soothing. Handbells. Yeah. I don't know what the instrument is, but I feel like oh, pan pipes yeah. and handbells are are needed. <laughs> Well, I, I don't want us to get up our own butts too much, but it, it is interesting watching you work. I had a, a specific question for you, Seth, which was when you you say something that I think a lot of people relate to, which is like, Scott and I might argue about something, but we'll figure out eventually, even if that just means me saying, okay, we'll do it your way. Not only do a lot of siblings relate to that, but a lot of collaborating artists. Mm. There, there's usually one guy, and I'm that guy, so Scott, don't think I'm like, othering you i'm usually that guy and there needs to be somebody that listens filters curates and then eventually agrees in a way that the 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 me or the scott of the situation feels heard and seen and all and isn't even really aware that they've been trimmed or curated (laughs) in any way but when you yield what's going through your mind in that moment um normally i mean yielding can can feel really really amazing and wonderful and then it can also feel terrible you know and and that's the kind that makes resentment you know so i feel like you know the older you get and the more you know scenarios you go through where you feel like you're the one yielding or at least you're articulating it that way and seeing it that way Mm -hmm. um that you can that you can distinguish better which one which variety it is but when it's when it's working i feel like um I'm I'm uh, I'm just I'm just aware that that the the scale of it that I have that I have the scale I have placed on it, meaning I think it's a big deal or it's a big decision, um, it can't really be that big because mm. none of them ever have been, you know. So you kind of step outside of it. I think so. I think like, so. Doing? Yeah, I think so because a lot of times when I'm looking back on something that I remember, I, like uh, normally you just forget the fight, you know. A couple years down the road, ten years down the road, you're like, you have no idea what you were fighting about. But now, um, when I can remember conflicts and the spe- the specifics of them, um, I mean, I, it's hard to to think of of one where 
that amount of um, of pressure was warranted, or that amount yeah. of you know. So uh, I don't know. I think you know, there's a, a great art to yielding, and I, I, I like the thing is I trust Scott, and a lot of times even when I disagree with him, uh, and I have learned a lot from Rick as well in this capacity, just to, to be like, you know, what if you don't know? You know, like I always felt like I knew which which path was better for whatever artistic decision. But then I've, 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 it's, it's been proven that I've been wrong, yeah. you know. So it's 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 possible that I'm wrong in this situation right here. Mm. So clearly, this is something that Scott's passionate about. Let's make this podcast. We need to find out, <laughs> you know. Like we need to find out. We need to find out if you that should if, have been if, here at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Everything I'm saying, y'all have already said. Um, no, no, no. no, no. But, but laying down arms is an art. Yeah, and it it keeping, is keeping peace. Like right. I, I was that person in my family, the peacekeeper, and I was like. You never really remember what right. you're arguing about. I think that's a really good point. And you're wrong. Right. You I'm, can be wrong. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm more comfortable. I mean, I think a lot of times I am more comfortable being being quiet. And, and um, sometimes that's good for me and sometimes it's not. But, uh, you know, Scott and I, we, we have communicated so much that a lot of times we don't need to say a lot to know where the other one is uh, in, in a decision-making process. That's great. You know? And the other thing that Val and I, Val's my wife, we, we talk about all the time is the farm dream. And you guys are sort of living the farm dream. Is it like a Radiohead don't want to leave leave where they're from, lose their mojo? Is that what Radiohead does? I think they have a, a superstition about leaving. I think they're from Oxford or something. They won't leave where they're from because they're afraid of losing a certain magic. Hmm. And I will say that like your music sounds like what this landscape looks like. You sound like a band that live near each other, yeah. live near your folks, mm-hmm. pick up some eggs, mm-hmm. see some sunshine. Do all that stuff. All that good stuff. Yeah. And it comes through in the music. Yeah. If you guys move to L.A., I mean, I, I bet our, our lives aren't that different, even though, but something might happen. I think, now, I think now it, it's not as you know, important. Right. Um, I mean, it's very important. But I think where you draw inspiration from having this place is really important because it's a specific place that's not in the mix. Yeah. You know, New York, LA, Paris, Chicago, London, Tokyo, like you can get online and find out what's going on in these places at all, at all moments. Right. It's it's kind of difficult to know exactly what's happening in some of these parts of these small towns all over the world. Right. And so there's a, an actual regional specific, you know, uniqueness uh, that and there's a and is there a power in that anonymity not not that you guys are not now see do, you're cocooned a little bit in a good way protected well we have we haven't always lived here all along oh know? really yeah yeah so it's so when you were grinding it out where were you we I, we were here but seth's lived other places you know and will live other places soon so are you moving yeah <laughs> I know that's personal. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. that is. I mean, but it's just saying that we're not always here, you know. And Do you yeah. mind saying where? Yeah, moving to New York. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. My wife. Uh, oh, isn't that funny? Is, here yeah. I am going like we come in with these ideas. You know, I watched the movie and I was like, these right. are wood splitting dudes. And I mean, you that, still are. No, that's. I mean, that's, be... that's completely the truth. But but I'm you know, we're moving there because my wife got a job uh, on a television show there. Oh so, wow! You know, we'll, we'll go there for. Is a, she an a actress? She is. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. What fun! Yeah. Do you want to plug it? What's it called? Uh, it's called uh, 
the enemy within. She's a cop. She gets arrested. Later, later in the season, she becomes a cop <laughs> and arrests uh, members of our family. Her family. Uh, nah, yeah, she, yeah, she's she's an actress and uh, uh, did a pilot for a, a show called The Enemy Within, and it's getting picked up. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah and we've done this once before. There, she was on a show called Limitless, and we um, so we you know we lived in New York for a year. It didn't get renewed. It came back, you know. Oh, that's so I've only only lived uh, away really one one time, and and this one's coming up. But uh, and this is a leading question, uh, but that's what I do. Was the music you wrote a little bit different when you were in New York? I, I think um, well, I, I think I was inspired by different things because you know those streets are just so sure. kinetic and um, it's like being in a body or something. it's like yeah, one body. It, it really is. Yeah. It really is. So so I think some inspiration was was coming in from from a couple of different spots. And uh, and I was able to see some live music that I I really want to be able to see more often. But it's hard. It's hard when you're you know there's there are there's a trade off when you're in a place like you know the the benefits of living somewhere uh, like like North Carolina Concord North Carolina in particular um, the blue collar factor and the honesty of it and uh, yeah. the our connection to the you know the roots of this place uh, on Tuesday night you can't go and see one of the best jazz trios in right. the country, you know? Right. So th- there is a benefit to, to going and, uh, and being in a place like New York. And I, I think, I think it affected me some, but you know, I don't know. Well, I think we are who we are at this point. I think so too. Yeah. Well, we were talking about my TV shows a little bit about that. Like you can go into New York. I said, it's like kind of like holding a candle, but at a certain point it becomes a lantern and it's in your chest and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. But that's, yeah. that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. I, I had this idea that you guys would always be here, but obviously that doesn't, that doesn't really matter. Well, it's a weird thing. In the early years of touring, we technically we lived here, but we spent more time we away from more, here than yeah, we did. Gone more than we were here. here. You know, right? So by then, the lantern must have already been lit. Right. I think. You know. Right. 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 Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we were talking also. I'm, I'm embarrassed that it came up when you weren't here. We talked a little bit about no hard feelings, which I'm sure you've done a great number of interviews about. I, I don't want this to feel like an interview, but good lord. <laughs> I just want to say that to your fucking face. <laughs> Jesus, man, it's insane. You did you write "Ballad of Love and Hate" as well? I did. I mean, those are two songs that I can't listen to without crying. And that's like that. And and Scott, obviously, you you have a, a catalog of these tunes. Absolutely. I know you don't absolutely. feel no, competitive. No, no, no. It's weird to shine on these two songs, but no, like, absolutely. That's more than music. There's something that's going on—a massaging of the heart. Where it's actually open, there are movies you can mm-hmm. watch, but these are three-minute songs that you can listen to. The denial of death takes up so much of our brain. This is straight Ramdas. He talks about like your—it's like a program your computer is running in the background mm-hmm. is pushing down and suppressing the idea. We were talking about your friend who has cancer. Mm-hmm. I don't say this callously. We all have cancer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know this. We're playing a game. Do you remember? Can you connect to that part of you when you were a child that wanted a teddy bear? Do you know why you wanted a teddy bear? Because this is so fucking weird that we're here. You just kind of showed up here. And then you find out about death. Mm -hmm. This is a big burden. It's not even a joke. It's a wonder that we're not all carrying teddy bears. We are. There are phones. You know what I mean? There are phones and our cars and there are big dinners and their alcohol record collections and record whatever it is that we're mm-hmm. collecting to keep our mind off of this thing that i actually don't think we need to be looking away from so 
Ramdas has this big thing where he's like, if you can stop looking at death as this failure, if you start looking at it as part of the game, one of the engines of the game, one of the points, if you look at it as like an experiment, we're in this, let's not say simulation, it's very real, obviously, but it's this sort of simulation going on, and we know this thing happens, and that adds urgency and beauty and meaning to love and peace and patience and gentleness and all these good things. But then every once in a while a good piece of art comes along that can put the death cactus on the table and say, let's look at it, and actually have thousands of people cheer. Fucking... And what take a, self. What a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yeah. And then take, take self. self. <laughs> I was talking about when beers. I saw you guys in Santa Barbara. Val and I are there weeping. Beautiful tears. Um, and then next to me is some guy just like shouting along the wrong words. <laughs> and I'm just like, you fucking dead. We were, it's so interesting how that's the game. Remembering, forgetting. And sometimes you're doing it at the same time. You're helping me remember beauty. And I'm filled with vitriol from my neighbor right next to me. But, I mean, I guess that was just for me to tell you how important that was. And, and Thank you. The work that you did, he said it took you years? About, yeah, about eight, eight years or so. Eight years. Yeah, but it's a weird thing. And Scott's talk, talk, uh, spoken well about this, about how um, w- we've, we've gotten further along in the process of understanding that we, we, um, we, you know, we have to let it come to us at times. Like in, in terms of songs, sometimes you've only lived the first verse, so mm. the first verse is only, the only one that's available to you. And if you, if you force the rest of the song, then it's going to be clear that the first verse is mm-hmm. really strong and the rest of it is like, Everyone knows. take it or leave it, right? It's like, yes, yeah. it's like pretending that you're at peace or right. something. Everyone can tell you're a phony. But with No Art Villains, I just never... Um, like the first, the first bit kind of came along, and I, like I know this is a little bit. Uh, this could sound pretty silly and a bit self-serving, and maybe even egotistical. But uh, I, I was in tears a little bit when the first few lines kind of came along, mm. and I'll never forget. I was driving in my in my car through Statesville, North Carolina, but like I, like I'm driving, and I'm like getting you know a pencil out, and while I'm driving, I'm I'm writing the lines down with my right hand, even though I'm left-handed because I'm driving, and <laughs> and. Uh, and then, and then, like I, I just kind of let it just sit there, and it just kind of stayed in my mind for years. And then, like a, a few more lines would come along, and and uh, they, I mean, it kind of came in spurts. It's not like I was working on it like homework for eight years. It was just like part of it came along, and then the rest of you it came along. It, I just waited for well, you it. You knew well enough to wait. I did, but also it was a weird thing because I haven't ever felt so much like like uh, I was just being kind of guided, you know. Like I, I really feel. Because while you know, while you're working on a song like that, that's so obviously like a death letter, uh, and knowing you know in the back of my mind, I know that we have the we have the platform to be able to sing things and people to hear them. That there, you know, there is this risk of that responsibility getting in and and directing where you take a verse or a chorus or wherever right. you go, you know. But I just I've never felt so much like God was just saying. Don't worry about that. Here you go. There it is. I'll give you know. it to you in installment. Here it is. Yeah, and there it is. And I, and again, I, I was having a, a a good conversation with a, a friend of ours, a mutual friend, me and Scott's, for many years, and she was one of the first ones that ever supported our band. But she had a a, a dear friend and a coworker pass, and they played that song at the funeral, hmm. and uh, hundreds and hundreds of people were at, were at this funeral. She called me to let me know how much the song meant to her, and we had a really good conversation. Uh, where um, it was really dawning on me, I know this already, but, but hearing her words really, it really helped me understand that like 
that song, it's just really, it's just for everybody. It's like, I always feel like that about Murder in the City. It's just, mm-hmm. it's not Scott's song, and No Our Feelings is not my song. It's not the Ava Brothers song. Like, there are pieces of music, pieces of art that, that like, from their inception, they are not, they are, they are not burdened with ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that one is, I think, pretty clearly, from the way people have responded to it, it's really, it's, it's kind of an every, every one inclusive kind of song right you know? it just came it came through you yeah it and that's you. and that's nice I, I i feel honored that that we get to to work on songs and, and share them with people but like that one straight out of the gate just like murder in the city was, was yeah. like this is this is for something that's beyond us releasing a song you know right. and that's it's very very um it's it's a it's an honor to be part of that and to be part of the reaction to it right you know? i remember i heard a story about a there was a chinese carpenter that was like supernatural and this is hundreds of years ago and i believe the if i'm telling the story correctly the king asked him like how do you do this how do you make these things and he goes well uh i spend one day being silent and after i'm silent for one day the desire for a reward goes away and i spend another day being silent and then the, basically the sense of myself goes away and the third day being silent like so it's it, it's about getting to a place it was like five days of silence and then he'd start working on the wood mm-hmm. and i wonder how both of you we were talking about you set the table, but the, the steak mm-hmm. sort of just materializes it. Mm-hmm. Maybe a better way to put it is you build the radio, but the song comes from mm-hmm. the airwaves. How do you guys keep your antennas clean and how do you try to get that environment mm-hmm. right for alchemy? How do you make how do you make it rain? Well, we do it in, uh, separately these yeah. days, you know, because living with our own families, different lives and... Uh, we don't get together like we used to get together and sort of like hammer out ideas uh even just seth and bob and i but uh i know for me uh, seth and i talked a lot about it this year like i was saying my focus the stronger my focus would get and really a lot of that had to do with waking up and med- meditating i mean even you if it was only 15 that. minutes Isn't even just 15 minutes but just quiet with myself yeah you know, trying to clear my thoughts exactly speaking to what the, kind of meditation i have no idea I, I guess I well I started by reading the book uh, wherever you are wherever wherever you go there you are yeah that's it that's a good title yeah have you read that book that no, oh no, yeah. I try to I try to think about that all the time just like yeah. you're already here yeah <laughs> even when I was in the car coming here I was like the driver remember I was like I'll talk to you online yeah on I'm the too, I was feeling so in I meditated this morning and again on the plane at the airport I was like I'm gonna be fucking dipped in for the boys. Right? I'm going to be open. Oh, they're going to be so impressed with how present and clear I am. Yeah, we have been. <laughs> and then I get in the car, and old Al Pacino with with driving gloves won't stop looking at his phone the whole ride. Like he just and just like that, I, I try to shift my perspective to like he's a good teacher. Like he just showed me what an asshole I, I am, or like how still stuck I am in my preferences. Even though I wanted to be this beautiful being of love, I got in the car and I, I it was really tearing out my hair to not be like, it's in seven miles. Because I can see his phone too. He's looking at the GPS. It's like, it's in seven miles. You don't know what seven miles feels like? And it just comes up that quickly. So this is why I need meditation. Because all that shit yeah. comes so natural. <laughs> so you, you, what, you read that book. Yeah, and <laughs> where we just started taking more quiet time, and then started focusing more on. Uh, but what what is your technique? You just sit. I don't. Uh, I cross legged. I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know. You know. I don't know what it's, what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Cross-legged. Uh, yeah, and I guess hands up, palms up. And what's going on in your brain? Hopefully nothing. How do you get there? 
I breathe. You follow your breath. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And and I struggle at that. It's hard to it's really hard to clear your mind, you know? Well, it's really, really hard. When we we talk about meditation a lot, we're like if you have a, a thought or the Chili's baby back rib song or something. Yeah. It's really hard to love yourself. Like me trying to love the part of me that was mad at that driver. It's very difficult. Uh but you go like I love how perceptive you are, <laughs> whatever it is. Or it's like, I love how conscious you are, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, you have a thought, and it shows up while you're just trying to follow your breath. And w- I forget who taught me this, but it's like you greet them like children. Like yeah. if your kid runs in, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't punch your kid. Yeah, of course. And you don't beat up yourself yourself up for having a thought. Uh, what about even though something that's kind of gross is like when <laughs> you get good songs coming in, good ideas to write, and then it's almost like it's been... You know, I know. I I heard this one really mm. fucked me up. Is 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 Ramdas talks about that? He was like, some people stop meditating to write something down. I'm like, such little faith. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, he's kind of right. He's like, if it's in there, it'll come back. Like relax. Yeah. But I'm guilty of that too. It's bad. It it, it, and it, it feels it, wrong when you do it. You're doing. You're like feels a little dirty. This is what's well, like. It's it's. I I think of. I don't like the word meditating. I like snuggling with infinity. Mm. So you are being intimate with timelessness. And it is, it's, sorry to keep bringing up sex, but it's like writing down an idea during sex or something. Yeah. That also has a certain taboo. Are you with me or are you not with me? But I thought of a song. Sometimes, even during sex, you might have to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, but it might, well, it might just be that we, <laughs> that you think, I'm not, I'm not going to speak on the sex. <laughs> so, uh, I wanted to mention something about uh, how you were talking about erecting a totem pole. I'm just <laughs> Oh, no, I, uh, I was just gonna say that, uh, and, uh, if song ideas are coming in, maybe maybe you were just wrong. You thought this was a meditation session, but it wasn't. It was just a writing problem. Yeah, that's you a know, good self right there too. Because like, I mean, we you know we always think, we, oh well, this fifteen minutes are for meditation. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. Maybe they are. You no, know, I think that's right on. It's like it's it's a tricky game. Mm-hmm. It's like you want something, but also you want to be desireless. You want yeah. to just kind of right. dissolve like sugar into iced tea. But then sometimes you go like, oh no, it's songwriting. Time. My understand my understanding of of meditation is that you if you are doing it for some sort of beneficial, some sort of gain, then it's it's you're missing the point. Like yeah. like the idea of like I'm going to be good for the boys. I'm going to meditate three times beforehand. Right. Like that that was dumb. That, that was that was, a, that that was, was a huge dumb. mistake. You made <laughs> bad meditation. You made a big mistake. That was bad. <laughs> Meditation ah, made the flight go by so fast. <laughs> well, that's really good. Did. It was beautiful. But even that's practical. That kind of goes back to what we were saying. Is like, unfortunately, in the West, everything is like, does it serve? That's why they sell us meditation by going, you'll be more productive. Yeah. It's like it's like sleep. That's how they get yeah. us. It's like sleep. Yeah. That's one of the one of the more interesting things. I don't know if you guys are comfortable talking about this, but um, psychedelics are obviously like a way of almost inducing a spiritual experience. And something I heard from India, they were like, well, yeah, the West is a materialistic world. So God came to you as a material. He came to you as something that you literally can hold and eat because that's what we do. We hold things and we eat them and then we experience <laughs> them. Yeah. Have you guys done any of that? Because your lyrics sound like you have. Like we've done psychedelics? Yeah. You mean like Budweiser? <laughs> it's crazy this psychedelics conversation because of this Michael Pollan book is just it's yeah. not, it's all over the place right now. I know someone just sent it to me. I got to check it out. Yeah, I mean it's fun. It's it's like I don't know anything about it, but it sure sounds. Uh, I'm surprised. Like uh, it gets you know it's giving people permission to mm. take LSD, which is for a lot of 
personalities right. would be wonderful to get that permission, like that cu- like cultural permission. You right, know? right. Uh, I, I don't know much about the research, but I've heard that it's uh, helpful in some, some capacities. I've never taken any kind of um, mind-altering. Is that right? No. It's very, it's, I think it's really actually beautiful because the point, of, in my experience with them, which is not that ex- extensive, is that there are ways to get to those states without them. And so even hearing you say that, I'm like, well, that's just proof. Music, I bet, has yeah. to be a transcendent place. Well, I heard we that, might not be seeing frogs dripping right. from the ceiling, but right. you're getting into that state. Well, the, the way Michael Pollan described uh, part of like a trip for him was um, you know, this, this concept of, of being inside the music. If you listen to music, it makes you feel like you're inside, like you're actually experiencing yeah. it from the inside out. And I, and, I mean, for, my, for myself, I, I mean, I feel like that often. Yeah. You know? And I don't know. I mean, I've never taken LSD, so I can't say that it, it feels like it does when you're taking LSD. But um, I don't know. It feels like kind of a shortcut to me, like to, to make a song feel, seem more special. Right. You know, like, I can tell you I don't need anything when I'm listening to Otis Redding right. at all. That's you know, so it's beautiful. just, it's just, it is, I mean, it's, just, it's an experience that, that is beyond, you know, articulating through words. Yeah. So I, I don't. That's what it's all about. They, these things are shortcuts. You know what I mean? But like we have our, our different methods. Right. One of the and maybe they're useful. I'm I'm talking about what oh, what I've experienced. You know, I love. Um, is it called Middleman? My God, and I don't need a middleman. Me and God. Me and God don't need mm-hmm. a middleman. I, that idea of having a direct relationship with God, whether it be through substances or meditation or music or or solitude or whatever, it, or having a family or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. That that song meant a lot to me. And I, I was wondering if you could speak to that. I'd, let, I'd love to know just your thoughts on spirituality. And, and we talked a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. But the idea that try to find Jesus on your own, mm-hmm. you know, throw out your TV, all that stuff. Is mm-hmm. that how you guys feel? That's, that's certainly how I feel is that there's something, there's an energy called Christ or called whatever you want to call it that you can connect to through various certain methods. Uh, and I'm wondering what your guys's approach is, like our practice. Yeah, are we do? We, and please don't feel uh, on the spot or that this is some sort of story. There's no judgment if you go to church or if you don't go to church. I'm just wondering. I'm looking for God right now, you know, and I'm not just saying that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I feel God right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying that. Mm-hmm. Is that is that your experience? Like Val and I sing the throughout your TV song all the time. Mm-hmm. That's that's our life, and and tripping out on th- the, the, one of the psychedelic lines of many is, I'm a breathing time machine. That is a psychedelic thought. Mm-hmm. I'm in a spacesuit, and th- there you got there. I'm in a fucking spacesuit. I'm in a decaying spacesuit for a limited time. Yeah, on a rock in infinity. Yeah, how are you guys finding God? And what do you think about God, knowing, I'll give us the caveat, that these are just words about something you can't really talk about. But I'd love to hear yeah. everything you have. Well, so, I mean, it's between the two of us. I mean, we could kind of go A, B, A, B. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah, Akari Warriors. It. Well, it, when I was a teenager, we went to church. Uh, I would sit in the the pew while the preacher would, would preach. And I don't remember really ever feeling put, put off or uh, put upon by anything that they were saying necessarily. One of my big thoughts that echoed was there's no way everybody in this room feels the same way or believes the same thing. That's what I would think. 
And I, but I'd be talking to God, my conscience, God, while I was doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I would look at the cross and I would have thoughts like lewd acts (laughs) in the back of the room or like, like I would, I would have thoughts about things that were beyond and sort of challenge, you know, like in Cool Hand Luke when he's saying, just strike me down, you know, Uh, send the lightning bolt on me now if you're there, God, come on, you know, I would, I would sort of try to test that in my mind. Um, that's such a church thing. It's such a church thing. But but the funny thing is, is that it was just, it was kind of, it was organic because there wasn't really, it wasn't like a, there wasn't the fear of the guilt being thrown at us. It didn't feel that way. It was just kind of me, my own fire. Um, and then I sort of put that away through my twenties and then woke up to, uh, my grandfather's book, our grandfather's book, which is a, uh, uh, a group of his sermons um, called For All the People is the book. Uh, Clegavit.com. You can get the book for uh, uh, his scholarship fund. It's not Clay. It's Clegg. 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 Yeah. C-L-E-G-G. And Avid. you should. And you yes. should. It, is, it should be in every library. Of anyone, it's on a spiritual, Absolutely. Con- on a yeah. journey to, to find to find truth and to find um For help. all the people. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And it what it did was, I mean, I'd seen that book on our shelves growing up. You know, forever, and I just always say, "Oh, there's there's our grandfather. He's right. interesting looking guy." But why would I ever look at that book? And then started reading it, and he mentioned Gandhi and Martin Luther King, and like I was like, "Okay, what's this?" And so I read Gandhi's autobiography, and then I was like, "Well, who's this Tolstoy guy?" You know, because I don't know if you know anything about Tolstoy's journey, but when Tolst- Leo Tolstoy, around fifty years old, went on this Christian journey, a new brand of Christianity from his point perspective, based on uh, the Sermon on the Mount, based on Jesus' word, what Jesus said, not the Bible necessarily. So I saw there were a lot of connections to Tolstoy, to Gandhi, to my grandfather, and what was going on. And I was like, hmm, you know, so that slight bit of um, rebellion that I had felt against Christianity or or whatever it was that I was rebelling against, uh, so well, let me reconsider this. And Reading Tolstoy's explanations led me to some other folks. And Seth and I talked about this, this whole journey. We were just always, like, bouncing and talking and reading similar things. like, uh, And seeing a, a Christianity from a new perspective that was much more um, – what's the word, Seth? Much more – I mean, I want to say liberating, but that's – it's hard to not put down the other way. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. So I feel yeah, your hesitancy, yeah. but I think I yeah. know what you're saying. But I'm a little bit open, more open, more open I guess. And, Let's uh, say airy. Yeah, yeah, it was airy. It was aerated. <laughs> um, but so that that definitely got me on a path where was my mind was more open. What What was his feeling? Well, he was definitely damaged or affected by, you know, the Russian Catholic, the Church. Right, and you know the politics and stuff that Which were going on. Capital C church. It's like that's a big. I guess so. I don't. System. You know, I just what I understood was there were problems, and he was saying, "Wait a second. This is the same thing as Lutherism." Lutheran. I, I guess so. It's the idea that the church get gets to a certain extent, then you're always going to have people that dissent, that right. break away from it, and go like, "I think we're getting away from." Jesus. So, right. did he have like a take on like the miracles and stuff? Was was he like, "Oh, that's not the point." Sort I mean, of. He's just going yeah, sort of. The Sermon on the Mount is not a very mystical speech. No, it's just no, like, no, no, no. Hey, we're all one, basically. We're all the same. More or less, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was. He became a pacifist, like completely. Interesting. You know? Yeah. And so, it, I guess him and Gandhi wrote letters. Is that right, or did? Uh, 
Really? Was that? God, he might have been too young. I think so. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. But it was, it was incredible. And so Gandhi speaks on Tolstoy, saying, "You know, I never considered Christianity until I read Tolstoy's book, The Kingdom of God Is Within You." And that was the book that sort of opened By him way, to Christianity. It's huge. I think about the. Can I share? And that's the basis of all of it. The, the kingdom yeah. of God is within you. Yes. God is within you. It's not this, you know, he broke down that mystical it. thing. And I don't need a middleman. It, more or less the same sort of thing. So yeah. that was just sort of giving me the okay. Now, we grew up in a Methodist discipline or whatever, and that's not a, that was, we were always told, we're not taking these things literal. Right. These are these are these can be metaphors. My grandfather used to always say, "This is a not a history book; it's a book of faith." Is that right? Yeah. So, so they were open to the idea of metaphor. Yes. That's yes. I feel like that's pretty groovy. It's very different than than you know how it's sold. Fundamentalist, fundamentalist. Yeah. Direction. yeah. Is that where you guys are now? Are you hip? To so it? well, I go to church. I take my family to church, and uh, um, do you believe? <laughs> well, I think a, a lot of it hinges on who's preaching, who's speaking. Yeah. And that matters because to me that that preaching well, is such sideways. an art. It yeah, can go crazy. People can use those things for their own agenda. And right. I trust when I trust the sermon. I can tell. Yeah, it's just like a stand up right. or a song. You can smell it's it when it's like you, okay. You wouldn't just go to a comedy club for comedy night. You want to know who's performing. Yeah, and the pastor. Like sometimes um, there's that beautiful line in. Um, in your song, which I'm forgetting the name of, we were just talking about it. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. The song, love for the songs they sing in the church, right? Mm-hmm. And the music. Sometimes I think about church. I'm like, yeah, be thou my vision, sure, amazing grace, right mm-hmm. on. But if the pastor gets up and starts talking about it bends it his way yes, or her way a little why bit, why am I listening to someone speaking from the ego level about their agenda, their politics, or our culture? That's really, really crazy. That's like, when that's your what goes it gets inside your body. Seth, where, like, where you go? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you had a, a groovier than I thought, meaning someone's open, like maybe this isn't literally true, but we're trying to touch something that's difficult to touch with words. That's how you were raised. Am I hearing that? We were getting correctly? that. We were getting bits of that. Yeah. And then the kingdom of God is within you. My favorite Bible verse of all time, I think would be, um, the kingdom of heaven won't come by expectation. You won't say, see here, see there. The kingdom of heaven is among us, but men do not see it, which is not how I was raised. I was raised evangelical. The idea is heaven is somewhere else, sometime else when you die. And the idea of eternity being a state of timelessness here and now, and the idea that there's a veil between us and the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven blocking us right now, robbing us right now. I also, the verse that, something that Jesus said is... You went to, you went to school for this though, right? Like you were, I did, yeah. but I learned this stuff later. Yeah. But I mean, you have a deep, like... I did. I like, thought I was going to be a youth pastor. Yeah. Ours was less theological. Ours I was more that. like... like community. Or what? A, a community yeah. gathering. And yeah. A, so you have you don't have like a hardness towards it. It was it was a good thing. It was just... We, I guess we were diverted from the hardness. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, we'll take I, it easy with that. With I those. made peace with my, with, my, <laughs> with my totem pole, with my hardness. But uh, anyway, so the idea of the kingdom of heaven being something that you can connect with and merge with that resides within you is something that you feel now. Yes. The quote <laughs> that I was going to say, because I'd love to know what you guys <laughs> think. It's one of these verses that I'm like, people just don't seem to remember this. But <clears throat> it's actually on the first page of Be Here Now. It says, lest ye be converted and become again like little children, ye shall not see the kingdom of heaven. And I'm like, 
where, when did we lose that? Mm-hmm. That level of openness of a child, like a young mm-hmm. child, where everything's coming in and everything's flowing out, where, you know, where you're not... I was actually trying to do it where the guy's checking his phone. I'm like, be open, be free like a child. It's here in the car. It's not when I get to the podcast, then I'll be happy. Be here with this guy who looks like old Al Pacino and love him. So anyway, I'm talking a lot. <laughs> Are you hip to that stuff, to the idea... Is that your belief? Tell me, tell me what of that you agree with. Um, what your brother said. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much all of it. I, I, um, I have, uh, I have uh, not attended church much in recent years. Um, part of that out of convenience, part of it out of laziness. Uh, I do feel like I'm on a spiritual journey. Anyway, I do read what I can, and, and I, I, I look for it anywhere. We'll take it from anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I feel like there's a lot. It's you know the meditation book that you know, Scott Scott mentioned before is is useful. I think the Bible Bible is useful. I think um, the Quran is useful. I, I uh, I'll take it from from uh, Martin Luther King. I'll take it from Andy Griffith. You know, like I'll just uh, I, I I'm truth in all its forms. So good. Yeah, I just I and I you know. Wait, is there a specific Andy Griffith thing? That's just the whole thing. Just like your show. Just the whole thing. They're similar. Just the quality. Oh, that's beautiful. Andy Griffith and Crashing are very similar. <laughs> oh, I'm so honored. I'm telling you, man. There's no doubt. But I, I've, but the I, journey is the journey, and the metaphor is the yeah, metaphor. I, I mean, I can say, the only thing I can say for certain for myself is that I've never felt completely alone. Mm. I've never felt, um, I've never felt in my heart, in my soul, that I am not in God's company. Mm. And and the only the only thing that I have that I take major issue with are the um you know are, are religious directions re- religious establishments that that are that are very clear in in their judgment mm-hmm. in their you know uh, and it's just it's it's absurd and and, and incredibly um uh hypocritical but the, the to say that you know it's it's not right to judge but for there to be a great a, a gigantic statement of, you know, this is the criteria. Mass judgment. And, and you're, you know, like, if it's you don't... See, my, my thought is, it, it's, you know, it's hard for me to say... I, I don't know if, if Jesus was God's only son. I don't know that. I, I don't know if that's the case or not. I'm definitely not going to say he wasn't, you know. Um, I, I'm not going to say that I feel for sure that, that, he, that he is. I feel like he... I feel like Jesus is a way to God. Right. And I don't... I I don't I couldn't I, I couldn't sit here and, and say that I have an answer and tell you that he's the only way for for me that 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 is beyond my my comfort level to say that I have that knowledge. Can I tell tell you something because I feel like we're in a similar boat? Have you ever heard someone talk about how sometimes Jesus is speaking as Jesus and sometimes he's speaking as the Christ? Mm. Is that is that an idea that's been floated past you? So the Christ is, and this is Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr is amazing. If you don't know Richard Rohr. The book Falling Upward is blow your pants off. It's incredible. But Richard Rory is like, the Christ is what happened when the Big Bang occurred. Isness is the Christ. Everything that is, is Christ. And Jesus Christ, obviously not his last name, it's Jesus Christ, meaning he's merged. You talk about never being alone. This guy is saturated in everything and feels everything and sees himself and everyone and all that sort of stuff. The, you know, the camera's pointing at the TV showing what the camera's shooting. It's just infinity. He's found a way to tap into it. 
So when he says, I'm the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, he's speaking as the Christ. And the Christ being this thing that potentially, let's just speak as an experiment, maybe Buddha was there as well. Maybe uh, Gandhi was dipping into that space as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe when you're writing No Hard Feelings or Murder in the City, you're dipping in. Like you get it's a taste. This, it's a taste. That's exactly what I'm saying. I let, Val and I say dipped in. Like, Val, I'm real dipped in today. I heard a song that made me cry. I saw a kid. I was walking down the... I was walking down the aisle to the plane today. I saw this kid, and we just locked eyes, and I was like, "There's Jesus." I go, "There's Jesus," and he held up one finger, and I go, "He." And to me, I'm like, "That's all one." We're all, I, I'm not saying the kid was literally saying we're all one, but that was a message to me. And suddenly, I'm edified, and I feel that's like beautiful. So obviously, talk about the West. We turned it into a club. Jesus said it, right, right, black and white, right. or red, if you had one of those Bibles. No one comes except through me. And we go, well, it's either his way or annihilation. But the loving, open, true beings throughout the history of the world. Right. Cle clear, so clearly that is present in Buddhism. That's what I'm saying. Clearly Absolutely. that's present in, in Islam. Clearly. And yeah. those beings are never saying, join me or die. They're saying the game is so much bigger and more exquisite and so much more gorgeous than that. But the human ego wants to turn it into something. We want to know and we want to know that we know and we want to be in and we want to know that we're in. Right. And then you I mean you, you can't and then you can't blame, you know, after the crusades, you couldn't blame somebody for being like I'm not going to be a Christian. Right. They're they're murderers. Bad PR. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so like <laughs> there there are much lesser versions of that now for all of the major religions where it's like well, if that's per that person's the example, there's no way I'm that. Right. You know, because I, I love people. I don't want to go around murdering people to make them say, you know, to make that's them right. repeat the prayer that, that I've got. Right. I'm not going to be like them. Right. You know? Have you read any Rob Bell? Mm -mm. Oh, you got, I'm going to hook you guys up with some Rob Bell. So he wrote this book called Love Wins. It's about heaven mm -hmm. and hell. Okay, I've seen that. And it's, 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 it changed my life. Changed my life. And um, there's a part where he goes, when people say you have to believe in Jesus, it's so funny. The book is funny. He goes, which Jesus? Some people murder in the name of Jesus. Some people rape in right. the name of Jesus, like family abuse that is shrouded in the idea that it's holy in some way. Obviously, that happens in the church. It also just happens in families. It's like, I completely understand if you were violated mm -hmm. in any way by someone Jesus, yeah. flying the flag of Jesus. Of course you'd say fuck that shit. Right. Yeah. You have psychological ties to it. And does that mean God doesn't want you anymore? There, there's not another way for you to connect? Is his love so limited? You know what I'm saying? I tell you what's crazy is that we, we have figured it out here and we don't even have any beer. We're not even drinking. Right here, we have the answers. <laughs> and not one of us has had a sip of beer. I mean, I, I don't know. Scott, maybe Scott's had some beer. I've not had beer this morning. Scott had a couple beers this morning. beer until about 10. But. It is interesting because obviously we don't, we don't have it figured out well, the conversation is what is really what's valuable and and a, and a yes. you know a desire to 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 know god a desire to know ourselves and and we you know we know when we're on the, the a path of improvement and we we know when when we're when we're turning our backs towards towards love and towards god we know that you know on easter sunday this year we took our kids we went to church and our preacher said you're being asked to believe that someone came out of the grave that this physically, this thing, 
that happened. You're being asked, and in some in some realm, like a lot of realms, we're talking about, you're being expected to believe that. Yeah. So don't dare question that. And he was saying, if you're struggling with that in your heart today, that's that's the best thing. That 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 is it. That's it. Yeah. That struggle. That struggle to believe this thing that is like what? If you weren't struggling, going, nah, never happened. Or right. definitely happened. You said so. Okay. Right. Either one of those. It's like, how'd you get there? Right. You know. And now, are you there? Because if you think you're there, you're completely off base. You're that's the, the opposite of being the child. That's, right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's well, so that's, when, just, that's yeah. just want my life to be true. Yeah. I just want my, that. That's such a that's it. Sure. And I think we're seeing a really beautiful thing where the shift is going towards, even in the churches, a spirituality that is more inclusive of doubt. In fact, Rob Bell, in one of his books, writes about having to preach on sun, on Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. and that day he just wasn't feeling it. And now everyone in this room has the luxury, you could, on this podcast if you wanted to, either one of you, could say, I don't feel it today. I read a terrible news story, mm-hmm. and I'm just feeling like we're just madder on a rock and I hate this yeah. or you'd write a song of despair or whatever it would be sure. and that would be okay my heart totally. breaks for the pastor who it's like playing NACA it's a little bit like NACA he's stuck in a different NACA and NACA is church and if he says I don't believe he loses his house because the church pays his mortgage yeah. I don't mean like gives him money for the mortgage I mean the church belongs there's, the house belongs to the church and we'll kick de- you out there's a lot of those departments in life probably yeah. right isn't that nuts? Mm. So, so you found some peace in not necessarily having all the answers, but you're. What are there any books that have changed your, besides um, for all the people that you would recommend? God, the Kingdom of God is within you. Yeah, Kingdom of God is within you is huge. I really love Mere Christianity. So good. Yeah, um, it's been a while. I haven't, I haven't read it. Yeah, well, I, I mean, wherever you go, there you are is is huge. That, yeah. that was that Rick passed that to to me. I passed it to Scott. I. I I'm always mentioning it when, whenever this topic comes up, you know, books that are, that are helpful. It's, it's huge. I love it. And what about death? You, I, I, it's, it's funny. Sometimes I have authors on the show and they wrote an amazing book and then I'll just ask them like, so what is that? And they're like, I wrote a fucking book about it. Read the book. So I feel stupid right now, but I'm going to fight the impulse to not talk about it. Cause you wrote uh, that beautiful song. And No Hard Feelings addresses death in such a beautiful way. But if we could, the three of us, just have a conversation about that thing. I go up and down in the course of a day. I, I sometimes have dreams where I'm scared of, of dying or I'll wake up and I feel very raw and vulnerable. And it seems like this terrible joke. Then I have other moments where I'm just like, it's just like a wave getting sucked back mm-hmm. into the ocean. And that's addressed in the book, uh, the, book the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you guys feel right now today about death and what happens after we die or any thought you might have about that well after speaking to the young lady i did the other day i was like you know no matter how long our lives are if we live to 105 it's still just this blip (laughs) in in like infinity yeah you know it's just it's so tiny and uh I just was envisioning and imagining the surrender of, uh, you know, just laying down in the woods and dying away, you know? Mm. And I was, uh, this isn't going to answer the question, but I was just trying trying to imagine it and uh, the letting go of it all. And 
It's not something I want to do, but it's it felt at 41, it felt doable. Isn't that interesting? Not at 35, it just didn't feel even plausible or even even it wouldn't even accept that. But like I'm like okay, doable. Well, talk about the. I don't have a choice. It's going to be done, right? But, <laughs> but how are you going to do it? Oh, I don't know that. No, I know, but I mean, like that's what we're grappling with. Yeah, it's like how can we love our wives and our families so much? And also know, as Buddha said, everything's on fire. Like Ramdas also said, what a strange thing to get attached to something. That, it's like ice. We're just ice, and it's just sort of melting. Mm-hmm. So you have to find a way to love without clinging, to like honor life, but not. Well, that, isn't that what what God does for us? Isn't that what like knowing that we're in the hands of of eternity? Yeah. After that, there's a life that we. We go to. Well, I'll tell you something that I think I haven't said this on the podcast yet. I, it, I say it a lot lately. I'm like, we have to trust God when we die, so we might as well practice now. Oh, we're alive. <laughs> That's what. Because my talk- wife was flying to Italy, and I, I, you have the terrible thoughts. You're like, oh, what if something happens and the baby and all these things? And you're like, I'm going to die. That's a yeah. huge leap of trust. So let's practice now. That was one of the Tolstoy <laughs> you know, like, quotes. Was all- like, it, even if you're wrong. What would be so wrong with with living life, having faith in a good thing, yeah, <laughs> like and being good to to honor that? Like, yeah, what would be wrong with that? <laughs> I mean, I, it would. It could be a beautiful thing. It, well, it has to be. You know, it has to. Be. I mean, it it is no matter how we view it. Um, <laughs> I'll see you, Scott. Um, two things, two things come to mind when you when you ask that question. And I've forgotten both of them. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, momentarily, I did. But one one of them is that uh, is that I I, I it, it's hard for me to accept. Like right now, you're asking me how I feel about it. Right now, I feel like right now, you know, I'm 37 years old. I have a three year old son. I'm in love. The band is kicking. The world is beautiful. It's really hard for me to to get there. Like to to really understand it. Like we're in a sunlit room right now mics are up sessions going like it's it's i'm alive you know yeah yeah. i think um i mean beyond my just my sadness to think about if i had to stop right now um i think that we talk about it a lot scott and i talk about it a lot uh it's on my mind a lot i listen to to music that that mentions it a lot so I, i i'm i'm hoping that i'm becoming more primed and and that if you know the 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 book that I've written for myself where I don't die until I'm after ninety years old, that uh, that I'll be ready by then because I've thought about it enough and because I've processed losing so many. You know, like you don't talk to a ninety year old person; they don't sound like us when, when they talk about death. I they don't. Yeah. They don't. The, none, none of. I've never like any any person of any respectable age <clears throat> I've, I've ever talked to. They they don't talk about it uh, in this in this super sad philosophical way, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a more, it's a concrete reality because they have processed it so much. They've lost so many people. Like I can, I mean, in my mind now thinking about people that have died, I mean, I can kind of count them out. People that I've been close to that have died, you know, when you're 90 years old, you probably can't can't remember all of them. There's been so many, you know? Um, but so that, so those are my thoughts about this, this very moment. But, um, in that book, 
uh, Hopefully by the time we're old, we have a different perspective. And, and I mean, there's no stopping that. But the Wherever You Go, There You Are book, uh, it's, you know, one of its things about, uh, you know, in regards to meditation uh, or, or in regards to just taking a moment, uh, it says to each day take a few moments and purposefully die. So, so you just take, you take this moment to allow it to be okay because you will. And, and when you do your entire agenda will instantly disappear and everything will be fine. All of the things you own will, will get, you know, measured out, given out, given out to, to whoever needs them or whoever, you know, is, is entitled to them or whatever. Um, that will happen. And it's, and it's, and if you can do that successfully, uh, it really, it really puts you in a better frame of mind for for living well uh, on that day when you are alive. Hmm. You know? Yeah, I think that that's key. Is you're both saying that there there's a preparation. I think that is one of the beauties of getting mm-hmm. to live a longer life is that you have. Right. There's a, a saying in Taoism: um, "He who finds his way in the morning can gladly go in the evening." Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, please, just give me the grace to live long enough. That's right. why all this talking. Right. Maybe when I was young, it just sort of felt like jerking off. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I actually think that's why I call death the engine. There's something about it. It's like a riddle. It's like we need to figure out how can you find beauty in something that's so inevitable and cold. See the the, the ninety year old, you know, with all the perspective. That's the fairy tale version. You know, yeah. it's it's the person who's lost a child right. or lost their spouse. Like, you know, those are the people that you need to ask about death because right. like r- right now, again, like where I am right now and what I feel like right now, it just doesn't even seem that real, you right. know? which is, which is preposterous. Well, I mean, it's was, always real. It's always right. in us and part of us and all around us and happening right outside that window with those leaves. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's still, um, it's still far away. I, I still have successfully put it Had down it. so far. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I, again, I, I feel like I, I think about it a lot and talk about it a lot and it's still is relatively abstract. Right. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Well, we were talking off mic that Scott, it was cut out of the movie, but I saw an early cut where Scott said, isn't it weird that my, my child will die one day? He'll, he'll be dead one day. And I was like, that, that is kind of the burden of the artist. I feel like that's, those are the type of thoughts we're sort of paid to kick up. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? It is. <laughs> I, I had a joke about my in-laws where, I, it's before I was married, was I was like, why? Why am I going to be fi- friends with my father-in-law? I fuck your daughter. Like it's like this idea. Like you're supposed to say the thing yeah. that you're not supposed. to. We're going to go fishing. I go down on your daughter. Like I think that's a very funny. Yeah, you're supposed to go there. And there's something. <laughs> fishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you say edit that out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just like all of these examples are just uh, yeah. Like these are each things that like I would I would not put on a podcast if I would, if I had a podcast I'd be like man I'd be afraid my father in law is going to hear oh, this. That's so funny. <laughs> well, we were, I was saying how embarrassing music is to me. Like if I was to try and put myself on paper in that vulnerable raw way, and Scott and I were talking about how I've become callous and used to saying things where it's almost expected. It's a, it's an outfit that we it's a disguise. Mm-hmm. I'm not a comedian, but I can dress up like a comedian and act like a comedian, and then you get away with things like You're that. You're saying that? You, that's You're what say, I'm saying. Yeah. And you guys aren't musicians. You are, but you get to put on the musician things, and then I culturally give you permission to sing yeah. the songs that you sing and bring up the difficult things that you sing. And that's why I was saying you can put the death cactus on the table, but, you know, a birthday clown does that, and he's fired. But you can do it, and, mm-hmm. we, and, right, we, right. and we love it. Yeah, it's interesting. But, I know, again, I know it's in the song, but what are your thoughts on an afterlife? Anything, anything cooking there? See, this is where I, I think 
the 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 benefits to and you say organized religion that's such a like everybody's like oh organized religion is responsible for so much death and destruction right, right. but theology and religion and the order of things if there is there's got to be something there's something that happens <laughs> there's yeah. something that happens you mean no big black nothing I, I I believe there's no big black nothing. I, I believe there's not there's something. I'm just including that the big black nothing is something as well. Something happens, and that right. but but I, yeah, as far as saying yeah that there's no, it feels like that there's an energy here, and that yeah, it's, it's the energy goes goes somewhere, goes somewhere and to, does something. To me, like the the it, it's it's almost laughable to even talk about it as humans because I feel like it's like <laughs> asking a bumblebee to like you know pull up pro tools and like run this session, like set up the microphones or, 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 or explain how, you know, whatever, how the computer itself works. That's or, or my it, favorite it, is dogs it, trying to understand the internet. Yeah. It's the, like, yeah. but it's, it's fun. Uh, so let's, but, but let's, dogs understand the internet is a lot closer to uh, than whatever we're going to say about what happens after we die. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's but sure. let's not, that's not where the know-it-all hats. Let's wear the beginning mind you know, with respect that we don't know what we're talking about hats. What is the story you tell yourself? I like to think that this life makes as much sense as an afterlife. Like that this, that this existence sort of suggests other existences. Um, because I don't really see evidence of nothing as much as I see a, a universe that recycles and regenerates. Right. So a great answer. When they asked Buddha what happens when you die, he said, what business is, is that of yours? That's a great answer. Also, it's fun to talk to you guys. So without the burden of authority, you're dying. We're 90 now. The three of us are 90, and we got together for an anniversary of this podcast. <laughs> I love it. And we're going to die. And, and, just like, <laughs> and we're going to die. And <laughs> as an aside. It's just like, what, what? because we are limited, and we have to try and put a, a framework over something so vast and mysterious... You're you're going and you think you might be somewhere else. Do you think it might be reincarnation? Do you think it might be okay. another dimension? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I mean, I think it's heaven. Heaven and hell? Uh, well, <laughs> I don't, I mean, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I've always had a way, I've always had a, a way of, like, I can define whatever state I'm in as success. Whatever position I find myself, I go, okay, I got to figure out how... To to make this success, and I think it depends on what how how people define heaven. But I, I mean, I could say, yeah, reincarnation sounds like what if that happens? Does that mean it's not heaven? Right. That, that's. But I think that it's heaven. Whatever it is, is it's heaven, and that's heaven is the catch-all term for what happens for what happens after. As far as hell, I think that true evil, like true evil, like like you know Hitler's things and. That that type of thing that's pretty rare, you know, pretty rare. Yeah, uh, I think there's probably a consequence for that. Right, but that's true evil, and I think that's really super, super rare. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean now now we're getting even out of my pay grade, where I'm just like, yeah, it's too heavy. But to, but, but, <laughs> but what, I guess what I'm getting at is when people say when people say, well, you're going to heaven, and then someone says, well. I kind of believe in reincarnation. They say, "Well, no, not reincarnation." I'm think that's where I'm thinking. Wait a second, how heaven and the description? Why would that not be reincarnation? Right. 
possibly it is. Like the Bible suggests reincarnation. That's what I mean. That's what I'm. I feel like there's. That's a great guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great guess. I I really just like to trust that God will take care of it. Yeah, I like that. I think that's probably where we're going to land. Is that it's it's going to be an interesting toss and don't be an asshole. Well, you li- li- yeah, that's totally <laughs> don't like, be an like, asshole. Like, don't be an asshole. And, let God uh, take care and of it. trust. I think life is a it's a it's a concept that we just we just don't really understand. Like to to measure the energy of what makes us alive is not some, it's not measurable. We we don't have a way of doing that. If we did, we we would be able to create it. You yeah. know, we can't create it. We can't we can't we can't earn. even fully understand it. Right. Yeah. Well, so like to to say. You know, like whatever this, you know, this this bottle of water weighs this much, or there's there there, however many lumens of light are coming out of these light bulbs. We can do that, but we can't. We don't really have a way of measuring what life is or what you know, what consciousness. Yeah, and what yeah, like the the energy that 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 makes me be able to move my hands like this. Yeah, uh, you know, does it have physical properties that make it go somewhere else into into the, when when I die into the baby that's being born? Or into some celestial place that has no, no time, you know, or, space. time or space or, yeah. or name, M- maybe. But we, we, I mean, we really don't understand what it is that makes us animated. You know, <laughs> right? I trip out on that. Basic isness, isness is fucking trippy, and no we no. should all be thinking about it more. <sighs> is that like, because we are, and we use our isness to study ourselves. It's sort of like the needle never pricks itself. Or the, the flashlight never shines on itself. But like we're trying, so we're a part of it, studying it. But because we're a part of it, we're limited because we're within it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's like Mario in Super Mario Brothers studying World 1-1. Like he can only get so far because he's made out of the same pixels as the blue sky and the mushroom and the bricks. Right. Just, just, I just want to say, when you said Mario, we knew you meant Mario. <laughs> Yeah, there's only one Mario Mario Brothers. We're all about the same age. You know, we think you meant Andretti. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you think about the idea that isness, either spontaneously, which is what uh, our scientists said, the Big Bang is the spontaneous, there was a point of mass, impossibly heavy and dense, that expanded, or God, or whatever. I don't see much of a difference there except vocabulary. Right. Still, there was... There is the idea of something, isness, that always was. Mm-hmm. That's fucking trippy. And mm-hmm. I call that God, and that's a mystery. But man, have you taken a moment today to just be reverent at the idea that there was a, there is a thing that's slicing and splitting and multiplying and, and it's infinite and then we're floating in it? That's the only thing we should do to each other is just ask each other to take just a remind. moment and just but that think time about of breathing it. Just think about it. Yeah. I don't mean to just butter your bread this whole interview. I, I thanked Scott before you got here. I'm just like, sincerely, so so much thanks oh, from man. my heart for what you guys do. Our pleasure. Because when you're there, yes, there are guys chugging beer and screaming I'm the glad. wrong things. It's great, though. That's fine, too. It's great. But you also get people singing and feeling in unison very important things. It's happening right now to you is an important. You guys have a lot of death in your in your music, mm-hmm. and 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 love in your music, and truth in your music. And when I'm when I'm trying to do this podcast, is remind us all, remind myself to take that, have that reverence. And it's happening when you guys play, and it feels intentional. And I know it can't be fully intentional because I think you guys are just doing what you do mm. in the ways that clocks tell time and rivers run downstream and you guys write your songs. 
But as someone who goes in the audience, you're like, this is reverence. This is church. It feels, it can feel like church. Mm. It's really beautiful. Thank you, Pete. Yeah. Nothing, nothing stops things like a good compliment. They're hard to take. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Remember that, you know, it gives an insult. We'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, you know why? Because me calling it out, you guys probably know subconsciously or otherwise that that's probably the enemy of you writing the next great song. Like, forget what I'm saying. Yeah. And right. just, and get back to that thoughtless place. Right. Well, yeah, right I mean, we, you know, we've been told before that it feels, that it feels like church and we, we, we try to process that in the, you know, the most healthy way we can. I mean, we, the, the things that we got out of church that we really, that we really liked and still like, um, is, is that it is a, a gathering of people and it's a, it's a kind place. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, luckily we went up we we grew up going to a church where there it was welcoming there wasn't any no you can't be here because of this or that right it was uh, it was welcoming and we it would be nice and we we try to to foster the same kind of environment at our shows we want everybody to come and and uh enjoy and and let's be together and let's celebrate it's it's a beautiful thing it do you do successfully merge into one thing it becomes an ava brothers show yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. The audience becomes—I'm sure looking out—it yeah. becomes an audience, yep. and that's Agreed. a beautiful feeling. It is to go. We're one thing. Yeah, I came as Pete. I yeah. took my car. I parked. I walked over here. I bought a knockoff T-shirt. And now I'm just kidding. And now sure. I'm here. Well, yeah, I would too. I'm just kidding. I didn't. <laughs> and then you're—and then you're one thing. Um, well, let, let you've been talking for a very long time. Let the last thing I like to do is, is just like a little speed round, mm-hmm. if I could. You don't have to be quick, but you can be. Just the greatest lesson. I wrote some down. I want to make sure I get them all. But um, the greatest lesson you guys have learned. Let's start with collaborating. How about collaborating? The the greatest lesson we've the, learned while collaborating together? Sometimes greatest is too much pressure. What's a great lesson that you've learned? Something you wish you knew when you started or something that you figured out with all the collaborating you've done? First thing that comes to mind is that when I hand it over to Scott, when I, when I think, when, I, when I'm under the illusion that I have control of something... Uh, and hand it over to Scott. Uh, I, I am I am more artistically satisfied than I than I previously thought I would be. Mm. Like I, I I can be artistically like my outlets can be can be um, uh, exercised by, by him. Yeah, yeah, by him doing something. That's fucking a beautiful. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it doesn't have to be. Your no. molecules, right? And, and at the beginning, <laughs> like at the beginning, it was more like let's figure out how to. You know, it's it's always even, and that like, in the grand scheme of things, when we get to the end of our of our collaborative work, it, it will be even. So we don't have to do that like every time we meet, you know. Right. But um, you know, when, when we do meet and, and work on songs, we do go back and forth. We've never talked about that. We just that's just what we do. But it, and it feels really good like that. But like in terms of you know doing a late night TV performance or going to the studio and working on something, and uh, you know Scott's been really selfless, and I've learned from him about how to be selfless in in artistic situations. Um. But uh, but yeah, that 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 I can be artistically really happy just just kind of by by handing it over and and being a support. That's incredible. And the the artists that I know that mature, they they have similar feelings that they right, start to totally. see who can I filmmakers, playwrights, whatever it is, who can I merge with and watch them. It must be like having children. Yeah, I had and I had a, a major realization. I'm not going to mention who this was because it's a, a well known. Uh, performer, but I had a conversation with this person, and they 
we had a moment between us where they they were describing something about their collaboration and they they were they were angry because um these other these other people in the band were getting as much credit as them and they were writing the songs and i and i i was just you know it was like a like a social kind of evening and having wine and whatnot and like my my response my um kind of lightning response was just well, who, who cares? Who cares? You know. Who cares? And, then, and after I said it, I was like, "Oh God, that's not, it's not like that for everybody." You know what I mean? Like that's not the so case. That's I not... feel like you're the saint of the beautiful. Who cares? That's the power of Seth. Play the windpipes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a healthy who cares. I know, but I was like, but like, and it was it was I mean, wrong of me to think that she like you know that, that she was in a situation where that was that was different. It was like. You know, there was, I, I don't know anything about the situation that, that, that she was in and, and right. uh, the collaboration, made, it was poisoned by something basically. Right, right. And, um, but, but it, it highlighted that I don't have to think about that. And, that, and that's one of the things I take for granted. But like, right. like if someone thinks that like, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Right. Like, surrender. Like, right. It just, yeah, it just doesn't matter. beautiful surrender. Right. Like, and at some point, I mean, especially if you are making a living, especially if you're making a good living, like at some point you do have to say like, well, just how much credit do I need? Really? Yeah, you know, it doesn't like, always have to be your moment. It does. At what doesn't. price credit? Like, right. what are you sacrificing right. for that little rice pudding? See, dish? and I mean, I'm aware. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I know that by me saying this right now, like it sounds like a, a thing that someone would say, and people would be like, "Oh, like that's look how good of a person they are that they're saying that." You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's it, like the concept is um, is kind of divorced from the the actual doing of it and talking about it. Sort of defeats the purpose in, in a way, but uh, but it's true. Like, if you can surrender. You know, of course, you want your moment, and that's never really, probably, ever going to go away unless you are like Gandhi or Jesus, and you and you right. do reach a certain level of right. of understanding. But well, I've gone on talking a little more than I thought. No, <laughs> I, I thought that was great, <laughs> and I, I, you know, it's tricky to talk about these things because you do catch yourself sound like, oh no, I hope that doesn't sound like I'm putting that person down. But there, we know our higher self, right? Mm-hmm. And we get caught in our own drama. And there's a really nice remind. All I'm hearing is a reminder that we all have the potential to go. What, what are we talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we got lost in our own story. Yeah. And let's just surrender a little bit. Let me just throw this out there. Working on songs for the new record right now. There's one that Scott wrote that just, it means so much to me. And when we, we demoed it in my studio, and where it's at now, Scott's singing it top to bottom. But I was so taken with the song that I just I just needed to sing it, so I, I did a piano version of it. I recorded it like four times. I spent like a couple months on this thing, just just like just exploring it because I love it so much. Yeah. And then the demo that we sort of landed on, I'm singing the lead vocals top to bottom. And then in the studio, I, I did the vocals, and then it made sense for Scott to do the vocals, and he did them, and it's incredible. But like, j- just like so, let's say that 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 goes on like we think it will. That that song makes its way. You know, it sees the light of day at some point on a record or, or whatever, and Scott's voice will be the one that's heard, and he's the one that wrote the song. But I, I got what I needed really out of just getting to to do it in my studio and yeah. work on it. And like he was open to me just taking it wherever I wanted to, and and really would probably still be open to me singing if 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 I needed to. But like he showed me like major selflessness mm-hmm. throughout the process of 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 song finishing, basically of like mm. getting it to where it is now. And, and 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 through that process, it became, it became uh, kind of uh, a, a moot point. Kind of, it doesn't really matter. Like whether or not God's a man or a woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was talking about it. <laughs> it became unimportant. It, it, but it in, takes in a, way, a certain like, grace and a certain selflessness to go right. like some people. But it gets in the way. Yeah. It gets in the way of the art, and that's bigger than both of you to go right. like. But I 
I wrote that. But, I want, right. but for Scott to be fluid enough to go like, yeah, I want... It's something Mark Duplass said to me. It's like, if someone can do it better, I have to do this on, on the TV show. Right. If someone can make this scene better, people ask me, why don't you direct? I'm like, because Gillian can direct this better than me. Mm. So let her do it. You know what I mean? Like, right. But you could. Yeah, you could. But she's doing it better than I would. And, and so you guys are safe to play in that space. Yeah, we're you know? way better at that than we used to be. Yeah. How so, about you, Scott? Anything left out on the... Oh, that's all. No, that covers it all. I mean, those are the those are the good parts about collaborating. Like, that's it. This, the, you're, you're able to be selfless because you sort of got your other self over there yeah. with the two of us. And it's, if you get to have someone like that, they don't have to be your brother, but if you have somebody you really trust, like, that's... I mean that's gold. That's that's yeah. the, that's the way. Not for other people because you know we you know we talk about our society and how we want like a product. But like if you want to write a song, finish a song, it's really helpful to be like I'm up against the wall. I, I got hit. I hit a wall yeah, with this yeah, idea. I yeah. can't take it further. I trust you and just give give it to them. And, and then it's just like man. That then it beca- no no matter what happens, it'll something will happen to it that you that never would have if you if you held on to it and, right. and, and tried to keep it just to yourself. You know the again. I, Sorry to keep bringing up my life. I'm just so familiar with it. Is the you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is with Jed and having someone that you go like. It's it's easy to mm-hmm. trust Jed because he's Jed, but you're just like, oh, I don't know. And then he you call him up and he's you're all burnt out and you get him in a in a happy mood and, and he just fixes a 15 minute conversation and the script takes a complete turn and you're just like, ah, oh, that's that's when it's sweet. But if you have somebody that you can trust. So look, look for someone, and that's him doing that is like, that's kind of what we all we've we've developed our abilities to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if Seth sends a song over and it's just that much, like I can't finish my own songs to save my life. <laughs> but Seth could send me one, and I'm like, oh, here's a bridge, bam. Yeah, and then it's done. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I just really finish it. But if I have my own song like that, I'm just like I can't get through it. I can't get through it, and it's just like that. So that's, that's so a great. Cool. I mean, that's something we but. Once again, like we've learned the, these things over time, you know. It's, you had to check your ego, and that I have to imagine there were points still where to. you weren't good at as good yeah. at it. Not long ago, but even watching you with this—is it called the sweater song? I wish, uh, I, wish I, I was that Weezer song. Oh, is, I, wish I wish I was. I just watched them playing that on Conan in 1994, like yesterday morning. No way. Yeah, and then you're you're, you're that's so it. fun. There's Jesus right there. Uh, well, I you know I I believe in Jesus because sometimes when I do my laundry, I dump it out and two matching socks are together. So I <laughs> I find a, him in yeah, less. There's a lot. Yeah, I find him <laughs> in a lot less. Val and I always sex each other serendipities, and we're like, that's fucking crazy. But yeah. some of them are. And some yeah. of them are. It, I mean, they all are. They all, man. But you, you know, at this point, you've you've you probably got three or four that you're just like. We have some amazing yeah, ones, yeah. some truly. I'm working on a joke right now called "Everything's a Miracle," and I'm like, every explanation I've ever been heard sounds like something that you would say to get people confused so that stop asking questions. Like the fact that you can hear me right now. Have you ever looked into like how the ear works? There's like a crystal in there, and there's some water, there's like, <laughs> a sound wave. Like that just sounds like some shit yeah. you would make up to oh, be like, yeah, yeah. how do you hear? Mm. Like, have you ever had earphones on and go like, there's a phenomenon? occurring in my consciousness right now like that's here and i hear it no one else hears it that's a fucking trip and we all forget and watching my wife's belly get bigger and bigger that's a miracle it's a miracle it's a miracle a cell was one thing 
And then it became two things. That's a miracle. It is. And, and we go, no, it's not. It's called cell reproduction. And I'm like, you're boring. <laughs> and I'm glad we you know how to do it because we can uh, heal disease and all this stuff. But it is. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so much more exciting and juicy than, I don't know. The, we could go on about that for a long right. time. What about showbiz? What's a great lesson you've learned about showbiz? It's, it's the, the other current running alongside you guys. Well, one thing comes to mind. You mind if I jump in? No, no there's no job. Uh, I, uh, I was actually talk- I was at, at, at our church this morning and, and talking to our preacher about this. I don't know how we got on this topic, but um, that showbiz doesn't just exist in L.A. and New York, basically, mm. or or Paris, or, or or where you know, like for us, for like if you're an American, you live here, you think showbiz, it's pretty much L.A. and New York, but like. What we've experienced is that it that it lives everywhere, and the same thing that worked for Charlie Chaplin, that worked for Mozart, worked for us. And I'm I'm in high cotton. Well, I'm not I'm not comparing us to them. You know, they're such great talents, <laughs> both of them. Cotton. But but they they both hammered the road. They hammered it. Is that true? Oh yeah, Mozart. That's no so doubt. funny to think of Mozart like, on a wagon or something. <laughs> into like what yeah. would have been a Holiday Inn. Just yeah. like man, hold on. I've been on the road too long. Yeah. As a kid, as a continental yeah. breakfast. As a as a kid, he was. I mean, just had, like out there, you know, riding on bumpy roads with wooden wheels and and writing letters and and missing his sister and his mom for eight months at a time. Like wow, hard, you know. So like. So it wasn't just in Vienna. He you know, he went around and like and, and he showed toured people. It. Yeah, he toured, toured yeah. it. This and is like, how I feel to. about you guys right. doing NACA. That's such yeah. a trip. Yeah. Mozart hitting the road. Yeah, so and that and that's and that's how it worked then. Like the thing is that worked then and it works now. Like it doesn't matter that YouTube got invented, it doesn't matter that movies came along, like like Chaplin was in like a like vaudeville type sort of deal, but like he he cut his teeth, he worked hard. He he went around and he built he he built on ta- talent is not enough I think we all know that but like I'm I'm just I'm yeah. just going on about show like showbiz exists in every town and and you don't you don't need permission to be a part of it I know? love it that's such a good lesson we were kind of floating around that yeah it's it's right along what we're talking about it's we, like we we were oh, I'm sorry no, I please we we were we have been rewarded for going everywhere except for L A and New York. Not to pick on LA and New York because they're wonderful and they've been good to us and we adore both of them. Um, But they, they were, they have been um, beneficial to us in, in smaller ways than West Virginia has. Secondary ways. In secondary ways. That's really fun. Yeah. And I think anything we can do to green light people to be like, well, I'm not in showbiz because I live in Kansas. It's like, fine. No way. Who cares? Yeah. You know what I was saying about plan B, C, D, E, F, G. And and then, but what I need is that for people to see or hear what I'm doing. Yeah, I always I, th- I think looking back on, it, I'm kind of like I could have been doing anything. I would have been performing. Yeah, for it if I was in an office, thing. I would have been performing. Right. If I would have worked for a construct for a construct, I would have performed every time I stepped in a business scenario. You know, like right, and right. you can see guys on, they constru- that belong in that. showbiz. Right. That, that you are, see them all the time. Right, right. you can tell it. The right, charisma right. is a real thing. Right, and they may be artists as well. You know, you yeah. can just tell it. Right, real show jerks. <laughs> yeah, show jerks. Right. 
Um, do you have anything you just add? Well, I was uh, my first. I don't know if it was just like a quick, rapid fire answer. Oh no, but it's I was, as long it was as no you big want. deal. Like, yeah. sh- like you say, would you learn about showbiz? And for me, it was always about like, like it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Bring it like, break it down and get on the stage and do your thing. Throw it away. It's no big deal. It's not like mm-hmm. this other business other than another another discipline you belong at the party you just you just yeah you belong and the the invitation is in your heart like you have to invite yourself dude that's like i belong sure i belong here yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and that helps for the performance we already talked about that but like to go on conan or kimmel or whatever it is and go i belong here yeah i'm guilty of this too i was waiting for someone to come and go you belong here Mm -hmm. but it's you behind a curtain with two union guys waiting to open it and you're just like you have to go I belong here. Yeah. And Those union guys aren't going to say it. No, they're sure not. They, <laughs> they don't care. care less. They don't care at all. If, if you ask them, they're going to say, you don't belong. Uh, yeah. 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 What are you doing? As soon as you're done, I go home. Yeah. So if you yeah. wrap up whatever it is be, you think yeah, you do. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. That's so you funny. do belong here, but not past 8 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> right. And not during 5 and 6. Not between 5, <laughs> yeah, and, six. Not between five <laughs> and 6. No one on the stage. <laughs> stage goes dark between 5 and 6. <laughs> and then you're our dad who says, I'm from North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> The what brothers? <laughs> Abbott brothers. The mm-hmm. first time you guys came up on the podcast, I was like, I just found these guys called the Abbott brothers. I got so many tweets. There was a, uh, a newspaper art- article that um, I think David Mayfield uh, brought it up to, to us, but it was a, uh, it was for a show in Ohio. And, and the, the headline was um, sometimes you just got to ave it. Sometimes you just got to ave it. And it, he was like, "What?" But they thought, it. "Yeah, sometimes have you just it. gotta have it." Yeah. So it have took us the longest time. He brought it to us. That's and I was like, so... "He's like, he's like, for four days, I've been looking at this, trying to figure this out." And he's a super clever dude. And uh, <laughs> it was very, I, I, that was very funny that it took him oh, a little while. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, what about writing, just in general? Great, great lesson you've learned about writing. We kind of touched on this, so feel free to repeat yourself. Mm. Well, Rick reminds us, and this is one that I always think about, is, is to never stop, to never like put like, okay, we're done now. Let's now let's record. Always like right up into recording, write, edit, change. So never stop and never disallow that from coming in. You know, keep the paper. flow going. Just always, always. Right. God, I said, we've got the album finished. You know, but don't stop. Yeah. Don't stop. Keep going. That's. Sorry, yeah. again, to a parallel, it's like we work so hard on these scenes in the show, and then you're in them, and you're like, doesn't feel right when no. you say that, and yeah. we just change them. Yeah. We go and get a bite, and we just change. The finale, where I break up with my girlfriend, we, we didn't even know, is she going to break up with me? Am I going to break <laughs> up with her? We, we went to a diner, and we're like, I think it would be like this, and we shoot it both ways, and that's yeah. Judd's whole thing. He's like, shoot it both ways. Yeah. And there, there was a scene in... Um, your movie that was again i saw a longer cut where rick actually correct me if i'm wrong but i felt like you were singing no hard feelings an octave lower and he was like he notched it It was up. actually just uh like two like a step a full step mm. a step was, lower. Yeah, a step or a half a step yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was it was my it was a, a a subtle change right but it but it yeah it he just it. tightened that screw just like a yeah, tiny, tiny bit. he just took it the extra yeah. and me and josh church watched that and he was like that reminds me of what judd does i come absolutely. in absolutely and I go, my wife left me. And he goes, well, what if it's like this? <laughs> and it makes it a show. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's small, but so, it's not even that small, but it's so yeah. significant. And yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And um, do you have anything for writing? I was just, uh, just going to say, you can't write well unless you're taking in good, good writing. So I think you need to be, I mean, you got to be 
reading great poetry, reading great prose, listening to great lyricists. Isn't that funny? I, th- I think that you like. I, th- I don't think you could overestimate uh, a um, like a, a healthy diet of 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 great written word. Yeah, isn't it funny? You ever you read something and then you notice you're talking and you just like borrowed a word from it, it or something. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, I, I just yeah, said right. I can't think of a good word. word. <laughs> but it's funny how we Total. shoplift from. Yeah, for everything. Art. But it's it's like it's there are like really obvious ones like you know read James Joyce or or, or whatever read Fitzgerald or, or like there's like great writers but like I think it's also good to like to to go in places that you wouldn't expect uh, your taste to normally take you like if you're not a big rap fan you wouldn't go and listen to Rap God from Eminem but like anyone that listens to Rap God that wants to be a lyricist or, or, or a poet yeah. they're gonna get something from, from Rap God yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is I mean. Laptop and back pocket do rock. That's weird. But like you get the last like minute and a half of that song and it's just like, I have, I mean, this is completely breaking open what I thought was possible to put in a stanza, you know? uh, It's like breaking the speed of light. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's interesting. I forget who said it, but it might've been Chris. It was Chris Dealey. And he was like, I'll listen to Kendrick Lamar or something. Like people think I'm sitting around listening to bluegrass all the time, but it, it sounds like you like harder I don't. You know, stuff. I love. I love everything. I love. I mean, I listen to a lot of hip hop, but I love. I love everything. That's so cool. Uh, family, you can take that however you want. Your own families, family that you grew up with. Well, you got to be able to, um, or look. I, uh, I think I've learned that I have to be willing and able to uh, disappoint and disagree. Mm. With uh, with more confidence, and I used to love that. I used to love to disagree and debate. I mean, I would come into the house when I was a teenager, or even in my twenties and early thirties, with a need to just belly up to a good argument. Really? Yeah. With your father, usually, <laughs> but I could do it to Seth or my sister or my mom, my my wife, whatever. You know, just yeah. just belly up and instigate something you know what did you find from that life i don't think i ever got anything from that but it was fun going into it like there was a need to do it a need to do it and so once you know once you sort of uh once i have uh once i identified that as a problem quietly (laughs) then i had to sort out what about when i really do disagree yeah and and really need to advocate for what I know is your truth is my truth that's not going to sit well. That's interesting. What comes to mind when you say that? Uh, let me think. Uh, there's got to be a recent one. <laughs> it's always tricky because you there, there is a recent one, and then there's the one you want to say. That's, that's, <laughs> that's right. Like, uh, that's right. That's right. No, then there's the one that stands out the most. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it, it, it's a hard game for me to play too. You want to be liked, and you want to keep the peace, and then knowing the time to go. Like you got to stop wanting to be liked. I, I know. Got to stop. Want, I got to stop wanting to be liked. No, you said that right into my heart right then. That's that's, that's, that's a big that's thing it. for me. I got to just. I don't just, worry. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but see, that's the problem. Like because I have so many times tried not to be liked 
for bad reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you got to not be liked for real reasons. Right, right, right. Like, you can't not want to be liked because that makes you more likable. Yeah. Th- that you don't exactly. want to like. When I'm not liked, so it's got to be out of love. <laughs> I got to be not liked out of love. Yeah, I don't even know what you just said, Pete. I guess, <laughs> it blew my mind. I have no idea what you said. It does go back to the crowd. When, so, cause like I, I took the, I took the word, uh, well, I took the word fuck out of down with the shine, you know? Oh really? Because yeah. you wanted it to, I be... didn't want it to, I wanted kids to be able to listen to it, you know, and their parents, parents be able to want to, yeah. you know, and I'm glad I'd, I, you know, I would do that again, but at the same time, the original line had that in it. And I was just like, wow. Well, what was the line? Which line? Uh, fucks with my mind. Down with the shine. Uh, and and, it's ruins, and fucks with my mind. And I changed it to Ruins. I wonder, there's kind of an M&M thing. I wonder if Ruins works better. It, 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 I think it does. Yeah, I think it, it does. It kind of does. I, it, it turned out that it did, but just the original way was like this thing. Cause, and I wanted it to cut and to yeah. wake, wake you up. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And be a little more throwaway and, and a little gross, disgusting, you know? Right. I wanted it to be like that. Right. Well, that's um, comedy right there. Yeah. I have a joke where I say, have you ever stopped and give thanks that you're not attracted to children? And you say it because you want people to go, ha, ah. You yeah. want them, and then you go. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just saying it could have gone the other way. Yeah, and that and that's a joke. Uh, so totally, totally no. with you. I mean, so that might that's probably a bad example. But being true to your your expression, um, instead of convincing people that you're likable, yeah, convincing them that you are you, right? You know, and that that's more loving than the other in right. long term. So cases. Yeah, because it's a lie. It's a deception if, right. you're, if you're just trying to make people... Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of us just play the game of, like, if I act like what I think... Like, I don't love myself, so if I act how I think you want me to act, right. then you'll love me, and that'll help me love myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just quicker to just love yourself, even though sometimes you're selfish or ugly or gross or jealous or greedy. This is what... This is what <laughs> it demands us to sort of second... Take a second look at Kanye and say, "Brilliant dude." <laughs> there is something going on. There's something going. I, I mean, every, I mean, I don't know all the like people I hear see on TV. People say he's sick. People say this. People say that. But I listen to the record. Yeah. And I see a man that's just tapped into his self. Tapped into something. Yeah. That strong. That whether you like it or you don't, you have to right. go. Okay. Right. At least you feel something. He's yeah. He's. <laughs> I, t- I totally get that. Kanye, I would say, is like an exaggeration of a necessary yeah. life energy. And exaggeration doesn't mean bad. It's just like a showbizification of something that actually could be and can be healthy. Mm-hmm. It's the you that said, I'm going to lip sync to Hall & Oates and someone's going to see me. Yeah. And then going, and here's a film crew in North Carolina. Yeah. You're just kind of like, that's a necessary mm-hmm. energy that exists I would argue, even on a cellular level. Do you have, do, did we get you? No, I but what category uh, yeah, we're on. the family. Family. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I was I was thinking that um, that there's no there's really no end to the to to service. Like you're gonna have like mm. you 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 should be able to serve like to serve until you until you not till you're cranky, but like until you're just about to just. Until you pass out, until you just fall over. <laughs> See, I, you know, I have a, a daughter on the way. Yeah, your baby is three. Three, yeah, three. And is that what you're thinking about? Like, no, you- I mean, yeah, yeah. But it's just in that, like, 
there's just uh, I don't know. Like I think you know when we're little, when we're kids, it doesn't even cross our mind that about the dishes and the laundry and how the hot water heater just broke and the lawn, lawn needs to be mowed and there's you know found a cockroach in this one room and and there, nobody's gotten the groceries yet and it's four o'clock and nobody's thought about supper yet and like yeah, yeah. all these things haven't been hashed out and figured out and like every day it's like you're starting over sometimes it feels yeah, like that, yeah, you know yeah. and it just it, i don't know I just i mean yeah that's certainly part of it um but but yeah it, it's it just I, th- I just think that if you if you are going to be part of a family if you're not going to 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 um detach yourself from it a family, then then you have to get your mind right for service. Hmm. That's beautiful. Oh man! <laughs> and like, well, Scott, like Scott has three. I like, I go over there sometimes, and I'm like, I can't. Like that, we we were playing these shows in Myrtle Beach a, a few months ago, and I rode to the to, to the to the show with Scott and his wife, Scott, uh, Scott and Sarah, and that they had had a rough day, uh, and. They were explaining to me difficulties with multiple kids that I can't even wrap my head around. Like, like what I what I would do, like how I, how I would even approach how to solve that problem uh, at all, let alone in the moment. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. And but like along with what Scott's saying, you also have to like. I think you gotta be like willing to to be okay with with failing because man, you're just gonna fail. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. What about? I, I'm not trying to be funny. You you had a marriage and it ended. Mm. What what is a feeling about divorce or marriage that you guys feel is a great lesson? Can I offer this too in solidarity? My dad always asks me, Peter, do you feel like your marriage was a failure? He he wants me to admit that it was a failure, and I tell him all the time that you guys have that like it, it's stepping stones that led me to you, right? Yeah. I'm quoting yeah. you correctly. Yeah. That's how I feel about. it. That's how life total is. success. Like it's a total success, <laughs> and not only that, I alchemized it into a career, into a story that I share and that people feel and all that stuff. So in that spirit, I just don't want you to think I'm TMZing you right now. <laughs> this isn't a scoop. I'm not looking for something sizzling. But how do you feel about your divorce? Was there a great lesson that you've felt from that? Um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that—that's one of the o- overarching themes that that um, in the bigger in the bigger picture um, that I took. What I took from it was was a better path than the misery of staying in it, mm. you know, or the misery that was to come, uh, or how, how that would build. Forecasting, you know, yeah, I think this is going to get worse. Yeah, right. This is. This is I don't know if this is going <laughs> to. It's not going to write itself, certainly, and 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 we're not we're not getting it right. Um, I love what you said about how you're the only person that knows. Yeah, my wife left me, and I actually have spent some time feeling really bad for her. Oh, I know that sounds self-serving, but I mean it. That she, when you end it with somebody, you have a secret right. that no one knows, and I'm just this floppy idiot. Right, <laughs> going around eating blocks of cheese and farting and stuff, and, yeah. and she has to cut this puppy's throat. And I'm like, right. shit! The meals that she had with me, where she knew it was over, and I didn't. And I'm like, I I mean this so sincerely. I hope the other side is as sweet as she deserves, and I I mean that because that 
Is well, I, I don't know that. He, yeah, but, but I think I think both sides are pretty rough. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think there's a, a an yeah, ideal you, you side. Have a pretty rough. But, we but, feel bad for you, Pete. Yeah, <laughs> you feel bad for her. Well, we feel bad for you. But it, yeah. In your it's, situation, was it not that? Was it again? Don't feel this isn't. I'm not trying to get something out of you that you don't right. want to share. But was it more mutual, or was it was it more of a you felt like a. Oh no! I have to break this news that I don't feel good about this. Yeah, I'm I'm not comfortable. That's okay. That. But but I I will say that that it seems to me that both that, that both sides are are equally for different reasons just miserable beyond explanation. You know, when you're Bec- in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, for for me, like it, it would be ridiculous to to think that it wasn't useful because. I mean, you know, when when you have your little girl, you're going to be like, well, if there was ever any doubt, yeah, it yeah. went just exactly like it was supposed to, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and my ex, uh, she, you know, Susan, she's had the she's had the same experience because she has a little girl now, yeah. and it's just like, well, obviously this went just exactly like it was supposed to. But you know, when you when you're in it, it and you're and you're searching for clarity, and you're and you don't know h- how much to blame yourself or the other or the timing or whatever it is, you, you like the bottom line is just a just that crippling loneliness, mm. you know. And, um, but yeah, I, I don't categorize it as a failure. And did, was it hard to feel like you were, was it hard publicly? Like, cause it is such a, a public bit, yeah. Yeah. thing. It, it, it absolutely was. And then yeah. also spiritually. Yeah. Feel- I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, it was challenging in, in every capacity. The, the public thing was, was really a bizarre it's weird that you have to announce it. It is. Then you get the people that don't know and they're mad that you didn't right. tell them. Right. Well, yeah. I'm sorry well, I didn't yeah. send out an invite to right. my divorce. Well, it, did, it didn't help that, <laughs> that, that the, the, my following relationship was with a, was with a well-known actress. So, yeah. it, so it's like, well, that's just, you know, like that's just fodder. Like that, like oh, people, people give, think uh, that Oh, yeah. Same. Like this is, you know, and, and that's the dirt. That's like the, the scoop. And, that, and that's what's exciting to people. For the four seconds they see it on right. Twitter or whatever or Instagram, right. whatever whatever people are looking at, but um, yeah, that was a, that was a challenging part. But uh, again, like no one remembers anything that they look at on their phones, so it doesn't really matter. Like any any of that stuff, I, I I could have done better at knowing in the moment that this is going to dissipate so quickly. So that that yeah. that chapter of it was tiny compared to the spiritual side and the um, and the emotional sort of recovery. Right, because even though you were raised pretty groovy. Did it feel like I just never saw myself? I never saw myself as a guy that would get no divorced. No, absolutely. And you not. have to reconceptualize. No, I thought, no I mean, yeah. I, to, to me, all of the elders, you know, all of our the people in our family that that was just not uh, that was a concept for for people that were just having trouble. You know, in a way, that's how I, I thought of it. And right. and, uh, and I and but but and that's true. And I was having trouble. You know? Right. <laughs> we were having trouble. But but Do you yeah, think I, they I understand now. I, I feel like I, I like, think I think. It doesn't matter. I, no, well, no, it doesn't. But but yeah, but yes. I, I mean, I think anything anything uh, less than like the the pure evil that Scott was talking about earlier. Anything less than that, I feel like eventually everyone's okay. Everyone's gonna be okay. It's, right. It's not. I think there's not, something in them. All things work together for the glory of God. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And that's. I mean, I, I think that that shows itself nor, normally in our lifetime. I think it's all arcing towards redemption. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes we're, we're, we're fortunate enough to, to get it, to get it quickly. Yeah. And I, I think in, in, in my situation, as far as divorce goes, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a few years of, of pain, but that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's really good. That's not, that's not bad for, for people that might live their whole life in, in some, some, um, similar misery. You know? Right. And you said that you had that great line about power coming through character. Do you think it enhanced? I think it did. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's for me to say what what the the strength of my character is, but I I feel that in general, 
going through um, tragedy and um, and loss help helps build character. It's that, it, I like that metaphor that it is like a fire and it burns certain things away. Mm-hmm. And it did help me grow up. Yeah, I didn't even know how stuck in certain things I was. Yeah, and and it and it and it was related to things that you would not expect it to be related to, like like how like how stressed out you were over being in a hurry throughout your day or whatever. Yeah, you know, like there's yeah. all there's all these things that you don't think are really connected, right. to you know the happiness of your your partnership. You know? Right, right, right. But it affects everything, of course. And sometimes you're really upset at yourself for being stressed about your day, but it's really indicative of like a much deeper emotional mm-hmm. trauma. Yeah. Which we never really got to about the idea that you guys are performing to remedy some sort of feeling. Because you guys seem like such sweet guys and the family life seems so good. There wasn't any sort of... Do you remember we started talking about that? Mm-hmm. The idea that you're performing to heal to, something? Yeah. I, I'm very open that my family fought a lot and I, I, I felt sort of scared. And the more people were laughing, the, the better I uh-huh. felt. Right. Um, is there anything... Like healing for like for us, yeah. Or? Like when is there a compulsion to perform that you're kind of like? How do you feel when you're not performing? And is that does that shadow or mirror a, a feeling you had growing up that you didn't like? It doesn't have to be again something bad about your parents or something, but yeah, I just don't think it, it's part of it. I don't. I, don't I think, think so it's either. more part of that pro, like encouraged to do it, and this is what we I want to do. It. And this, yeah. I haven't felt that like this is the most time we've had off in a long time, and. I certainly don't feel anything uh, that could be construed as as uh, as unhealthy about about need, needing it for you know for some needing it for myself to, so to help cool. me or, or fix me or anything like that. I, I'll, I'll look forward to it, but but yeah, I don't. The long, I'm happy to say the longer I do it, the more I get there too. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's happy. I'm happy to. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> There's no part of me that's like, please tell me you're you're crying inside because it, <laughs> it feels like you're sharing joy. Which goes back to salvation songs. Sure, but we're not all, I mean, I'm not, I know I'm not all joyful all the right. time, you know? Right. And I, I mean, no, I mean, I mean either. Yeah, we just, but I've still, had to deal with but, some serious, like, um, value issues, like comparing myself and decide, you know, my, my thing, I had to come to the, and where I started, I had to come back to where I started, sort of, like, I'm, I'm the best me. No, but, you know, I'm just so good at being me. Fucking a. You know, and whenever I can get into that little space, that's it, right there. Man, I can't be touched. Yeah, I can't be, and that's the only game I can win. I can't beat anybody at that's anything else. Right, right. It's the only ga- real game that I can. You're play. Scott Aviding the hell out of Scott Aviding. That's it. That's the only game I can play. You're certainly not gonna do all that well with uh, the NBA no. PlayStation game. <laughs> no, I get beat by our Amar security every that's, time I that's, play. That's him. one game that I'm sure you're not going to beat. No. <laughs> and I don't think I'm going to outrun Jimmy Johnson on the racetrack. No, no. A, a foot race? Who knows? You know. And I wrote uh, uh, "No Hard Feelings" an alternative version, and it just wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a, that was a competition between. Scott and I. Who's going to write the better "No Hard Feelings"? I need to Here's write race "No Hard Feelings." <laughs> We need to pick each other's songs and start writing, you know. Would you ever converse. play Alternative. No Hard Feelings? Would sure. you ever sing it? Uh, absolutely. At a show? Sure. If I was doing a solo thing or something, I'd yeah. absolutely play. I'd play any one, any one of our songs. Have you ever done that? No. Would you do it? Mm-hmm. Would you do it now? <laughs> play No Hard Feelings? Yeah. I don't think I know it that well. <laughs> I really don't think I do. Yeah, at this point, I don't think I do. I'm selfish. I'm trying to get a juicy moment <laughs> for the fans. 
Um, I was I was genuinely curious. No pressure to play it. Obviously, I was like you. It's interesting, but I'm not surprised having talked this long that you would be open and you would be like, "Hey, that's my." Actually, inside, I was just like, "Hell no!" I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. I think we're really thinking. Of, well, no. What? That's it. I mean, it's it's all those songs are are. I would never if Seth was doing a show like right. by himself if he. It's like when Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers play a Tom Petty song. I mean, if he played a song that he heard me play and was like, hey, I like that, and I didn't even record it, by God, please. Right. Play away. Yeah, because think about this. Just to take it to a super dark level, (laughs) like one of us is going at some point. Yeah. You know, you look at like Leonard Skinner or the Almond Brothers. Like, right. Some, you know. The catalog remains. They had to do, yeah, like. And, if, and I'm sure at first for each of them... <laughs> they were like, no way. Like, There's no way I'm going to do this, you know? But then it, it became, it, you know, years passed and it made sense, you know? So, not for nothing, but... <laughs> we better start learning each you other. You guys are not disappointing. <laughs> I'm telling you, death is in the music in that beautiful way. In the way... I, I'm tired of not talking about it. Yeah. And that's just a beautiful response. That's great. <laughs> What about God? I know we talked a lot about God. What's a great lesson? Maybe a quote or something that you carry around with you. See, Scott, I feel like you're like me and you're an achiever. And I hate speed rounds because I want to nail them. You I'd love to mean? nail them. But I was just going through my, <laughs> what is it? The thing with all your names in Rolodex. it? Rolodex. Yeah, I was going through my Rolodex. I like to always say I was going through my Rolex. <laughs> I was spinning through, right through my Rolex. My Rolodex. And I was thinking about my God quotes. But it can be simple. I mean, uh, the, you don't have to. Which one's pretty good? You don't which have to blow that? You got to simply that. Which... Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm producing a record with a, a friend of mine. It's it's mostly his record, uh, Eve Barzelay, and uh, he's got this song called uh, Well, we don't know what it's called yet. I have to ask him what the title is, but the chorus is uh, "God is simply that which lies forever just beyond the limits of what we already seem to know." Oh, that's it. I love that. God is simply that which lies forever just beyond the limits of what we already seem to know. It's just like, okay, it's, it's great. Oh, that's beautiful. Just beyond, you know. And it, that goes speaks on what you were talking about, that, that little miracle yeah. growing that we can we can explain all we want but one really one becomes two man that is not what that's not how reality that's no works. jokes no, that's one no doesn't joke. become two no, no that's no joke and then that two becomes four and that except, four becomes a no except <laughs> how many beers we need uh, per night yeah, yeah. one slowly <laughs> becomes, becomes two, two. Yeah. 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 such a good song it's a great song such sad a good song, song. sad song it, it's really it's a heavy one. I guess maybe not sad. Maybe it's heavy. It is, and but subtly. First, you're kind of like, oh, okay. Oh, it sounds like it's like yeah. a. It sounds like it's about a relationship, and then you're like, I think this is about heroin. So good. <laughs> I'm not even trying that's to be why funny. I was saying, that's, like, my oh, wife and I went on about that song. It's so like good. that Lou Reed song, Heroin. At first, I was like, this is about a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like this song's about heroin. Well, just like with no hard feelings, they thought it was yeah, about divorce. It's about, yeah, it's about uh, heroin. It's it's actually about heroin. We yeah. did. <laughs> Anything for you, Sadie? Uh. I can't think of a um, an all inclusive line, but just th- thinking about uh, songs that mention God, I'm really heavy on this rapper named Homeboy Sandman right now. You know so Homeboy Sandman? Good. He's he is so good, <laughs> so good, and uh, ultra New York. He's like very like he's just uh, New York is very much in his his presence and his in his lyrics and yeah. and, uh, and he has this, a bunch of videos on YouTube and some of this, a lot of the songs aren't on a record. He's just he produces a lot. He makes a lot, but 
uh, he has a, a song. I think it's just called God. And uh, you, in, in the course, it's just him saying God over and over God. again. No, but the the, 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 the <laughs> verses well, the verses are him just explaining his relationship with God. And in the the YouTube video, he's like sitting cross legged, like on a like on a table. But it's really worth looking up. And and mm-hmm. in, in that song is is you know kind of all, all of what we're talking about as well. In like an archive archive room, like yeah, yeah, so good. It's it's I'll really really check good. It out. Yeah. I love how rap names are getting less like. Uh, they're not trying to be cool. They're just being like, "I'm homeboy Salmon." Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, homeboy Salmon. Oh, he's good. It's man. a little you're bit of a throwback him. to be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna." You're gonna him really sure. love him. Yeah, I'm, yeah. And just to plug him one more time, there's, his newest release is a single uh, uh, called uh, "Never Use the Internet Again." Awesome. You're gonna love him. Awesome. I'm gonna check him out. Absolutely. Yeah, you'll really like him. Um, oh, I I really want to bring this up to you. I know we're talking so long, but we're almost done. I mean, I guess. Well, you guys get stopped on the way in to Madison Square Garden yeah, for your credentials. Sure, yeah, totally. And Jed and I were laughing. The times that I've been stopped going into a theater of my own show, and the way that you, this is when where I'm like, these guys are are sweeties in the <laughs> best way. That you just show your credentials. I'm like that. If I ever am that gracious about someone stopping me on the way, well, to my what own would you show, do? No, I'm not rude about it, but you would you'd be able to tell that it bugged me. Yeah. That's all. I I am a sweetie, but like you would know that I'm like. Yeah, well, please don't. I mean, how do you think you you think you're Keith Richards or something? I know. Somebody you just look like some normal white dude. You just look like, like, you know, dude. Just look like another that white dude. Moment to have the wherewithal to go. It's okay. This just this person works here. That's right. their job. And relax. Right. Sometimes you don't have it, and you just and it makes you feel small, and True. that's why you. feel I bad. felt like that before, but in your case, I will say, I walked in this room and I knew I was meeting up with you, and I was like, "Who's that white dude?" Sitting there? Uh, like, Who's, who's, who's that normal average white dude just sitting just there? Like, who's this college guy, Scott? Yeah, who's, yeah. who's this college guy? Is this dude from NACA? Who I, is felt, <laughs> I look like I book NACA. <laughs> totally. And, and maybe I sure. felt very at home at your airport. I worked this yeah. whole circuit. Went through. Yeah. I told Did you, you really? already. Yeah. This is, I've been Winter was good times. to us. Yeah. Yeah. Bob went to Winter Park. I know. Yeah. I think that's so fun. Do you guys um, want to play a song? Sure. Because some people speak of not knowing. Yeah, let me go use the restroom. Yeah, go go pee pee. Stretch your stretch your gams. Is this? Are you feeling put upon at all? Because we don't have to. No man. <laughs> I'm gonna go pee in those front yard. Yeah, me too. For a second there, I thought you had some. Scott had saying that, and then they had saying each other's songs. I was really, really excited for a secondary thing. That he was going to play No Hard Time? Yeah, Why didn't he do it? We'll include this in the podcast. Okay. Why didn't he do it? He should do it. He said he doesn't know the lyrics. I know the lyrics. I'm sure your brother could help you out if you... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Seth will lead you in. Yeah. I mean... It's really great. This right? an awesome interview. Oh, thanks, man. Many, many that I've seen... Oh, I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for going so long. Oh. Do you tour w- with these fellows? Mm-hmm. So you work the board? Yep. Is that right? Yep. That's great. So you've seen them hundreds of times. I think thousands at this point. Thousands of times. It's been close to 14 years. Wow. So you've watched the growth in real time. The change. Uh, it started the... by the time. I've watched the growth from the van and trailer to buses and semis. Wow, that's incredible. It's been fun. And you feel like they haven't 
lost that innocent spark, the beginning spark? Not at all. No. Yeah. No. That's that's what I think. the The older I get, the more I'm interested in just seeing, not just showbiz people, but showbiz people that have maintained some sort of humanity, yeah. or for lack of a better word, their soul that they're still there and they're still. I, I sound like an old man, but they have values greater than just ticket sales or album sales or money. Yeah. And like you just enjoy hanging out with them. Exactly. You know, it's just like, yeah. It's kind of like a family. Yeah. I know me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regret asking them to play a song. That's just how I am. <laughs> you just give me what I want. Just tell me it was okay that I. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, no, I'm teasing. I, was, I mean, they can always. If you, if you were, I was going to. Right, were you going to? Well, not not with all this set up. But I mean, it's it's. What were you gonna do? I was going to make. I was just play a song later. Not on the recording, oh. but just like you know. For the rest, I was telling him that for the rest of the day, I'm going to feel guilty that I asked you to play a song. Wow, come on. <laughs> I knew you were going to. Oh, I, I actually was on come the fence. On, no, I knew you were going to. <laughs> what chord is a banjo when it's just open? G, G, G standard. Standard. I got one in here. What are you looking there? Justin. Oh, Fun. Why wouldn't we want to do this? All the fun stuff comes out. <laughs> oh, you, what is it? Yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> That's Scott on the, the low piano. <laughs> okay, I'm looking this way. What? Oh. Dad, I might not have a flat bed. Well, I'll just play with my hands. You going in your car or anything? You can't do it. Oh, I need to watch you. You can't do it, sir. <laughs> I can do anything. You can't do it. I can out Scott Ava, Scott Ava. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo. Who's this? Remember, like, we would take a credit card and cut it up? Kind of like we would cut up lines of cocaine. <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! Ah, what did I, I said do? I never did psychedelics, bruh. <laughs> Scott, you never said you never did psychedelics. You've never done psychedelics? I, never I think you guys might I mean, bananas, smoking bananas. We might want to. Isn't that psychedelic? We might want to. Well, it's, we, it's, all, it's all the uh, rage right now. You know... With Gandhi, Gandhi was like, he was like, how can you be present if you're like even drinking coffee, right? Like, yeah, but that's so funny because I was that. just gonna <laughs> say, I feel like thinking of them as drugs is is sort of wrong. I like to think of it as like a pre, it's a presence pill. It's like you take it, and I've never done LSD either, a full hit of LSD. So I've only done like smaller doses of mushrooms. And by the way, let me say this again, you certainly don't have to. Like like I'm saying, you guys can get to these frequencies sober, and that is certainly important to no, remember. No, we'll do it with you. Yeah, did, you right. I, I did, you, did you bring some? Let's I would have brought some. We'll do okay. it right now. We, I would have. <laughs> you, you can take a small dose. You would have brought some on the plane. They'd have been like, you cut to this? the front of the line. It's crazy. You'll love it. <laughs> All right. Ask Rick. Rick's done. Rick has to have done something. <laughs> Speaking of what is that? It's just like uh, it's like the course for airport, but it's like 
I think things will change for us And I always will put you before me Unless, of course, it's dangerous Standing with you, standing with you I might miss the rhythm, but I'm catching the tune And that's something for me Well, I told you I won't make the same mistake again But you know, I probably will And so many nights go by like a flash From a camera without any film But we don't need to remember Every single moment we've had And I don't need understanding For every single moment I've had As long as I'm standing with you Standing with you I might miss the rhythm But I'm catching the tune And that's something For me Yeah, that's something For me And I'll be walking with you And walking with you I might miss the meaning But I'm catching the truth And that's pretty good for me Yeah, that's pretty good for me Well, it's been a pretty rough couple of years But I think things will change for us Yeah, it's been a pretty rough couple of years But I think things will change for us Forgive me, is that new? That's an old song. That's an old one. Yeah. Just pulled that one back out. Never made it on a record. Is that right? Mm, it was like a... Was it like a B-side or something? Yeah, B-side for, for Carpenter. Yeah. But we recorded it during... years ago. We recorded it like, during the I Am Loving You session. Yeah. That's wow. Right. Yeah, so it's about 11 years. Like, we're kind of getting ready for the Red Rock shows and have been looking at, like, well... Isn't that fun, the old it, material? And that was mm-hmm. played quite a bit back in the day. And I was like, man, what happened to that song? Let's, Isn't let's that give great? It a, it's similar to I Wish I Was in, in some mm-hmm. ways. Now I think if we were to go back to if we were writing it now, it would have gotten a little different treatment. Yeah. Could you do that? I mean, I think it's beautiful. Would you consider tweaking an old song? Oh, yeah. Oh, we do yeah. it all the time. Do yeah, you? I mean, it, this one will definitely get... Yeah, we'll get yeah we, we were just working treatment. on part from me the other day and getting that one changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah just changing awesome. the Sometimes they're, they're kind of subtle, but like it's a definite feeling change Yeah. on, on that one in particular. But yeah, we're, we're totally open to it. We're... We're, we subscribe to the, the Bob Dylan school that it's not... It's never done. Yeah, it's never. I mean, you change it, it can be a different genre, whatever. Change it. We change it. Mm-hmm. Let's do part for me, too. Just before we go. All With right. that difference. Okay. I ain't gonna fight you. Let's get an A minor, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did it up there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right. Gotta change that guy, yeah. We can still do it in G though. 
Oh, same thing for you. I mean, you, you play it like. Change this one up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> it, now, now, now this one goes. <laughs> I was scared, but I couldn't. We're, to, we're totally cool. We're totally cool with changing. Yeah, it's a different vibe. It's subtle. It's subtle. It's subtle, but it goes like this. I always said that Kermit the Frog was like my favorite uh, banjo player. So yeah. just. Yeah. Okay. Ah, 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 I was scared. It's a lot lower. Ah, ah, feels so good going down. <laughs> What's that? Two, three, four. I still don't know where I'm going here. It's just GNC, like all of our songs. <laughs> I was scared, but I couldn't admit it. Hatred planted out of fear. Fight or flight, no choice but to hit it. The road it calls on me, my dear. was lost as lost can be I was being praised for being found all that praise got lost on me so moose swing was headed down far from me would not dare take someone in love with me where I'm going apart you'll see how true it is and how back then possibly was impossible for you or me to know Your touch was nothing more than a child's goodbye and hello. But it always left me feeling. 
first when it was time to go. Hard for me. I would not dare take someone in love with me where I'm going. The part you'll see. How true it is and how back then it possibly was impossible for you or me to know. out there got fooled The gold it glittered in the night mm, Chased it fast like drunk buffoons The banker lived the artist died And all our clothes were washed in gray Buildings and our cars The fluorescent lights of day Bleached the sky and took the stars Part from me I would not dare take someone In love with me Where I'm going You'll see how true it is and how back then it possibly was impossible for you or me to know. Stupid to clap. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, man. Thanks, Pete. Um, we and I forgot to ask one important question. Do you know the hardest time you laughed in your lives? That's the last thing. <sighs> then we're out of here. Everyone that knows this podcast is screaming at me. Don't forget to ask. Oh yeah. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a good story. It could be kids. It could be with your kids. It could be a fart. It doesn't matter. Yeah, farts are yeah. M- many are coming up in my mind right now. <laughs> uh, one of one of my great ones was I was probably twelve years old or maybe eleven, somewhere somewhere around there, maybe ten. I was young, and uh, you know the song. Uh, Make new friends and keep the old one is silver and the other's gold. Yeah. Uh, me and Dad were coming back from the flea market and uh, <laughs> and we got we got on this kick of uh, you know it started with you know one is silver and the other's 
uh, aluminum foil or whatever. And we got, and it just went further and further. And I remember saying, uh, I remember at some point saying, one is silver and the other is Pepto Bismol. And I, I mean, I got laughing so hard. And it was like a good, it was a good like 15 minute, like hard, tough to breathe kind of, kind of laughing. It was just from doing that song over and over again with the most random endings we could come up with. And dad was laughing really hard too, but he might have been laughing because I was laughing so hard. But I was, Man, I was like struggling to to, to catch a, a breath. It was a, good a really dad good one. Laugh. It was good, man. Just we we were both dad. yeah, just me and dad in the truck and the, with and a ship the, and a bottle or whatever you bought at the flea market. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Or, or, no it, was pro- it was probably a ukulele and like a lamp and, <laughs> and a broken accordion and some and some like knockoff like Scotch Bright cleaning pads or something. Uh. But man, that was a good one. We we laughed and laughed and laughed. Oh, that's precious. Nothing could be you know it can't be changed. A lot of times I don't want to say things that are going to jinx like what it is but it can never be taken away now because it's it's over and done but like those times in cars with our family like going on trips it was like a griswold growing up like our family would get in and our dad would do some crazy thing like the story we're telling the the, the tie but but that's a great that's a great was hilarious we it shocked us all so much but dad would be sitting at the table and my mom would be going on about don't don't do this don't that or maybe something serious was happening we'd look up and dad would just have milk just like just gushing out of his mouth down in his shirt, we would just like. As and a my joke, mom, just as a joke. Oh, just as a joke. And, and our mom would, would be like, "Jim, yeah. like, come on, I'm trying." Serious. <laughs> he would. He would. Uh, he he was a he was a welder, you know. So he would have like these denim shirts, and his t-shirts would have uh, little little well holes, holes in them, little weld holes. holes where they got where it just burned through the yeah, through his clothes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one one time we. We were jumping all over him and wrestling around with him, and we we ripped his shirt off. We were just little kids, and uh, and we I mean we died laughing. Barrel chest, and, and he and he was he like laughed and like let it happen. But then like we tried to do it like every time I came home, like trying to rip rip his shirt off, and he's <laughs> like, oh, I got you know, you know, I got I only got three t shirts because <laughs> it became a thing where we would rip we, his we, t like, shirt off of and, like, and all oh of them could, it could be done to all of them because they all had these tiny little holes in them. I like, sneak up on him and be like. He taught us one time to uh, to catch mom. So there's this, these steps, and there's like this little look off on the like just you could kind of fit out with mm-hmm. a quilt. And we'd wait for mom to walk by, and we would throw the quilt on her like a net to like, drape it over her oh to surprise God. her. And Dad just thought me it's just. Uh, I mean, it's just such just silly billies. A, That's a, all you can hope for. Yeah, That's like, all you can hope great. for. The best. That's what Val loves about the. Rec- I love them too. The recordings that you guys include in of you as kids is like. That's the best thing you can give is yeah. some silliness. Yeah, I'm so glad. Uh, you guys um, but let's not not to not to put a shadow on this. This is the same man that like there'd be people at his shop like breaking in, and he'd say, "Son, hold this revolver. We're going down here to the uh, to the shop, and <laughs> if anything happens, just the revolver's right." I'd be like, "Oh, oh my, god. my god!" And here we are, like some guys breaking it, and we're like vigilante, like. Taking care of business, and I'm like, <laughs> and our dad was so he is just so he still is, but he was so tough that he would just walk up to two burglars that he actually knew through, and just tell them, Be get it. out of here wow. right now with no no weapons, no nothing, just get out of here, and they would just be, oh Jim, I'm sorry, I'm you know we were just here, and he's like, cut the shit, get out, wow, and I'm just like sitting in the car like. <gasps> And then he turns back to you and milk. Milk's pouring out of his mouth. Like, yeah, dad! And he tears his own shirt off like the Hulk. That's dad's, man. That's dad's. My dad was a silly build, too, but I would watch him. I remember my brother actually saw it, not me. My dad, one point, 
I just had to be like, I will drop you right now. And like somebody just like shit their pants and ran away because they was threatening him and my mom, I think. And that's that's real dad shit right there. Yeah. Real dad Flipping shit. it. I bet I bet you'll take the, the silliness to the next level. With I hope I do. I'm sure but you will. That's, gonna try that's for sure. But what about when we're tested? <laughs> what, are we gonna do? Yeah, what are we going to do? Are we going to be like, I will drop you right here, CP? I'm going like, to right. call an Uber and hope that the driver is a tough guy so he can help. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be like. Five stars if you help me do this. <laughs> Listen, my kid's in jeopardy, okay? My yeah. kid's watching. Just make me look good. Yeah. We end right. with uh, this. Just say it's over. Yeah. Just say keep it crispy. It would be, And I want to say. Today, here, now, together, what an honor. Oh, it's, what it's mutual. Honor. I'm so Pete. glad it's we're mutual. all here. It's awesome. All of you. And um, we end with the guests saying, keep it crispy. Okay. okay. And you can say it together or separate. It doesn't matter. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Sweet. My G9 honey shoes ain't fifty. I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice game make you haters wanna get.